Welcome to Fate Moon Archive, <laughs> a podcast about waiting through 20 years of Tight Moon. I'm your host, Fen, and joining me is... I'm I'm Ben Enns. My pronouns are she, they. Did you say the pronouns? No. Okay, cut that. I'm Ben Enns. Today we're covering the first six of the... <laughs> Two numbers in a row is really screwing with me. You gotta Today, one a number and the other one a numeral you know yeah Mm -hmm. today we're covering the first six of the 10 nights of dream side stories that may or may not be canon uh if you have any questions comments suggestions uh we can be reached at crying rules actually at gmail.com or at crying rules on twitter this is is... part of kigatsu toya to be clear oh yeah i should have said that oh well um we're gonna have another questions episode at some point but like probably right before stay night so mm. if you have any questions about kagetsu toya or plus disc or um i know that we haven't like introduced a new set of characters that people can ask like general questions there is about some new characters who have been introduced yeah but it's not like it's not it's like the a, only good one an entirely new set of of characters that people can like ask fun questions about uh-huh, right uh-huh. it's like mostly the same cast with yeah. a couple of additions and also um, the new characters we have gotten are a little bit more flat yeah mm-hmm. for sure but anyway yeah kagetsu toya we were originally hoping to do these all knock all these out in one episode but turns out that this is where all the good bits of this game are yeah i'm way higher on kagetsu toya having just played the first six of these uh-huh. Then I was uh coming out of I think my second playthrough of Kagetsu Toys Twilight Grass Moon. Two of my favorites are yeah, so Ten Nights of Dream is seven stories written by Nasu and then three like kind of submissions by uh fans. You think they were friends? Or do you think they're just fan art? I think fan that they were just fan stories. What's so fascinating that you could just be like, hey, I'm I'm a fan of your writing here. I wrote it. I, I had an idea for a story. And then they took that script and adapted it into part of the game. Uh-huh. That would be wild to be that fan. Uh, and so, yeah, we're going to cover the first six. Uh, next episode, we're going to finish it off mm-hmm. with the rest of the other four. And then there are summer festivals, which I would say... Pick your favorite girl, play that one, and then play Heeswees, and then you're good. <laughs> uh, because they're roughly the same. Mm-hmm. It's just which girl you're looking. It's for. just like which girl. Like there are there are differences. They are each you know they they don't follow exactly the same template, but like the vibes are basically the same across mm-hmm. all of them, and like those vibes are immaculate. But I don't think that you gain anything by playing through all five. I will be playing all five. Uh, and then after that, you unlock Drinking Dreaming Moon, which, for those of you playing along, for some reason is in the guest contributions, like, photo right. gallery. Sound gallery. Uh, and it just launches from there. Mm-hmm. And that's a fascinating place to put that, but that's where it is. Before we get too into it, Fen, have you read any Yuri lately? Well, the stories we are covering today carry content warnings for violence, careless handling of topics of mental health, jokes about sexual assault, incest, misogyny, and death. Uh, 
Oh, you moved stuff around. I was like, where did your ET time go? Yeah, I moved it in is. the middle so that we remember next time. Um, ben, have you read any good Yuri lately? Ben, <laughs> did you know <laughs> that Tsukimizu is a very good author? That's the... Uh, Mangaka. <laughs> uh, yeah. Perennial so, favorite of <laughs> uh, Fate Moon Archive, Girls Last Tour author, Tsukimizu. Yeah. TKMZ is mm-hmm. how they ab- abbreviate their name in... Fascinating. Um, in English, but... Or, like, in Roman letters, I guess. Oh. Um, <clears throat> so, Girls Last Tour, as I think I've said on here, is, We've like, a lot. my favorite manga of all time. Uh, I watched the first episode of the anime just on a whim. Yeah. I had already read, like, two volumes of it at that oh, point. Right. Um, I read. I watched the first episode because... Someone in the Discord I'm in was like, "You should, you should watch the anime at least partially because the ending is all hand drawn, and mm. by Tsukimizu, um, by themselves." Wild. But anyway, uh, Girls' Last Tour is incredible. Mm-hmm. Just like from the first chapter, there's such a strong, uh, like, it, yeah, there's such there's such strong vibes. I know that vibes is not a not the perfect word, but there there's a sense of place to the city that they are in, and there's a such a strong goal that they have, which is get to the top of the city. <laughs> um, and the people that they meet along the way are so like they're so they're such brief, um, like brief little bits that they 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 uh show up for but they're always like yeah they always have such a such a like driven personality and like the that world is so lonely but um but there's a like like a lot of my favorite fate stuff there's a sense of like hopeful melancholy of like yeah the world's dead but like we we are still alive and we still have a purpose mm-hmm. and like we're going to keep living our lives so how does Shimeji simulation differ from Girls Last Tour? Give tell me a little bit. Well, more. let me let me say one more thing about Girls Last Tour is that <laughs> uh I want to say again there's a there's a goal that they have. Uh-huh. And it is reach the top of the city or like get to a point where there are other people. Um keep ascending the city, which is an interesting like that is apparent very quickly. Uh, I think at least by the end of the first volume, you know that they're trying to ascend up the city. Uh, Shimeji Simulation, it is impossible to follow up, like, Girls Last Tour, one of my favorite manga of all time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you make a, a sequel or, like, sequel in the sense of same author mm-hmm. doing something. I don't know how you follow that up in a way that would make me as happy as like Girls House Tour did. Your sophomore album. I like I think it's literally impossible. Mm-hmm. Which is so I think <laughs> Shimeji Simulation is fascinating. I don't know how much I like it. Tell me what it is, Fed. Sorry. Uh I'm getting there. It's a <laughs> 
we've talked about Girls Last Tour like 10% volume of our last like <laughs> seven episodes of this podcast. And it's a lot of volume, fun. Girls Last Tour is simply just like, it's incredible. But so Shimeji Simulation, immediately you will realize it's a four coma. Mm-hmm. And like, that's not... Girls Last Tour is many things. A comedy is not one of them. <laughs> uh-huh. It is funny. Yeah. Oh, There's for sure. Funny bits in Girls Last Tour. At points, Girls Last Tour is incredibly funny. It's a comedy in the same way that like Tsukihime can be a comedy. Not yeah. Kagetsu Toya can be a comedy. I would not describe I would not say like if I was assigning genres to Girls Last Tour or like trying to sell it to someone, I would not say, here is a comedy manga. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, there are jokes or there are like fun, funny bits. But they're not that common. It's like, oh, this chapter is going to be one where you're just like smiling alongside these characters uh-huh. as like something funny happens. Yeah. So Shimeji Simulation starts off as a as a four coma, and it still is. It maintains that format throughout. I think it it does diverge to some extent. Like mm-hmm. I think we've talked about it before. Four coma is four panels. Typically, there's a title uh, to the set of four. That is like kind of like a hint at the joke mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and then, you know, the fourth panel has a, a punchline mm-hmm. or something, which is like, I think, yeah, Shimeji Simulation is interesting because it's a world full of people, mm-hmm. which is Girls Last Tour, just immediately the vibes are immaculate. It's an empty world. They don't meet anyone until the until the end of the first volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, one guy they hang out with him yeah. for a little while uh-huh i don't know that they ever meet like more than one person at a time through the entire series mm-hmm. uh but like immediately it's like oh this girl one this girl has shimeji which are little mushrooms growing out of her head that's interesting uh two the first right so she shut herself in uh the pitch or the like opening is she shot sh- she got teased at school so she shot herself into the closet for two years and when she emerged she had shimeji growing out of her head mushrooms uh, mushrooms she goes to school and she's like i'll just play it off as like a hair clip or something for the first opening day immediately gets there and there's a girl with a giant crab on her head <laughs> um which is again like yeah, which is very much a like for coma bit is like her going to school and going to her locker and then the punchline being, oh, there's a girl with a crab on her head. It's a pretty good punch. Um uh and then pretty quickly, I think by the end of the first chapter, she's gotten a girlfriend <laughs> who is a girl with an egg on her head. <laughs> right, um, egg on her head, girl. And there are facts about the egg introduced later that are fascinating. Uh, one of them that I don't mind spoiling too much because I think it comes up pretty early is that when uh, I don't remember her actual name so I'm just going to call her Tamago-chan uh, when Tamago-chan is sick the egg becomes runny <laughs> I see um, and so really it's just like it is absurdist in a way that uh, Girls Last Tour never is I think like Certainly the, like, oh, it's a post-apocalypse and there's this giant, like, very, very tall city uh, is kind of, like, absurd on on its face. But 
the the manga never treats it as such mm-hmm. and it never feels like it's like yeah this is kind of an absurd premise but nothing that happens is absurd mm-hmm. it's very like oh yeah they have a vehicle that they need to care for and like they need food and they need water and they need fuel for their vehicle and like grounded yeah it's not very it's like sci-fi but not fantastical yeah yeah they don't and in fact the technology that they run into is kind of like very much sci-fi but they themselves don't really have that like the writing system is different Mm -hmm. uh it's like yeah it's like kind of squared off um it's like like calculator katakana is almost what i'd describe it as which makes a reappearance here which is like there's a lot of crossover between stuff in uh girls last tour and shimeji simulation Mm -hmm. in ways that are interesting and i don't yeah it's interesting i've i've only read 18 or 20 chapters Uh so far i think there are like 30 ish translated Mm -hmm. fan translated um so i have a, a decent bit to go but i think it it is it starts off as very comedy well, also, like, the main character is kind of just, like, a disaffected teen, mm-hmm. which is, like, yeah, which is a, a setup for a bunch of jokes, but it's also, like, an interesting, she is kind of just doesn't care, um, extremely apathetic, and her sister quit college and is trying to make fish. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Like, like from scratch. Uh, she has a machine that that make. The thing is, is that like me, Tsukumizu really likes fish, and so there's just like constantly like fish motifs, um, which is great because fish, fish are yeah. fish rule. Um, but it's like an interesting. It's an interesting. Uh, instead of trying to make something that is a. F- Trying to make something in the same... I don't know what the word I'm searching for is. But trying to make something like Girls Last Tour. In the same vein. In the same vein as Girls Last Tour. Um, It feels very different. Mm -hmm. But also, like, there's still a lot of... um, Not the same, but, like... It it sure is a Tsukimizu uh, manga. In terms of, like none of the characters are particularly joyous or like overwhelmingly happy uh just kind of doing their best there's a teacher who likes digging holes um (laughs) like i and saying all of this is like oh yeah i i have told you the your first impression of these characters and then and then they go places that is just like fascinating um it's also I think, as I said, like, uh, I said that um, the main character, whose name I also cannot remember, because most of the time she's referred to as Shimeji-chan, mm-hmm. um, she gets a girlfriend, but that is like, oh, uh, Tamago bothering her until she's like, yeah, sure, I'll be your girlfriend, just stop mm-hmm. bothering me. Uh-huh. Um, but it is also still, I think it feels more textually gay. It's then, it's Yuri, but it's not really about rela- that relationship. I mean, it it's is about, extremely about, not about their relationship. It's not about romance, though. Yes and no. Okay. Um, I think 
the the like school formatting certainly like helps with that but it is also like yeah it is about their relationship and them becoming friends and what each of them wants from that mm-hmm. uh in a way that was, i will defend to my dying breath saying that girl's last horror is yuri uh-huh uh but it's not like they never kiss there's never a like yeah it's not uh, I don't think it needs to have that to be no, Yuri. No. Even me, who coined the coward's Yuri term. Because <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a difference between things that are doing that in a way that feels authentic and things that are doing that in a way that feels cynical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, right, I just remembered there is a prequel to Shimeji Simulation that has a sex scene in it mm-hmm. between two girls. And so it's like, oh yeah, already, just like, very textually gay uh-huh yeah there's like things where you have to bend over backwards to be like well see this is implying that like maybe these characters are queer and then like there's like oh yeah we're girlfriends you know mm-hmm. yeah different yeah things. yeah yeah intimacy between girls can fly back and forth between uh gay and platonic very easily mm-hmm. this is true for men too they just don't like to admit it mm-hmm any more Shimeji thoughts? I think that's a... I think... Sorry if that sounded confused. That is likely... Or that is due to my thoughts being kind of scattered. Because it's like... I I am still really enjoying it. It's also hard to... To say, like... It's hard to kind of separate myself from... Girls Last Tour is like the best thing I've ever read. Uh-huh. And go into something else that is like definitely playing in the in similar spaces but also very different and like yeah see, it's fascinating see me in uh four months bitching about stay night because <laughs> i like tsukihime better i think honestly i i like stay night better i'm sure but... i'm sure and if i played stay night first maybe i would like that better i don't i'm just saying i'm just i'm i am being totally who knows how I will feel? I will in eight to between eight and fifteen months. Uh huh. Okay, those are my mushroom shot thoughts. I don't have any eerie this week. I've been reading other things. I honestly, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. I read Shimeji Simulation so that I could talk about it here. Uh huh. And we're gonna record our second. Uh, or third Kigetsu Toya episode, our second, like, Ten Nights of Dream and the rest of it stuff mm. uh, episode in not very long. So I will not have anything next time. I may, maybe I'll finish Caligula Effect and we can yeah. chat about that for a while because Caligula Effect rules. Effect rules. <laughs> Sorry, Caligula Effect 2 yeah. rules. I've heard bad things about the first one. So, Ben, tell me about a little gremlin. <laughs> Well, you see, I haven't played or I haven't experienced any Yuri, uh, any new Yuri the last couple of weeks, but I have read some things. Uh, one of them being Spy X Family, Ooh. which is a Shonen Jump manga that is very good. I have been meaning to read it for, well, I had I had it on my list of like, some people say it's good, but there are also people who say that Shonen is good. This is not a who to say. Well, our fight. Yeah, it's not a shonen. It's just a like. Is this like a shonen Mm -hmm. or is it uh better? (laughs) Let me give you the page because they. This is like page one is the the big the setup for this pretty much. 
there's this guy. He's a super spy. He is working in like a very fictionalized, loosely based on East-West Germany like kind of situation. There's two countries. They were at war until recently. They're kind of like Germany themed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he works for he works for the West and goes into the Eastern country to help stop a, the war from breaking out again. It's a Cold War situation. Mm-hmm. And he thwarts some big plot. And then they're like, great. We figured out, we think we know who in the East is orchestrating these plots to get the war started up again. He's like this top official in the government, famously reclusive. You need to get close to him and get intel and figure out how we can shut this down. Mm-hmm. Right. The only way to do so, they say, is through the fancy primer school that his kids go to. <laughs> Because he doesn't come out of his house for anything else. And mm-hmm. he's got very good anti-spy security and shit. So they're like, Agent Twilight, <laughs> you need to get a wife and kid <laughs> by this time next month for the <laughs> admission exams and uh, the like meetup where your wife has to be there. Mm-hmm. So this guy who is like a real loner type, he's like... Connections will just hold me back. I'm like a expendable, faceless spy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Go- he has to uh, find a fake wife and adopt a kid. <laughs> he goes to the world's sketchiest orphanage and asks for the smartest kid they have. <laughs> and the the guy's like, oh, yeah, that's Anya right over there. This like, little gremlin child with like barrettes in her hair, I think, that make her look like she has horns. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, she's a real creepy kid. Always seems to know what you're th- thinking about. This is because Anya is a telepath. <laughs> she, he's like, oh, she looks too young to go to the school. You have to be six to take the admission exams. And she's over there like, hey, mister, I'm six years old. <laughs> Which is a lie. Uh-huh. So he ends up, she ends up bluffing her way through this to get adopted because she's been returned four times and thinks that she can make number five <laughs> her like forever home. Uh-huh. And so he ends up with this telepath kid without knowing, although she immediately knows he's a spy. And then through a complicated series of events, he ends up um, trying to find a fake wife. He ends up finding this lady who's like an office work, single office worker who is nervous that um, the secret police have been questioning single women because they're worried they might be spies. You know what I mean? So she's like, I I need to like get a cover husband. And also my brother's been bothering or a a cover boyfriend. And also Mm -hmm. my brother's been bothering me. He's worried about me being alone. So I kind of need to bring someone to this party Mm -hmm. (laughs) to prove that I have a a partner and I'm not alone. Also, she's a uh, infamous contract assassin. (laughs) Who, it would be a real problem for her if she did get questioned by <laughs> the secret police. Uh-huh. So, without knowing that he's a spy and without him knowing that she's a contract killer, they end up uh, in a fake marriage together. They get real married, mm-hmm. but uh, they're in a sham marriage with this telepath kid who knows ex- the whole deal on both of them. And have to like kind of just vibe their way through... Attempting to stop a hellish war from breaking out between these two countries. Incredible. It's there's a lot of comedy to be derived uh, between these three characters, just having no idea what the other one is up to at all times. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Uh, the the main guy, Twilight, the assassin, the uh, spy. He's like a nice dude, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anya, Anya, the kid is like a little nasty gremlin who's dumb as a brick, but like <laughs> she's be- terrible at tests. She's terrible at like any kind of school subject, but she's a bright kid, you know. Mm-hmm. But she even fucks up cheating. She's a mind reader. You think she would do good on tests? Yeah, picks the wrong kid. Oh, that's unfortunate. Oh. The mom is, like, really yours, her name. She's a really sweet lady, uh, really, like, a murder pervert kind of girl. <laughs> this is one moment where Twilight's, like, looking up at his family. He's like, you know what? I think we can do this. And Anya's, like, looking, giving, like, blankest look in the world and just kind of staring off into space. And Yor is sharpening a knife, looking kind of horny. Uh-huh. And it's just really good. He's got uh, severe indigestion problems because of all the stress that this is causing him. <laughs> Mm-hmm. unfortunate yeah, it's like there's like 60 chapters out uh on the jump app that's what i read mm-hmm. sick the whole thing is great yeah that's the main thing i did otherwise i've been reading berserk still that's no, that's pretty much the furthest from yuri you can get i think uh-huh well it's about feelings so it's not the furthest you can get yeah but uh it's not great to women mm-hmm <laughs> This is my problem. The thing is, as I say that I don't like shonen, mm-hmm. and we've already talked about this some to some extent, but what I actually hate, and this is true of, um, I think, uh, what's it? Full Metal Alchemist is pretty good, yeah. just because like there are cool women in that, even totally if written by a woman. Yeah, but okay, so Full Metal Alchemist is good. Um. <laughs> My Hero Academia is not. I just got caught up on that. I don't think it's very good, but it's got fun bits. I haven't read the manga. I just have seen, like, however many seasons of the show. Mm -hmm. But it's just, like, the thing about it is that, in general, (laughs) girls show up, and they're really cool, and then they just don't get to do anything. (laughs) Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen is another one that I've read recently. Mm-hmm. I just read the whole manga of that. And it has like two extremely sick girls in it. It has one girl whose power is like using a hammer to hit curse nails at people from like 50 feet away. It's cool. Like, sick as Great. hell. Um, and there's another girl who has no magical powers, but is like one of the most dangerous people on the face of the earth just mm-hmm. through like sheer f- training and physical prowess both sick characters pretty sidelined a lot of the times the the cursed nail girl just like got like acid bombed basically and off screen has been off screen for a while mm-hmm. it's just a shame like her yeah. her big shining moment curse girl this is spoilers for Kaisen. Her big shining moment is a fight with a guy who, like, uh, with a monster that, like, poisons you. Mm-hmm. And form she forms, like, a spirit bond with him using the poison so that she can hurt herself him through herself. So she's just, cool. like, hammering her, her, like, hand to distract him while someone else, like, beats the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Sick. But, like... She is, an, she is, like, an assistant in that fight. Uh-huh. You know? Real shame. A lot of shonen is like that. My Hero Academia is really bad for that. Yeah. Which is, I think, 
Yeah, I still, I also just like looking cool can take me a ways, but it can't be the thing that I'm there for. Um, as it turns out, though, I do like shonen. You just have to make the protagonist girls. Yeah, <laughs> pretty cure is sick as hell. Berserk. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Berserk is really interesting because, well. I've just I'm just finishing up the flashback the the like Griffith arc the mm-hmm. arc explaining like how the world got to the way it is right mm-hmm. and uh there's been like one woman mm-hmm. who has any development who hasn't gotten killed immediately and she's almost been sexually assaulted like five or six times mm-hmm. depending on how you define it like having all of your clothes ripped off in the middle of a battle uh by a demon I think that counts as sexual assault, even mm-hmm. if his dick gets cut off. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, and, and, uh, spoilers for Berserk. I think she's about to die. Hmm. Like, I don't see how she survives the situation that she's in right now. Mm-hmm. I know that Berserk is eventually a story about, like, characters coming together, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not going to forever be introducing characters to get picked off, which has happened to every girl so far. Uh-huh. Um... Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. Definitely interesting. It's a lot, right now it's a lot about two men and how they have this like, not explicitly gay, but pretty gay, like obsession with one another, Mm -hmm. you know? It's also not great to gay people so far, though, is the other thing about (laughs) Berserk. (laughs) I will... It's It's a great manga... Definitely has some rough bits in it. I may read Berserk at some point, just as I like. You can I just like... breeze through it because so much of it is just like fighting. Mm-hmm. But like, it's some like really lavishly drawn fighting. Yeah, it's which like... is like I I want I want the the grounding of like Berserk influenced a lot of things, pretty much everything. Yeah, um, and I want that like grounding for. Uh, but I don't know that, yeah, I don't know that I'm going to end up being like, oh yeah, this is great actually. I would say when it comes to like the, the, the like fights and environments and like all of that stuff, it's not even like particularly inventive fight scenes, right? Mm -hmm. The thing that is really interesting about it is just like the weight of the craft that is being used to make it, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. you're like, wow. You really did draw this. This, mm-hmm. is a, this is really a lot to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, I think I've talked about this. I think I talked about this last episode. But like, if I am kind of interested and the thing looks really good, mm-hmm. that will definitely like, that can pull me through. Mm-hmm. Um, a Kiwi Seller uniform. Or sailor suit. We haven't seen this week's episode, but um could get real weird. It's just it's such a pretty show in terms of like it look the way it's animated, the way it's sh- like I almost said shot, but the way it's framed, mm. all of it is just like it's gorgeous. And uh who it would be nice if it was a little less creepy, but <laughs> pretty funny how creepy it is that's all i had for yuri uh zero zero yuri Uh uh-huh i only had one yuri
Good luck, Seahal Sensei. We didn't talk about unlocking any of these short stories last time because we desperately needed to cut some stuff. Uh huh. Well, we uh, talked about unlocking one or two. One of them, or two, but yeah. by accident. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. This one, you like, if you loiter in class on a certain time at a certain time after um class lets out, Shiki gets dragged into helping a bunch of like girls from the class into helping with the cultural festival stuff Mm -hmm. they're all really nice to him and like completely normal yeah uh and they like are like oh come to karaoke with us he's like no 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna clean up i wasn't as useful as uh i was hoping so i'm just gonna clean up for you and Mm -hmm. it's really sweet it's like a nice little moment it's uh girls love shiki because he has the vibe of a serial killer and girls love serial killers (laughs) then he's like ah shit after cleaning up, I, I should have been studying for that test. I'm going to fail that test. I missed a bunch of class because of my uh, sickness. <laughs> I'm guessing the events of Tsukihime <laughs> were what caused him to be absent a bunch. Um, And he's like, oh, if only someone could help me. And then a mysterious blue-haired glasses teacher appears and is like, you know someone who could help you. A, a senpai of yours could help you study. And yeah, we it's CL Sensei as a character, and Shiki's like, "Whoa, she seems so familiar." <laughs> uh huh, uh huh. And uh, yeah, we unlock CL's. Uh, good luck, CL Sensei, the first of the Ten Nights of Dream stories. Ben, it's bad. <laughs> From minute one, it sucks. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, this one's not good. I kind of figured it wouldn't be mm-hmm. very good just from the premise because like what is cl sensei's bit uh not liking arcoid which is fourth wall CL breaking. and like fourth wall breaking and in this case still being horny for shiki being hornier than we've ever seen cl for shiki mm-hmm. and also in this case she is in a role appropriate to her mysterious age of probably like 30 35 yeah uh maybe older than that because she says she's been teaching for 25 years yeah which would put her in her 40s at least right yeah like 45 ish that would make that would be in line with um how old that that makes sense as a possible age range for her Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm see how so the the teacher is um or the the principal is played by Akiha's creepy ex fiance, and he's like, oh, I put together as a weirdos. I was like, okay, one, I hate looking at this man's um <laughs> whose man's is this? Please, please come reclaim him. Not Akiha's man's. Um, I thought that it was like, oh, you needed a sprite for this for the principal and so you used him Mm -hmm. turns out later no that's actually just a kiosk fiance Mm -hmm. in this like playing that he's he's playing the part of the principal but also he's like referencing bits about him there's apparently a cut i don't know how legit this is but apparently there was going to be a short story that was him living at the mansion with uh with the the girls and like playing pranks on Hisui and Akiha. That sounds like hell. It didn't get made as far as it didn't get made, but uh, it sounds like the worst thing in the world. And I will say the one funny thing about it is that he doesn't say anything about pranking Kohaku, and it's probably because he was scared of Kohaku. 
I love Kohaku, Ben. I love Kohaku. <laughs> you can sometimes you can tell that she's dangerous. Uh huh. So yeah, the principal's like, "Oh, I got you a class of weirdos." Um, you. The have setup for them. this makes zero, zero sense. sense. He's like, "You can keep whichever one does best on the test." Yeah, but also, uh, there's a faculty like. Uh, a faculty person who's gonna like make sure you can teach well, uh-huh. or like observer. So don't yeah. go too Secret wild. Class, and also I'll be there. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, I don't know that the setup has to make sense no, it if it was like an actually funny scene. Um. Because <laughs> like that's like yeah, you could get a lot of comedy out of like oh, this isn't how things should be going, but it is how they are, and like, ha ha ha. Uh, but this is not a funny scene. Let's talk about some things that are funny. Roa is there as a petty gang leader whose main crime is not a crime because he pays for everything in one yen coins, and it's really annoying. <laughs> it's so funny! That's a good bit. <laughs> uh, oh, Ben, um... Yeah, Ro being a gang leader and spending literally thousands of one young coins is hilarious. No one can get him because he's using the technicality that it's not illegal. Um, one second, um, let me... Okay. Um, uh, Chaos is also here because he heard the school has a big animal club. Uh-huh. You did miss, Ben, that yeah. part of the reason that Ciel is is horny for Shiki is that he has glasses. That's very, that is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> just like oh that's that's cute that you also have a glasses fetish mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh there's a bunch of students in this class uh she never like does the full a full roll call mm-hmm. but uh also there is yumizuka kohaku hisui and akiha yumizuka got skipped over for time uh-huh. <laughs> which is pretty oh, funny yumizuka so yeah, the first bit you play is cl sensei and then it pretty quickly switches back to shiki who mm-hmm. is uh getting weird vibes from her yep uh let's see oh the class is on tsukihime <laughs> they're, they're uh-huh. taught the book tsukihime it sounds it seems like um we get some like bonkers like chaos knows the book like the back of his hand he's, uh-huh. he's the tsukihime expert yeah um and for some reason cl is convinced kohaku is the, the observer because because she's, she's crafty. And she's like, crafty or something like that. Uh, how do uh, how did vampires get to Japan, Fen? It's across the ocean. Arcoe teleports? So, <laughs> Chaos claims that Arcoe could teleport anywhere in the world. <laughs> because she is the world. For listeners of Friends at the Table, and or people who have read The Heart, um, the, the tabletop RPG, mm-hmm. there's a class that is made of bugs. Mm-hmm. Or like a human, what has bugs inside? Uh huh. And there's I a move that guy from Naruto. There's a move that you can take that allows your bugs to disassemble you and reassemble you elsewhere. Incredible. It takes like six hours. Uh-huh. It also makes you all like waxy, so you're like n- even less human. Every than... time you do it. No, not like not every time, but it's like oh taking this move means the bugs have transformed your flesh into wax yep. that they can kind of like disassemble and reassemble elsewhere sick um 
this is what it it sounds like it's something similar of like oh she kind of like dematerializes and slowly rematerializes where she wants to be a long time to like make her body again yeah this is what uh, when she got killed by shiki she was confused why she couldn't just make a body again Mm -hmm. really easily it's because of his like death powers Mm -hmm. um but anyway, uh, he says that she probably did pay- take an airplane, though. Yeah. Uh, she rented an apartment. She knows how society works. Yep. Oh, she finally call- calls on Yumizuka. And the question is about... Uh, she doesn't name her, but her question is, uh, did that girl, you know, that melancholy girl from class, did she get a root? <laughs> there, are, there are some funny bits in here that is like CL setting up a question a meta question to make the character that she's asking it of not want to answer because they don't like the answer mm-hmm. oh what else uh we, we get a question about how much the maids get paid <laughs> what a good bit oh right this is after he gets booted out finally mm-hmm. uh, which is important uh he gets booted out because uh she won't admit that she's not the favorite girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) from the mansion crew he is my favorite girl Uh uh-huh uh hands down doesn't even need to be from the mansion apparently the maids make a lot of money Uh, yeah makihisa i guess guilt set their salary very high Uh uh-huh uh, Hisui does not know how much money they make. Kohaku <laughs> manages their finances, and when they finally leave the mansion, they're going to open a nice cafe together. That's cute. I think they should do that immediately. <laughs> There's yep. a lot of bad memories in that mansion for them. I don't remember where it was, but CL has CL has some great sprites. Um, she has a cute, grumpy sprite. Uh huh. I don't remember where it was, but my note is CL get CL getting a gum- grumpy sprite is great. Wish it was for a better reason. So. Uh-huh yeah which is uh, like this entire thing is i wish that this was better <laughs> yeah akiha's like gets hammered with questions about uh what the average breast size for women are is mm. she has small boobs and uh whether or not it's legal for her and shiki to get married <laughs> <laughs> that one's a little funny <laughs> uh the answer is no because shiki doesn't have a birth certificate proving he's not biologically <laughs> Uh-huh. Her brother. Uh, and she says that she'll bring him to the wedding on a leash then. Uh-huh. And also that, like, it's fascinating that she says, like, God will understand. God will understand. <laughs> and someone's like, I, I, sometimes you need more than just God on your side or something like that. I think it's Kahaku who's like, uh, <laughs> I think we're talking about the law, not, like, what's a sin. Um... Then, uh, so the only people left are Kohaku and Shiki, but mm-hmm. because that's because she assumed that Kohaku was the uh, the guest, like the spy in the class, and wasn't actually eligible. But Kohaku did better than Shiki on this test, uh, so she wins, and she wasn't the spy at all. She was just a normal, upstanding, uh, dangerous student. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Shiki's girlfriend, who is also a teacher, Arkuid, shows up to take him away. <laughs> Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a nice bit at the end where uh, Kohaku and CL bond over being the least favored characters in the poll uh-huh. and go to get drunk together. Except that neither of them can drink because they're both underage. That's not going to stop them. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's the first one. Fan, are you ready for a good story? Yeah. Well, I would love unlock it. <laughs> a good story. A story for the evening. We already talked about how you unlock this one. <laughs> yep. You you it's basically you hear enough about Asagami Academy. Yeah. That it unlocks. Yeah, and I wonder what this could be about. Huh. It looks like we're playing as someone with long hair whose heart is aching over someone that they've lost and they know will likely never be returned to them. Fen, is this Akiha after her true ending where Shiki's fucking dead? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sick. This rules, Ben. Um, you know what? I like Akiha. Yeah. You know what I like even better? Akiha who can't be horny at Shiki because he's dead. You know what I like period ben yeah. is akiha who can't be horny for shiki <laughs> i understand that you like akiha being horny for shiki That's as long as as long as she's a girl boss while well, she does it <laughs> <laughs> but i cannot follow you Slander. there i th- the part that i like about her isn't the part where she's horny at shiki it's the part where she is horny uh at kohaku <laughs> in a really horrible way okay that is like 10% of her character. Uh-huh. But it's there, man. I know. Plus, I she just... vaporizes shit with her mind. It's sick. <laughs> anyway. She has the coolest power of anyone in... <laughs> the coolest and most well-defined power of anyone in Tsukihime. Anyway, you know what I like? Is Akiha, who can't be horny for Shiki, and is still herself. Which is to say, uh, haughty and bossy and just... Just a real shitty, mean girl. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She's like. There's like a monologue where she's thinking about cutting her hair or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah. We. This story is told in like seven parts. Right? One out of seven in the beginning. In the beginning. It's January eighth. Akiha is back at the dormitory. Yeah. Right after the New Year break. Wait. Real quick, Ben. Yeah. We're back to a day structure. Yeah, we are, huh? This is a side story. <laughs> yeah. This is a good one. Yeah. I just wasn't expecting... Like, we get a, a page that is the day. Mm-hmm. Like, like you had in Skihime. Yeah. Proper. Uh-huh. Feels weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we remember from the end of the... um. The end of uh, Akiha's true ending mm-hmm. was her being seen off by Kohaku. Yeah. It was like, can't you stay a little longer, you know? And Akiha's uh, like, nope. Nope. She's going. Classes haven't even started yet, but she, as soon as the dorms were open again, she wanted to go back. She yeah. needed to get some air from the mansion, which would be healthy for all of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she's been just waiting for Shiki to come back and, like, thinking every time she hears a noise that it's Shiki coming back and... She's got that like feeling in her heart that he still exists somehow. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. She just needed to get away from he could he can't show up at the Asagami Academy. <laughs> so. Yeah, but also it's like a restlessness that is like, no matter where she is, she's not gonna be happy for a while. Mm-hmm. Um Asagami Academy is about fifty years old, mm-hmm. being renovated. Well, the dorms are being the dorms are being renovated, but yeah. uh the whole build, it's a very old place. Yep. 
Yeah, abandon all youth, ye who enter here, is carved on the gate. Uh-huh. I thought that this was an official slogan. It is not. And then, movie. like, a couple of lines later, it's like, oh, no, someone someone carved that uh-huh. as a funny bit. It's a, it is a funny bit. It's a bit. funny bit. <laughs> uh, Akiha had hoped that her two roommates were back so that she would have someone to talk to. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the two, Soka and Hanapin, hmm. are their names. Uh, they're not there yet. Their stuff isn't mm-hmm. Akiha, what does Akiha find on her desk? A uh, purple envelope, unmarked, weird. What's inside? And a letter, or a piece of paper, rather, that is blank. Um, Akiha yeah. sent it before break, um, and it returned to her desk somehow. Without a return address. Yep. Weird. Again, unmarked. Like, didn't have an address either. No address. It was no just, yeah. Completely blank. We don't know why this is important, but it'll be important. She, yeah, I think she, let's see. Um, the paper is blank because she couldn't, like, put words to her wish mm-hmm. is the thing. Does she say that yet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have that written down under this day, but. Two out of seven. January 9th. Stealing my thunder. <laughs> Classes start tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So kids are starting to come back. Including, who's her first roommate? Misawa Hanae, who she calls Hanapin. Uh-huh. Which is a cute nickname. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, incredible ditzy girl. Yeah, Just great. airhead. Airhead is the, the, world, the word I'm searching for. No thoughts in that head. No thoughts. It's perfectly spotless in there. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> She's looking for a set of tools that she mm-hmm. has in a purse, like soldering stuff and scissors and other stuff like that. Uh-huh. Uh, she apparently snuck her stuff into Akiha's ba- like belongings in an attempt to keep them safe over the break. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um <laughs> you know, this girl is from first to last like this. If it is, it is as if her brain produces nothing but alpha waves, giving her, her an ability to enjoy life that is enviable. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. Akiha found her stu- her like tools, snuck into her stuff, and brought it to the incinerator. And Hanapin is like, "Ah, oh, damn. Oh well, I got more. <laughs> I kind of figured this would happen." Uh, Akiha sucks as a roommate, by the way, Ben. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh yeah, Akiha's like, don't put your stuff on in my or Soka's space. And Hanapin's like, yeah, I know. And she's like currently laying her clothes out on Soka's bed. <laughs> we also get, I don't think I wrote this down, but we also get that Hanapin's desk is completely covered in stuffies. And yeah. And Akiha's desk for her homework. Uh-huh. Akiha's always like snaps at her about it, but never actually stops her. Uh-huh. So we get some backstory, some stuff on Asagami, how it works. Did you know they have a strict curfew? Yeah. Sounds familiar to the Tono uh-huh. Mansion. Uh, if you got a club, you have to be in the dorms by six. No club, by five. No talking during dinner. Wild. Which, uh, yeah, Akiha being dead quiet during all dinner scenes uh-huh. makes a lot of sense, I feel like. It, was, it may be something that they did already, but the fact that she's clinging to it, mm-hmm. comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, once dinner's over, you can take a bath or you can go to the friend's room, which is the only place that you can have snacks and tea uh-huh. of everyone who's not 
anyone older than a middle schooler just sneaks shit into their room. Basically. Which is very funny that it's like, oh yeah, it takes like three years for people to realize that they can sneak stuff into their room. Uh-huh. You, we did skip over. Uh, Hanapin asks Akiha if she got dumped, and Akiha says yes. <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. Dumped by my partner died. Uh-huh. It's certainly kind of dumped. He did, he did Divorce. kill himself instead of being with her. No, no, no. It was a choice between who died. Akiha's on the student council. Uh, she like makes a, a line between the student council and the student government. These are two different things. Yeah. Student council. Yeah. What is the difference between student council and They're student government, Ben? Totally different organizations. One of them, student government has power over the dorms and student council, Akiha, has power in the school. So student government is more like student life and student council okay. is more like academic affairs. I was still confused when I finished this because I read that as student council wields its power in the school mm. and the student government wields its power in the dorms there just are, as like a, a matter of formality, not that that is literally where they I have it, power. I think it is a matter of I think it is formality because the two groups hate each other. Yeah. And they kind of have like a truce going on. Yeah, but I think that makes much more sense as to, like, here are your duties is see overseeing the dorms mm-hmm. and overseeing school life. Not both of you are nebulously responsible for both, but mm-hmm. you kind of divided up things this way. So, yeah, Kiha doesn't have as much power in the dorms as she does mm-hmm. in the school. She says that the Asagami is a very anachronistic place, but she's like... Maybe I'm anachronistic too because I kind of it's comfortable for me. I mm-hmm. like this more than yeah. like normal life. She mentions going to Shiki school for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and being like, "Oh, this is really different." <laughs> uh-huh. Now, Fen, do you remember a mystery? Do you remember a certain blue kid with a side shave and a ponytail who was hanging out with Akira? Like when when you go on a lunch date with Akira, like this weird kid shows up and like yep. chats with um Akira and like mm-hmm. Dashiki. Mm-hmm. Remember that boy? Yeah, well, uh trans butch uh Soka is here. Stone Butch Soka, <laughs> Akiha's other roommate. Uh who is a metalhead, by the way. <laughs> God yeah, she, she, rules. she just came back from a uh, a concert. Mm-hmm. I was sneaking into school from a concert. Uh, she's apparently the daughter of like a very, very high class, practically like nobility family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet is still like this in a uh-huh. bit of like completely uncontrollable rebelliousness. I respect her. Yeah, she's great. I think she looks kind of odd. The way she's drawn is really weird. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but uh I I she has a lot more sprites now and she's a lot she's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she likes punk and heavy metal. I think uh, Akihawk calls it rock. And so goes like, come on. He has come like on. concerts. I've heard of these. <laughs> I've never experienced it myself. I don't really understand music. And then I'm like yeah, they don't even like play classical music or some mm-hmm. shit like that at the mansion. She's, there's just no music in her life whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Soka is like 
saying something like chatting with Akiha. Akiha's like bandaging her fingers. Mm-hmm. She's like covered in cuts for some reason. Oh, there's yeah. a fun bit where so where um yeah, Akiha says something and Soka's like, "Well, my problems don't run as deep as yours." And Akiha's like, "Yeah." Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> I do want to mention one more thing about Soka. When we're talking to Akira, she mentions one of uh Akiha's roommates being into chains and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Shiki's like, "Oh, like jewelry." And she's like, "No. It's because chains are metal." <laughs> she's uh-huh. into metal. The music, Akira has processed that as metal, the physical object. Uh-huh. It's very funny. Akira rules. Ben, we did skip over Soka's last name. Oh, yeah. It's Skime. Right. <laughs> you can't, you I can't forgot. just name your character. This is, Soka. this is what people do as a joke when they don't know the name of your character, and so they put, like, character game name. Uh-huh. You can't just do that. It's hilarious. Counterpoint. It's very funny. It is very funny. Uh, let's see. The girls tease Akira, uh, Akiha, Akiha, <laughs> Akiha about being a uh, merciless and cold-hearted person. I think uh, Soka says this. The middle schoolers like to say that the ghost of the seven mysteries isn't as scary as Tono Senpai. At this rate, they'll be using your name as a charm against demons. And Akiha's Incredible. like, it'll backfire on them. <laughs> Akiha being a demon. Yep. <laughs> well, half demon. Uh-huh. Part demon. Akiha's like, Soka's trying to cheer me up by being mean. Uh, oh, well. Hey, Ben. Yeah? Akiha, without Shiki around, rules. Great, isn't she? She's immediately this great dynamic. She's getting to be in her head is great because she's written totally differently than uh-huh. she. Uh-huh. It's, yeah. And- yeah, it's really fascinating how different. Like, not that I don't, like, Nasu is a writer. He is competent at this point mm-hmm. uh, at the very least i think he's he's a good writer at this point even yeah um so it's like it, it doesn't surprise me that he's able to write people as different uh, distinct characters when you're in their head and w- when you are in their heads uh-huh. but like it's so refreshing because almost every other time we get it it's a joke in this game uh-huh of like the the previous story was oh it starts and ends with ciel sensei but it's like, oh, but it's her being horny about Shiki and, like, weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like, oh, yeah, Akiha's just a different person. Here's a really interesting thing about when Nasu writes women. When Nasu writes men, he's got a lot of baggage about what men are like. Mm-hmm. When he writes women, they're just people. <laughs> <laughs> there's not, like, there's sometimes, like, girl baggage, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's not the same, like, oh, I'm a man, so I'm horny all the time, and I have to protect girls. I hate it when girls die because I'm a man. You know what I mean? There doesn't feel yeah. like the same, like, weird reoccurring, like, masculinity bits. There's not really some... Akihav just feels like a character who's not as held back by that kind of, like, expectation. Yeah. Is my vibe. I think it is often... We don't get as much time in her head, you know? No. I think less so with Shiki, more so with Shiro. The boys always have to be sexist. The girls don't have an equivalent to that. Yeah. Is mostly what I mean. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I just... Yeah. Finish your thought. I think often it is... Well... Maybe less so in Skihime, more so in in Stay Night. It is like an intentional choice of like, 
mm-hmm. I'm writing a like kind of a <laughs> head of a character, so yeah, totally. but I don't yeah, like Shiki isn't that really. There's just and like from what you said, Shiro doesn't totally get over it because there's like there's like, oh, this guy's a misogynist, and then there's the lower level misogyny that Nasu's like, that's just how men are. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh let's see, let's see. What? In my experiences, that's yeah, how men are. It's fair. But you can write whatever you want. You have he has that power. Hanapin Hanapin is like, oh, I gotta tell you something, Akiha. I don't have any idea what it is. And Soka like teases her about it. And uh, that'll come up later. Soka's finally like, okay, Akiha, what the fuck is up with your hands? Like you're like using a whole row roll of gauze. Uh she's like, you get into some dorm power struggle fights? I love the idea of a Kiha as someone who shows up to school and suddenly starts getting in fist fights. Yeah, okay. Is this where... Yeah, okay. This is where Soka land, lays out the whole thing. Ever since Akiha started at this school, she's been baiting the high school students in an attempt to get them to attack her so she can beat the shit out of them <laughs> and leverage her physical victory over them into becoming student president. Uh-huh. By the time she got into high school, everyone was so fucking scared of her that they can only talk shit behind her back. <laughs> so because she's not as good a schemer as she is a physical <laughs> fighter, she only managed vice president. <laughs> incredible what an incredible bit i love i love this because we know akiha is not a normal human even when she is um limited not by not uh-huh. having roa powers right mm-hmm. uh but yeah she is still leagues ahead of other humans uh-huh <laughs> she's a monster and i love that about her this is a, yeah it's a great it's Still incredible that she managed vice president as a first year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Soka is patiently explaining this whole thing to Hanapen, who's like, oh, I get it, I get it. Akiha-chan won't stop until she's satisfied, even if her victim is begging. <laughs> uh-huh. Akiha's pissed off about this, but she's like, she didn't tell a single lie, so it's not like I can t- say I can protest. <laughs> uh-huh annoying when she says it that way it makes me sound like the most malicious one of all all she said was true though so i can't object uh soka is concerned that akiha may have murdered the person who did this to her (laughs) but akiha is like no i just fell Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. weird yeah yeah soka's soka's shocked that invincible akiha could be hurt in such a mundane way Ahanapin gives her a hug and Akiha complains, but she's she's like, This is this is what I wanted coming back here. Yeah. I wanted some people who aren't looking at me with like those sad Shiki is dead not coming back eyes. Uh-huh. She has friends, Ben. That she has like normal conversations with. Uh-huh. Normal if this was about her attacking people. Okay, but that's like also sick. Uh-huh. If this was the Akiha that we got in the rest of Tsukihime, she would be my third favorite character. <laughs> Kahaku and Hisui are too good, but she would not be last. So maybe fourth. Let me tell you about I love Arcoid a lot. Let me tell you about Hot Akiha theory. Yeah, she. It's later in the night, and she's got the window open, blasting cold air into the room while everyone else is complaining that they're freezing. Oh, you meant like physically yes, hot. Physically hot Akiha theory. <laughs> this 
isn't so much a theory as it's just a thing about her. But uh-huh. uh, I love it when girls are weird temperatures. So yeah, it's great. I'm always thinking about that girl from Red Hood. Um, that was could cook an egg in the palm of her hand when she got excited. Mm-hmm. I'm. Th- it never got fully explained, but there's a character in Gramblum who at one point has to enter a like ice bath because she's too hot. Oh yeah, that's sick. I love it when girls are weird temperatures. Uh huh. So, let's see. Akiha's drying off from her bath again. So that means she's soaked, sitting in front of like the freezing air coming in, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, it feels good. Right. We did say it's January 9th. Yes. So it's like cold air. Mm-hmm. Someone comes to visit the do- their dorm room. Uh, it's a girl named Tamaki dorm manager yeah who is a friend of akiha's and on the student government yeah her her rival faction (laughs) tamaki is telling her about a girl in her class named shijo who's been acting strange the last couple days since akiha is on the council she has more power in school so Mm -hmm. tamaki's asking her to keep an eye on her when she's at school this is this is another cute bit that is like oh their respective like organizations hate each other but the two of them go around behind their organization's backs to like collaborate on stuff yeah yeah. they were like friends in middle school now they pretend not to get to be on opposite sides but they collaborate in secret uh-huh it's cute so shijo tsukasa is this girl so akiha's got to keep an eye on her because she's being weird everyone during this conversation everyone's kind of like slightly uncomfortable that Akiha doesn't have as much fire in her as usual. Mm-hmm. She seems kind of like a a little bit like wet. Wet mm-hmm. fish, you know? It's later in the night. Fen, again with hot Akiha theory, uh, there's no heating in the dorms. And she's uh-huh. still got the window open. Uh-huh. She can see her breath, Ben. It's cold enough to see her breath. Inside. Inside. And she hasn't closed the window yet. She's brooding. She's like, oh, I wish it would snow and or get sunny. And I have those exact feelings in winter. I also have seasonal depression. I think it should always be snowing or sunny. Yeah. These are the two. Rain is nice as well. Rain is nice. But, but like, like just gray with nothing just happening. gray. Yeah. It sucks. Unless it's like really windy. I get like a lot of wind. Mm. A lot of wind is fine. But like, give me real weather. No, I like wind. Give me snow. I do like snow. Windy snow. Yeah, that's fun. Hell to drive in, but like fun. I have to drive. I can't. It's illegal. (laughs) So she's thinking about Shiki. She does a lot of thinking about Shiki. Uh, it's, It's unhorny thinking about Shiki most of the time, although... Everyone around her knows that she's horny for Shiki, basically. Yeah. Moments like this made about it. Moments like this feel like she lost a a brother or like a family member. Someone really like, oh, yeah, looked up to. Yeah. It's been two months since he died. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I just can't stand being at the mansion with this like weight on me. And she thinks about that purple envelope. A little moment of weakness. Mm -hmm. Doesn't explain it. What's up with it? The thing is, she's afraid of is like getting used to waiting for him to come back and just stop not thinking about it anymore. I think, or, yeah, I read that as like she's scared of never processing the loss, mm, right? Yeah. Of like, of always waiting, mm-hmm. of never getting to the point where she's like, okay, I've said goodbye. Mm-hmm. Which is like, 
this is a thing about characters in visual novels who are ostensibly first years in high school. Mm-hmm. No, what is that? She's f- 16? 15. She's 15 or 16. No 15 or 16 year old has the emotional intelligence to sit down and say like, damn, I'm really scared of like never processing the loss of my mm-hmm. brother. But it works as a like, yeah. She's not written like a 15-year-old, but that's fine because mm-hmm. uh, this this moment works for me really well because even though she's thinking about Shiki, it's like, yeah, but she's thinking about him the way that you think about a family member or like a close friend mm-hmm. who you lost. Yeah. Three, January 10th. Three, January 10th. It's time for some plot, fam. Plot? Depression. I could. You have written oh. down. I don't know. A depression slice of life would be good. IMO and yeah, I could do this as a whole visual novel, honestly. Uh huh. Like a, a, a Tsukihime root length at least. Uh huh. Like story would be sick. Uh huh. Um, I would read more of this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we get a shot of Soka in her like girl school, girl uniform, and she looks exactly like a tiny little James from Pokemon Jesse and James. <laughs> Uh, down to the gender trouble. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, n- also notable about her, she changes out of it as fast as humanly possible. It's really good. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is... Is there any fate gender... I guess in uh, Garden of Sinners, there's fate gender stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we haven't read that yet. Shiki's got gender so- up the wazoo. Ryogi Shiki. Ryogi Shiki. This is this is our first look at uh <laughs> at gender arriving in <laughs> fate, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh I've always said that fate does gender better than it does uh gay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hmm. Mm-hmm. There's more interesting stuff going on with weird genders mm-hmm. than there is like homosexual relationships in fate. Is my That's thought. That's probably true. There's more there's more of them and they're more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that holds up, but that's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. To sniff out all the gay in it. <laughs> it's the, after class. Akiha has a guest, a cute purple haired girl named Shijo Tsukasa. Oh, we heard her name yesterday. She sits down. She's staring at the floor. Akiha's like, she must really like that floor to be staring at it for so long. She has horrible taste. <laughs> Akiha sucks so much. She's incredible. Hearing her inner internal monologue and she's just like a big shithead is so fun. <laughs> okay, this is the thing with Akiha. She's presented as kind of an asshole. And then you're like, oh, actually, she's a really delicate girl who just acts like an asshole. You know what I mean? Because she's scared of people getting too close to her. Mm-hmm. And then this posits, no, she really is an asshole. <laughs> she just can be tender sometimes. Uh-huh. Akiha literally counts the seconds <laughs> until this girl <laughs> says something. Five minutes and 20 seconds. Well, Akiha's like, hey, are you going to be here long enough? Should I get you some tea? <laughs> and uh, Shijo is like, nah. And so Akiha's like sitting there being like, I don't know. Five minutes, 20 seconds. That's long enough to get you tea. My tea's going to get cold. I'm going to get mad at you. She asks Akiha about the seven mysteries, which were name dropped in yesterday. Which is also just like, yeah, in every anime ever, or like, I assume manga, like, opening, yeah, there's, there's a, they got these. 
every school has seven mysteries. Uh-huh. Every school, every town. Akiha. This is what anime has taught me. Uh-huh. Akiha uh, says a couple of them. She's heard rumors about a broken phone booth in the dorms, a balcony in the school, and a post box in the courtyard. I like that we don't get exactly what's up with each of these. They just uh-huh. get mentioned in passing. And Tsukasa kind of jumps when the post box gets mentioned. Oh, here's here's some things about some of them. Anecdotes that spring from some unknown events in this old school's history, such as an embryo floating in formaldehyde in the specimen room, such as the voices of the dead heard from a broken red telephone, such as an unaddressed letter being delivered and granting a wish. Oh. Unaddressed letter, you say? Huh. Hmm. The postbox story says that if you put an unmarked purple envelope containing plain paper with a wish written on it, into that post box, mm-hmm. it may be returned to you mysteriously, and then seven days later, the wish will be granted in exchange for something of great cost. Mm-hmm. Something important to you will be taken away. Yep. Oh, Akiha did that. <laughs> so, Tsukasa got her letter returned. So did Akiha, but she doesn't say as much. Tsukasa is afraid that her wish is going to be granted, given that. Whatever she wished for is something inexcusable to Akiha. My first thought was, does she want to marry Shiki? (laughs) (laughs) That would be very funny. No. What did she wish for, Fen? Um, does she come out and say it? She does soon. Uh, We can wait a little longer. Yeah. She wished for someone to disappear. Yes. Uh, I think we could pretty pretty easily work out what would be inexcusable to Akiha uh, that involves someone disappearing. Uh-huh. But yeah, Tsukasa wants to solve the mystery of the post box before the seventh day, which somehow will cancel the wish. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand that. That must be like something about this like seven mysteries lore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she said she came to Akiha because Akiha is not scared of silly things like curses and ghosts and wishes. Uh, Akiha thinks is it just my imagination or is this girl more afraid of me than whatever might happen about this letter Mm -hmm. yes you're scary Akiha so there's four days left before the letter is returned which again this matches up perfectly to Akiha's letter I guess it it comes down to when you find the letter again because who knows the letter was on the desk yeah but yeah they're both they're matched up they're going to time out at the same time Uh uh-huh Akiha agrees to find the prankster. Yeah. Then she leaves and we get to back to the roommates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hanapin is a sweet person who has no ability to say no to people. So mm-hmm. people are essentially treating her as like a handyman slash janitor and having her fix things throughout the school uh-huh. with her tools. She's just nice and knows how to fix things, apparently. Uh-huh. Akiha is indignant about it, and Soka is like, you're, you play this part of being such a meanie, but you're so soft on your allies, quote-unquote. <laughs> we should say, for people who haven't seen Soka's sprite, like, hoodie? Yeah. Blue hoodie. Blue hoodie. Um, yeah, indeterminate gender. She uh-huh. thinks she's a boy the first time he sees her. Yeah. I couldn't remember if that was Ben saying that or if she I'm, actually said it, but... I, I'm uh, 99% I, sure that she I said it. I feel like Shiki says something, because it's like, oh, He's yeah. Boy or yeah, like yeah. So, anyway, that's this is gender to me, Ben, is simply not wanting to have one. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Akiha's like, why would Tsukasa come to me? And Soka's like, you idiot, she wished for you to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Ben, we got an incredible CG. What a good CG, fan. Uh, it's all three girls. Soka's uh, looking bored, just like hanging out on her bed. Um, Hanapin, we get the CG repeatedly, and Hanapin is doing various things in the background. She like mo- bops around at times. In this case, she's like waving a pair of scissors around. Uh, and Akiha is the protagonist, so she doesn't have a face. Um, she's wearing a towel? Yeah, I think so. Um, just like oh. sitting on her bed and uh, kind of like uh the the camera is like behind her back mm-hmm. she's got her arms crossed grumpy akiha uh-huh they're talking about the seven mysteries akiha's like y'all any of you believe in this soka's like no and hanapin's like yes of course i do but i don't get mixed up in things like that <laughs> soka tells her that it's a that she shouldn't doesn't need to be afraid because ghosts can only possess people with intelligence and they would run away from someone like her Aww. <laughs> really hooray then this means it's okay for me to cut through the cemetery on my <laughs> way home right hanapin favorite new character uh-huh. great girl soka asks if akiha believes in these ghost stories and she's like in her head she's like of course i do i'm a ghost story uh-huh <laughs> like uh, curses and all this shit do exist and can happen very easily if if you know what you're doing yeah ben i think now is a fine time to pause and say that that like this reads far differently than uh stuff in like persona or um pretty cure which are both have like fantastical elements mm-hmm. but they're presented as like kind of limited in scope uh-huh um this is a world with magic in it yeah of course the seven mysteries could be real yeah yeah kia is immediately like these this could happen. Any of these things could happen. It's just what would be the instigating event that would cause these cur- this curse, this wish for Anter to like be real. Mm-hmm. And it's such an interesting way to frame it. It's just a really fun like as a reader. I don't know like in most stories when the seven mysteries come up, it's like oh okay, what is going to be the thing that is like oh that's the that's the 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 man in the sheet. Yeah. Uh, manipulating things from behind the th- the scenes. Uh-huh. Whereas this one is like, yeah, I don't. This could actually be real. Yeah. The one. The <laughs> this one could happen. These that I have as a touch point is my the which I love a lot is the Kingdom Hearts two like opening tutorial bit where the kids are doing a research paper on the seven mysteries of their mm-hmm. town, and like they're in a computer and don't know it, so all of the mysteries are just computer glitches. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's it's a cute bit. Yeah, the, there's a great Pretty Cure episode about uh-huh, um, seven mysteries. Yeah, and is that the the mermaid Pretty Cure? Yeah, yeah. a lot of sorry Tropical Rouge Pretty Cure. That's the only one I've seen. I'm gonna watch Futariwa Pretty Cure mm-hmm. next after I finish Sailor Moon, mm-hmm. which is a long journey. Mm, there are like long 200 episodes of. Speaking of Yuri. So, out loud, though, Akiha's like, I don't believe in stupid stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. Don't ask me about my claws and fire powers or anything like that. And red hair. Red hair. You didn't see nothing. <laughs> Hanapin is building some kind of diorama of the student <laughs> council. Akiha's like, what? 
on earth are you doing? A honey pin is the perfect combination of can't say no and it's also I don't want to say incompetent, but not skilled. <laughs> she seems to be fine at fixing things, but she's unskilled in artistic pursuits. And someone asked her to make a diorama and it's going poorly. Yep. Cut to later in the night. Akiha is still awake and she's thinking about Tsukasa. She is also thinking about her, the what Soka said about her being cold to strangers, you know. Mm-hmm. And she thinks about her cursed Tono blood and all that stuff and how she was raised to be, like, distrustful and isolated from other people, right? Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to be a hated person. It's It comes naturally to her. Well, doesn't want to be hated and so isolates herself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because, like, being ignored is better than being hated mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is the read I got from that. Uh-huh. Well, she doesn't. Well, that's the other thing. I don't know about that because she doesn't isolate herself at all. She came to this school and made a big splash. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Shiki taught her to, like, be friendly. Okay, so you're saying... I kind of get what you mean. I kind of get what you mean. Like, it is better to be not noticed than to be hated, I think, mm-hmm. is the thing that she's going for. Mm-hmm. But then Shiki was like, oh, actually, maybe friends are okay. Shiki showed up and taught her that, oh, actually, maybe friends are okay. Uh-huh. And she became hated as a side effect. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think she's feared more than hated, but... Well, at least one girl wished for her to disappear. Yeah, fear. Fear leads to Sick. hatred. Right, right. So she's talking about Shiki, and thus I began my disguise. But that disguise was more pleasant than I had expected, and before I knew it, I had lost track of what was acting and what was truly me, and I became this Tono Akiha that others know. And I love it when girls become the mask. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love, I love it when a girl can't tell where the line is between herself and the the play that she's been putting on. I love Tono Kohaku. <laughs> You can't say that. I love Hime Kahaku. She's not Soka's sister. She's not Akiha's sister. Unless... Hmm? She can't be Tono Kahaku. She wrote it on her paperwork. She doesn't have any other last name. Ben, that makes both of the people Akiha's horny for relatives of hers. Well, it'll probably work for Akiha. (laughs) You can't! Dear listener, I hate this. So she sent the letter as like sort of like a prayer more than Mm -hmm. a wish. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You want to read this line? Unwilling to ask for anything, yet still bothering to wish. Maybe maybe convincing God to return the letter to me as a punishment. Mm -hmm. That's very, that's a key on a nutshell. Yeah. She can't stop wanting, but (laughs) she's unwilling to ask for it. Uh Uh-huh. She is willing to like kill everyone involved but she won't ask <laughs> she drifts off to sleep eventually and she's like oh she's like what do i lose if shiki does come back from this wish can can he be brought back to me and then taken away again like mm-hmm. what will i lose yeah i don't think it was ever said that the the most precious thing to you it was just a precious yeah. thing but she's yeah. wonder. she's like could it be my life mm-hmm. could it be my hair mm-hmm. because there's an ancient saying that uh, a woman's life is her hair apparently mm. four seven four out of seven january 11th morning classes are over at this point i noticed 
the I was very confused as to why the first date was one seven mm-hmm. and then it was January eighth. Mm-hmm. Uh and at this point it was like, oh, it's count yeah, it's of counting. course there are seven days until the wish happens and yeah. Uh-huh. Hanapin wander around flapping her hands excitedly. I love her. <laughs> She's great. Hanapin has come back from a cooking class. There's apparently split. Uh, Akiha was in modern economics. And the rest, <laughs> most of the rest of the girls were in uh, a cooking class. Uh-huh. Apparently a pot blew up. And Tsukasa, uh, the girl that Akiha is supposed to be watching, cut herself really bad with a knife. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Akiha is also like, I've been uh, having a bunch of strange accidents since I've returned to the dorm too. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, let's see. She thinks about how isolating dorm life is and how most of the girls in the school kind of are, like, locked up in the dorms for basically the whole six years. Although, uh, <laughs> there are some exceptions to that rule. Ben, Sayo Akira, even without Shiki, is a rebel. <laughs> And she rules. So uh, Akiha goes home every weekend to see uh-huh. maids. Soka leaves whenever she feels like it <laughs> because she's Arihiko. Uh-huh. And Seo Akira, <laughs> despite her obedient face, regularly breaks curfew and overnights outside. <laughs> Great. She's incredible. Oh, do you think we're going to get to talk to Akira? Oh, Ben, I hope I so. I say that if you follow me on Twitter, you know that there are incredible scenes with Akira coming up. Akiha goes looking for that post box from the legend. It's gone. Vanished without a trace. That's weird. She's like looking around for like evidence of it having been removed, but she can't remember quite where it was. And mm-hmm. she's like, I, was it ever even there, honestly? Yeah. I think she says something to the effect of like, I I went there literally once and it was to send this letter and that's it. So who knows where it was? She goes looking in the student council room for a girl named Kogase, who's the secretary who loves rumors and also Akiha fucking uh-huh. hates her and <laughs> is kinda glad that she's not around. Uh-huh. Too chatty. But Ben Guess who's here? Who wanders into that room instead, Fan? It's Akira. Seo Akira, tiny little creature. Uh, yep. She's surprised and then shaking in fear <laughs> when she realizes that it's Akiha. None of that actually matters, however. There's a rumor that Tono Akiha is quite fond of this underclassman, and I have absolutely no intention of ever denying it. I had indeed taken a real liking to Seo's nature, which was... Somewhat like a small animal begging to be bullied, or perhaps tamed and broken. You can't just say that, Akiha. Uh, uh, this... Hey, Ben. Yeah. I like this Akiha best. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's sick when, when Akiha looks at Seo and is like, hmm, I want to break you. <laughs> oh, Seo. Oh, I'm holding my hands back physically. <laughs> oh... Oh no, come closer. <laughs> Akiha asks her about the postbox story. Oh no, she asks, she asks, she's like, hey, can I ask you about something? And Akira tries to get away. But she's like, no, 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 you're fine. I'm not going to hurt you yet. <laughs> so she asks her about the postbox. And uh, <laughs> do you want to read this next Akiha line? 
Let's see. Yeah, every single fucking time Akira does anything, Akiha has to like pause, think about how much she wants to hurt her, <laughs> and uh-huh. how cute she is, and then like continue on with herself. <sighs> I'm always charmed by this girl's cute animal-like way of showing her every feeling. Just seeing a girl this innocent makes me want to torment her mercilessly. A swelling tide of sadism that my reason is forced to keep suppressed. Mm-hmm. Akiha just can't stop thinking about fucking this girl up. It's this so is Yuri to me, Ben. Uh, Akira knows about the post box. Yeah, what she know about the post box? <laughs> it's a little bit embarrassing, but the truth is that I found out about it when I was made to clean up the old storeroom as punishment for breaking some school rules. You know how the dorms lights out as time is so early, right? That early, there was no way I could finish my paper on time, so I was working... I was working in one of the bathrooms when a teacher found me. <laughs> um, happy or embarrassed, Sayo smiled widely. Ah, gotta be careful. This one is dangerously cute. Uh, Akiha can't help herself. Bisexual icon, Tono Akiha. Uh, apparently, it was for, uh, like, surveys. You could, like, write suggestions and stuff mm-hmm. um, for the for the school administration, and they would like collect them and they'd be anonymous which is why they don't have a an address uh-huh um this whole scene with akira lends real credence to the theory that the reason akiha gets so worked up when shiki meets up with akira isn't just because she's being possessive of shiki it's also that she's being possessive of akira uh-huh <laughs> that's why she doesn't get as mad about any of the other girls as she does about Seo. Mm-hmm. And it's because she's like, that one's also mine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. They yeah. used to use purple envelopes for these, uh, mm-hmm. un- these uh, uh, like, anonymous suggestions and comments and stuff. Mm-hmm. And all the letters end up in library storage. Uh, Akiha decides to abuse her powers to go check it out. And she finds 300 unmarked purple envelopes. <laughs> That's a lot. She like goes through some of the letters trying to find anything that proves that something she she's trying to find evidence that something bad enough happened that this curse could be real. Mm-hmm. That this like this legend could that something happened that could be a magical instigating factor for this. Mm-hmm. But it's all fluff. All of the letters are just like fluffy nonsense, you know. Mm-hmm. And she's like I should have just started with the assumption that it was a prank and hunted down the prankster like a dog. Mm-hmm. She's trying not to admit that she's disappointed uh, and that she wasn't hoping that the legend would be real. Uh, it seems that the letters are going to be burned soon because mm-hmm. they're taking up too much space. Uh, she rushes back to the dorms. Uh, rushes. She says she rushes. She doesn't rush anywhere. She walks at her normal walking pace because uh-huh. <laughs> she refuses to hurry. There's a, I think she goes outside and um, the outside was stained a pure red. It's just a great way to describe sunset. Uh Uh-huh. Before that, she's almost crushed by a falling bookcase. (laughs) Wait. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Because she's not walking, not not hurrying, the bookcase falls right in front of her. Uh Uh-huh. It's very funny. Another accident. Yeah. She's been really unlucky lately. Back to the the roommate CG. Uh, Hanapin is like bouncing around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very cute. Can't sit still. Akiha asks about Tsukasa's wound from the knife, from the accident in the co- cooking class. Mm-hmm. Weird timing. 
Hanabin is like, oh, it's like 10 centimeters long and like <laughs> on her finger. And uh, Soka's like, that's not even a finger anymore. What are you talking about? And she's like, it might be. Or, she's like, Hanapin tends to exaggerate these things by about 10 times. Uh-huh. So I think it's probably about a one I think centimeter. What cut. Soka literally says is Hanapin feels things 10 times as much as other people, <laughs> which is a great, like, aw. Mm-hmm. Hanapin asks if Akiha is being somber because of her brother. Mm-hmm. And Akiha almost spits out her tea at her. <laughs> Apparently, Soka told Hanapin that Akiha's transfer was about being closer to her brother. Mm-hmm. Akiha attacks Soka. Uh-huh. Soka is one of the shortest students in the school and barely heavier than a shuttlecock. <laughs> in a challenge of physical strength, I could easily control her. <laughs> Akiha. There's so many weird things about this sentence. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, she calls her a traitor and pins her. Uh, Hanapin like says that they're gonna kiss. Uh huh. Akiha, uh-huh. what a shame that you would turn out. Or, so this is Akiha. Uh huh. What a shame that you would turn out to be the one saying all the stuff about Tono Akiha has a brother complex. Soka, isn't this what they call the traitor within? <laughs> they're making out. That's Hanapin. <laughs> you there, shut up! I flung a slipper at the carefree gallery. Ouch! The collapsing gallery. Excellent. A hit. <laughs> I love Akiha like uh-huh, this. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Akito or whatever. Even if Soka has her strange defensive arts and ghostly footwork, once I've got a grip on her, she's nothing more than a short girl. <laughs> oh, Akiha uh, can be cool. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Uh, Hanapin makes a tasteless joke about Akiha sexually assaulting Soka, uh-huh. which there will be a couple of those in, in uh, these short stories. <sighs> Again, I have to wonder what the actual word being used for that was. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Soka gets away from Akiha and is like, I told I told her when, because she was depressed when you left, and I didn't think you were ever going to come back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the reason that people are talking... Akiha's current behavior is yeah. the reason that people are talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is... thinks that she went home, shot her shot with her brother, got dumped, and came back. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She probably could just tell people her brother's fucking dead, but I guess there's no paperwork that even exists Mm -hmm. in the first place, so. It's nighttime. Akiha's having insomnia again. Mm -hmm. She thinks about the curse, and she wonders if she's playing along because she wants it to be true. Yeah. 5-7. January 12th. January 12th. It's right after breakfast. Tsukasa missed breakfast, apparently. Akiha thinks she knows what's up. And uh, she goes to Tsukasa's room. She knocks on the door. She doesn't get an answer. She hears movement. And she starts to turn the knob only to hear uh, a door being uh, a chair being slammed in front of the door and Tsukasa yelling at her to stay out. Mm-hmm. Akiha realizes that there's lots of girls watching, so she can't just break the door down. Ben? Akiha was going to break the door down, <laughs> uh, but, but got self-conscious about it. She asks one of the girls what happened to her, and uh, apparently Tsukasa got burned, too, mm-hmm. which is different. Uh, burned in a different way? She was cut before. Now she's yeah. burned. Yeah. She additionally got burned. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Sorry. Apparently, Tsukasa chased her roommate Anjo out and uh, has been hiding in there ever since. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> the girl also comments that Akiha has become so serene since her <laughs> return. Even, uh, that implies that Akiha was meaner before. <laughs> uh-huh. But Akiha before would have broken that door down, regardless of how many girls were watching. Uh-huh. Right. She finds out that uh, Tsukasa was hanging out in the friend's room, had to make tea for some other girls, and burned herself when no one was looking. Mm-hmm. She was in the kitchen. No one saw exactly what happened. <laughs> What's up? You have to read this next. No, the rule is if you laugh at one of these <laughs> jokes that I'm not intending to read, you have to read it. Okay. Akiha returns to the student council room to find her favorite chew toy. <laughs> Second favorite, I guess. Second uh, favorite? <laughs> oh. Akira has been researching purple envelopes to, to try and help out. Uh, Akiha continues to get distracted <laughs> thinking about fucking up Akira. Uh-huh. Or also she's like running through an elaborate plot to like prop up Akira as the next student council president after she leaves. Uh-huh. <laughs> which is like a wild thing. <laughs> uh-huh. Like daydreaming about. That's like, oh, I wanna I wanna like pull that girl's hair and also plan a marriage to her. <laughs> what i mean so apparently this tradition of uh the purple envelope feedback ended when a student uh stole a letter that uh had snitching someone was like snitching about someone else's behavior and mm-hmm. they like threatened the kid who snitched mm-hmm. with the letter what does snitches get fan stitches there we go fuck the cops uh <laughs> The letter never made it to the faculty because it was being used to, like, threaten this girl. Mm-hmm. So that's where the, like, wish ungranted uh, part of the legend came from, it says. Mm-hmm. It all gets a little blurry. Yeah. Anyway, the, the girl whose letter it was died seven days later in, a, like, related, in an unrelated accident. Mm-hmm seemingly and the student the teachers were like okay no more of this feedback stuff it caused us a lot of problems i guess mm-hmm. so the real room the real story of this isn't you send a letter it gets returned and seven days later it you get a wish granted it's seven days later you die if your wish isn't granted mm-hmm. 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 a little complicated but that seems to be the gist of it yeah akiha's like that's not that's not a wish granter that's just a fucking regular ass curse Uh uh-huh cut to later this this isn't as much we didn't get as much time with akira as i would have hoped no you have more roommate time (sighs) yeah yeah what were we saying about no just akira's great akira rules akira and akiha i was not expecting to walk out of Kagetsu Toya with like, oh, perfect ship. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> they're not nearly as problematic as Akiha Kohaku. Yeah. Uh, they both have superpowers. They both have supernatural powers. Um, Akira is in fact a small animal, and Akiha is perfect for bullying her. <laughs> One day, Akira is gonna get a vision of uh. <laughs> of Akiha returning home and like sucking down a whole like pack of blood. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's going to have a real moment. Tea time with the roomies. Akiha's like curses are real. <laughs> Maybe not the seven mysteries, but curses are real. And she says something about 
how a real curse is when someone hates someone else and creates a scenario in which uh, the person they hate will die. Mm -hmm. I love Tonokoku. (laughs) Yeah, she's basically saying like, She's not talking about Kohaku directly, but essentially she's saying that the thing that Kohaku was doing was a a real-life curse, essentially. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And that it's like you imagine a a place or a scenario in which they die and like a real curse is you back yourself into a corner enough to make that scenario real. Uh Uh-huh. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Of like... Yeah, curses aren't, like... I mean, they are magical in the, like, kind of broader sense. But it's a lot about, like, oh, I want this badly enough that I'm going to put myself in a situation where this is my only option. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. She has some experience with this. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. While she's having this conversation, Hanapin is bopping around with a box of toys that include Nasu's little mushroom mascot. Uh (laughs) Don't know why she has them, but... Akiya is also bandaging up another wound, and Hanapin's like, you must be cursed too. And Akiha's like, I did send a letter and I did get it back. And uh, they start (laughs) laughing at her. (laughs) So because like, well, you got two days to live. (laughs) Akiha says that this like the letter and her wounds have nothing to do with her believing in curses Mm -hmm. akiha says that uh her own letter being returned is the only reason that she played along at all and she's sick of the game and she's gonna end it right now Mm -hmm. and she goes to tsukasa's room Mm -hmm. but uh tsukasa was not there yeah (laughs) so uh, akiha was embarrassed to have made a dramatic announcement like that and then to just come back to the room uh defeated so she goes up to the roof to like hang out and watch the stars for a little while to <laughs> wait for them to fall asleep i guess uh-huh or just like you know be gone for long enough that it feels like she, she did, did something. something she can't go to the friend's room because everyone there either looks up to her or is terrified of her uh-huh. it's cold out even akiha is <laughs> getting a little cold in this she looks out over the railing and she's like are the other post boxes still there? And she's like looking at that. And uh, what happens, Finn? Uh, she falls off the roof. Oh, suddenly it's like there's nothing to grab onto. And she just kind of uh-huh. tumbles down four floors, 40 feet, and hits something. Pavement, grass. Probably probably grass. <laughs> Not not there. Notably, there is no bushes or anything that could yeah. properly cushion uh-huh. the fall. Uh, she wakes up in the infirmary though, and she seems fine. <laughs> you fell from the roof and suffered only some scrapes. Exactly what sort of body do you have? Are you really human? This is Soka. So no. with her. No is the answer. Uh, it's about an hour later. She was unconscious for an hour. Mm-hmm. Her roommates dragged her to the infirmary, and the nurse was like, "She did." What? She fell off the roof? She looks fine. She's just unconscious. We get the second reference to Akiha wearing tough clothes in this game. <laughs> this is... She does not actually wearing particularly tough clothes in this. Hanapin's just saying, like, there was nothing to cushion your fall. It must have been your tough clothes. No. Yeah. Hanapin was talking about, like, why aren't your clothes ripped up? No. She doesn't say anything implying that. I I heard you say that, so I read it closely, and it doesn't... She's saying, 
your clothes must have protected you. They must be super strong clothes. Okay. If you say so. <laughs> ben is so confident about everything. And every time Ben is extremely wrong, it does nothing to like temper that confidence whatsoever. I'm wrong sometimes, and I will admit it if I'm wrong. In this case, not wrong. Okay. <laughs> I just like the idea that everyone thinks that Akiha wears like chainmail. It is it is very funny. I don't think that's what's being said, but it's a very funny read. Soka asks why she fell and is like, was the curse? And they talk about curses some more. Soka like defines curses in a way that makes them sound like an obsession, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Akiha, Akiha is very like, curses aren't in season right now. This would be better. This whole thing would be better happening in the summer. Where your head's like rotting from the heat. Mm-hmm. This is stupid. I'm done with this. Soka drags Hanapin back to their room, even though Hanapin wanted to sleep in the infirmary with Akiha. That's cute. That's gay. Uh, and Akiha sneaks out of the infirmary, going to the rear court- courtyard to face down her curse. Uh huh. She wanders out and's like, I'm making a big show of this, so, oh, yep, someone's following me. Good evening. These nights certainly are cold, aren't they, Shijo-san? Akiha turns around slowly, and we see Tsukasa, looking scared and upset, clutching a knife. Great sprite! Great sprite! Ben, about here is where I realized that all of this is just the story that Soka told Shiki uh-huh. about oh. Akiha falling off a roof. Off the roof, yeah. And then standing up and, and roundhouse kicking. Oh, which is too bad, but... Akiha's like, oh, she has a knife. I This getting ended peacefully just went out the window. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no music for this. It's just cricket noises. Yep. Wonderful. Wonderful Perfect. choice. There wouldn't be crickets. It's January. Yeah. But it's perfect choice. Is it crickets? Yeah, there's like chirping. Okay. I mean, they're, yeah. There's chirping. I just. It's like insect chirping. Yeah. What else would it be? I don't know. A hundred birds. <laughs> I mean, like, cicadas are summer. Uh-huh. Crickets yeah. are summer. Are crickets summer? Yeah, crickets are summer. Crickets aren't a winter insect. <laughs> Maybe they're spring, but this is January. <laughs> There's very few winter bugs, Ben. Yeah. Uh, but the the stylistic choice is good. <laughs> yes. It's it's metaphorical. <laughs> mm-hmm. What uh, Akiha like warns her that she's going to get herself hurt waving a knife around. And uh, what does uh, Tsukasa have to say about that? You're weird. You fell from the roof. So why are you still alive, Tonosan? You're weird. <laughs> she's gripping the knife really hard and like shivering and like. I'm going to be in trouble if you don't disappear. Hey. You've already transferred so many times, why not transfer again? There's only two days left, so if you don't hurry up and leave, everything will go wrong, you know? Akiha calmly tells her that the seven mysteries are fake, and that the letter being returned was just a prank. And that the idea that she'll die if Akiha doesn't vanish is silly. Mm -hmm. So Tsukasa must have heard the other version of the story, where you die if your wish isn't granted. Mm -hmm. Which is why she's so freaked out. But uh, Tsukasa... The feeling of this, like, hanging over her head is driving her up a wall. She was already kind of on the brink, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. stressed, afraid of Akiha's, like, weird 
energy. You know what I mean? So Akiha finally uh, talks about her injuries, uh, which were deliberate things. Sukasa has been setting them up. And mm-hmm. also, she believes, Sukasa has been hurting herself. Yeah. Like, manufacturing her own accidents, whether fully consciously or kind of accidental. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, Tsukasa yells that her injuries are going to stop tonight. You mean if I disappear from in front of you? For example, if I were to instantly disappear from the roof as if some magic show? All I did was jump to the ground, however. That's a lie. She did fall and hit her head. Uh (laughs) But she's intimidating the shit out of this girl, which I appreciate. Uh, She's tired. Like He's tired of this shit. She doesn't care she's like got no patience for Tsukasa anymore she didn't have any patience from her from the start she start. she started this by counting down the seconds that Tsukasa was wasting how foolish if you were going to fulfill your wish with your own hands then you should never have sent that letter in the first place this Akiha rules I just thought for some reason right now if I pushed her she'd fall and die I thought I just thought it but my hand unconsciously reached out and pushed me off the roof my, how scary. A murderer without any hostility or intent to kill. Yeah, she says that if Tsukasa had come up to the roof with the intent to kill her, she would have felt it. Like, mm-hmm. sensing the killing urge is something that happens a lot in Fate. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, in anime in general. In anime in general. Uh, so Tsukasa kind of half unconsciously did it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, however, you really are a splendid murderer. I thought I would ignore you as long as it was just things like a razor in my desk or a push down the stairs. But that's all over now, Shijo-san. You came here with the intention as well, correct? She got pushed down the stairs by this girl. Uh Uh-huh. Damn, that's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, Not for Akiha, apparently, but... (laughs) After pushing Akiha off the roof, uh, Tsukasa was finally backed into a corner enough that she got a knife and is here to kill Akiha. Uh Uh-huh. There's nothing else she can do. It's not even really about the the curse that she'll die anymore. It's like Akiha knows that she got pushed off the roof by this girl, and she needs to shut her up. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Akiha tells her to get on with it, basically. Uh-huh. And then Akiha's like, So then, shall I? I'll say this just once, but I have no intention of going easy on you. You tried to kill me, so even if you beg for mercy, I will kill you. So I informed her with a first-class smile floating on my face. <laughs> Akiha's great. She's great, isn't she? This is this is top-tier Akiha shit. Uh-huh. Tsukasa runs at her. What does Akiha do? Ah, uh, just kind of shifts to the side and kicks her in the back of the head as she passes, Ben. Apparently Soka taught her that move. <laughs> great. I don't know how Soka could possibly reach the top of anyone's head to kick it. Uh-huh. She is tiny, but... Uh, she took, uh, Akiha took Shijo out in one hit. <laughs> one hit and was like, oh shit, did I kill her? No, she's okay. Uh-huh. A little, little too close for comfort though. Uh-huh. Yeah, and some hair floats away. Because she did move to the side, but uh, some of her hair got cut. Wish granted or not, it had taken this woman's life. Her hair is wrecked. Uh-huh. Her hair is a woman's life. Oh. Uh-huh. That's Pay a good bit. That uh-huh. Six out of seven. January 13th. Akiha woke up, got her hair cut at a beautician before anyone else could see her, and then returned. All her roommates looked shocked. 
Akiha chan, you look really obstinate. <laughs> That's such a funny thing to say to someone. You, hey, hey, bro, your lips are looking really obstinate. <laughs> um, Hanapin goes off to work for the teachers again. Akiha tells the story to Soka. Soka says that if Tsukasa had wished for anyone else to disappear, none of this would have happened. Mm-hmm. Because she was so afraid of Akiha finding out and doing something to her that it's, like, what triggered this whole, like, thing to start. Otherwise, she would have, like, written it off. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Ahsoka implies that Akiha did something fucked up ten years ago. What the fuck did Akiha do ten years ago? When she was five? Yeah. I have no idea. Because this doesn't line up to Shiki died. It's before Shiki died. Yeah. She's still, like, a timid little kid. Yeah. I don't understand. No idea. I missed this entirely. Now, who delivered those letters to those two girls? Ben, who has been the consummate helper of everyone. Turns out Hanapin was given the job of uh, sorting those, like, returning letters and sorting them. They were taking out that mailbox, and so they wanted to, like, give back the letters. You Uh know what I mean? Well, or, like, get them to, like, address letters they were going to forward on to, like, uh-huh. you know, get them delivered. But for any that weren't addressed properly or whatever, they wanted to give them back. Or and... throw them out if you can't figure it out. Yeah. Hanapin opened the letters. Uh-huh. Saw um, Tsukasa's handwriting and returned hers. Uh-huh. And saw the blank one and was like, oh, I saw a Kiha with a purple envelope a while back. This is probably hers. Uh-huh. Put it on her desk. Akiha throws a slipper at her head, <laughs> yelling that the whole thing was her fault. Uh, I, for a minute, was like, oh, this is what she forgot to tell. Akiha was that she put the letter down. Uh-huh. It's not. What did nope. she forget, Fad? Uh, Are you ready for a turn where the story loses, a, like, a lot of points? <sighs> My line here is one f***ing second. Shiki is alive, and Ciel saved his life somehow. Hanapin has another letter for Akiha. It's a letter that was given to her by a a nun, Ciel. And it's a letter from Shiki saying, or I think it's a letter from Ciel saying that Shiki's fine. That yeah. he's covered completely and he's back at the mansion waiting. Uh-huh. And Akiha, what a shitty thing to happen. Uh-huh. Akiha's like, okay, gotta go home. Wait one sec. No. Fuck Shiki. <laughs> I'm gonna make him wait. It's okay. Well, let's see. Akiha leaves the mansion so that she can uh, pro- like move away from her grief so that she can process it. Mm-hmm. She undergoes like a series of events at the school that helps her like she cuts her hair. Her hair gets cut and she's like, oh, I have to move on with my life. And then Shiki is alive and she's like, I'm going to wait until my hair is exactly the same length it was. Uh-huh. When Shiki last saw me and then go back to normal. Yep. There's a way you can read this where she's like, where it's like, oh, Shiki's still alive, but she's not going to be hung up on him anymore. She's moving on with her life. She's not going to be like that. That time is over. But that's not this really what it feels, feels like. It feels like. This feels way more like he hurt me, so I'm going to get back at him. Uh huh. And then things will just go back to normal. Yeah. And that's terrible. It's the least healthy thing possible for Akiha. Uh huh. <sighs> great story bad ending. aside from the ending terrible the worst possible ending for this like i don't she's so, alive in every other one of those fucking endings he can be dead for one 
So this feels like post CL route. No, not necessarily. CL shows up at the mansion in the Akiha route. Yeah, but like Shiki disappears. She takes him away. Oh, is that? That's why they never find the body. CL takes the body to gear up to be cured. I don't know how she got the body there, but. I hate this. I hate this version of. Uh huh. Yeah, this sucks. I think this was this was what Nasu was planning with that ending. That's why she was like, "Oh, I no. feel that." That's because it reads so much better as like a "Oh no, like yeah, some part of he's it. gone, but like yeah, I carry his memory with me." It was the Not... only good ending of <sighs> the best parts of the Akiha That ending where she just has to be a person and move on without being so fucking hung up on this stupid fucking asshole guy who is her brother. This sucks. Yeah. This story is like maybe still my favorite of the set that we've read so far. I think it it's my second or third favorite of the just because Akiha is a real joy to to be for this yeah seeing her and seeing her and akira is like incredible the she has such a strong established personality that she, uh nasa doesn't feel the need to like make do the blank slate thing for so long you know mm-hmm. he never does that for her because mm-hmm. she already has a person who she is where mm-hmm. shiki takes so long for him to warm up um her and akira are great her and akira are incredible I the really like soka and her I'm I'm both happy and a little sad that it did turn out to be another one of the like oh no actually there's a thing behind there's a perfectly logical normal reason why all of this happened. Well, the the uh, fun twist to it is she hit her head on the ground from forty feet and was fine. <laughs> she was the monster. She was the cursed thing. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sukasa would have been fine like the akiha was like oh if i had died in that moment everyone would have thought that it was an accident Mm -hmm. everyone or everyone would have thought that i killed myself because i was like being depressed and mopey and had a bunch of mysterious accidents it just would have looked like i jumped Uh so she would have gotten away with it so the real curse is her on tsukasa being an unkillable monster (laughs) great Crimson Moon. We already talked about how to unlock. No, that's the next one. That's Red Demon God. I thought I would mixed up those two in my mind. Uh huh. They're both red. So, Shiki. Crimson Moon. <laughs> Crimson Moon. How do you unlock Crimson Moon? Tell me about it. Shiki wants to hang out with Arkweed. Oh, I love to hang it's out. It's a with holiday. Arkweed. He doesn't have school. Uh huh. He might as well spend it with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. One of one fifth of his girlfriend. <laughs> Wait, well, that sounds like he's chopped her back up into five pieces, Finn. No, I mean, yeah, but no. Anyway, Shiki goes to see Arcoid, and he's like, "It's such a beautiful day." Um. Oh right. Uh, she's gonna hate that. Because she's a vampire, likes the moon, does not like the sun. Uh-huh. Um, it's very funny. He's like, yeah, yeah, nice weather for her is probably overcast or a, a nice moon out. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if we talked about it during the main Kiketsu Toya, but Chiki has a key to her apartment. 
Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. He's just like, I just let myself in because this is my second home. Yeah. Oh. They're married. Yeah. Uh, Arcweed has, is it's hot Arcweed Sprite, hot okay. Arcweed Summer. Bare legs. Bare legs, unbuttoned uh, t-shirt. Um, Messy hair. Shiki's horny. This is fine. I... Arcoid's very hot. I didn't need Shiki to tell me that. Uh-huh. Or to, like, have to collect himself. Yeah, he has a real moment. Uh, and Arcoid's like, hey, I just had a nightmare, which is weird, because I don't dream. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, Arcoid's like Shiki. She only has memories. Mm-hmm. We talked about this at some point else. Yeah. Because I think we talked about it when we were talking about Ciel's nightmare. or something. Okay. Or maybe something with Len. Yeah, uh, but talking about dreams. Anyway, um, it's tough because I think we did talk about this fan. Yeah, in the lost recording, I remember hearing it while I was editing. I brought it up at some point. These episodes are going to just be a disaster. Anyway, yeah, much like Kagetsu Toya, our recording schedule and stuff is is a messy. Uh huh. Anyway, Arcweed's like, hey, I just had a nightmare, which is weird because I don't dream. But anyway, I'm going to go back to sleep because it's the daytime. But what did happen in that nightmare? Does she say? Yeah, she said she murdered him in the nightmare. Oh, oh, right. No, yeah. It was when we were talking about everyone having nightmares. Right, right, right. Which must have been around CL. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, she murdered him. That's weird. Uh-huh. It's probably fine. Probably fine. Uh, she, she sleeps during the day and she's like... Come cuddle me. Mm-hmm. I think Shiki, she says, come to bed with me or yeah. something. Shiki reads it as, oh, Arcoid wants to have sex. Again, I've had sex before. Uh-huh. <laughs> Definitely have had sex before. And... Real sex haver, Shiki. Tono. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's getting all worked up about it. He's like, should I? Should I not? Oh. Uh-huh. And then... There's an option. Yeah. You can leave, Um, which is, I think, how you get the... Here is like if you leave, then Shiki goes back to the mansion, and then if you go to the safe, and that's how you get the the Shiki kissing Arcweed picture. Uh-huh. Uh but we're not gonna do that. We're gonna stay. And Shiki like walks over the bed, is like, oh, oh, she's asleep. Yeah, she hits the bed, and she's immediately asleep. Arcweed, very cute, very cute. Uh, and he just kind of like curls up in her arms mm-hmm. and drifts off mm-hmm. into a dream. But, hey, Ben. What kind of dream is he having? He's running. Oh, that's a good way to start a dream. Uh-huh. Uh, he has a knife in his hand. As he is wont to do. This is very reminiscent of uh, day three nearside um, of Shiki running and being Running pursued. away from Arcoid. Yeah. Uh-huh. After he sees her at the, at the intersection. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he, like, references it a couple times. And he's like... What did I do with this knife? Did I maybe stalk a girl and cut her up? Uh-huh. I can't remember. Yeah, he can't remember why he's running. Uh-huh. Or what he did. Um, he doesn't remember killing anyone with that knife either. Just bunch fun. of sick new backgrounds that are like a castle Spooky slash castles. cathedral. Where did these pictures um, get taken from? I would... I would love to know about where all these pictures came from. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about it in the Discord a while ago. 
but that would be such a fun um i want to know which town the tsukihime town and um mm-hmm. fuyuki city are based on mm-hmm. or which collection of towns because mm-hmm. yeah it's just like so much fun the them being the backgrounds being photos uh-huh. is such a fun like oh then you actually had to find a place and like Mm -hmm. these are real places that exist and some of them are uh i can't remember where we see it in this one but the the like one of the first backgrounds in the game when shiki goes out to see the dogs Mm -hmm. and it's just like lampposts and it's like oh that is a that is anywhere that is Mm -hmm. a background that could be anywhere and like honestly a lot of them are Mm -hmm. but there are there are touches that are like oh yeah the way that um like there's a steep hill here or uh like mm-hmm. this little intersection with a with a um like stone stone wall anyway mm-hmm. yeah this is this is very much a specific place uh-huh and it hates shiki <laughs> yeah he's getting bad vibes from the location that he's in huh uh-huh um we got let's see uh yeah um she stops by a window over a great hall and starts looking down and sees a sick cg with a bunch of chains yeah the top of a chair yeah we don't really get the whole thing uh-huh uh it's very different because it's all drawn you know what i mean we don't get the whole thing because yeah yeah it's it's it is a cg in i think most of the cgs mm-hmm. in skihime are like drawn backgrounds uh-huh, uh-huh. i mean a lot of them some of them have like cut out windows like that one he sweet yeah oh. uh-huh we don't get the full picture because shiki is interrupted oh yeah who's in who interrupt him uh a voice saying like looking down there isn't something that humans should do right something like that yeah uh and it's we recognize that that's arcoid is it it's Moon Princess Arcoid. Huh. It's the like flashback in the field, um, her hair almost reaching to the ground, mm-hmm. wearing like flowy a, a flowy dress. Yeah, weird dress. It like bears her shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh her there's something different about her way the way her face is drawn, and it's a little bit like when Takeuchi has to draw new sprites for characters, sometimes their like faces drift a little bit, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But also it looks a little like immature or it doesn't have the characteristic like arcweedness to it mm-hmm. like uh playfulness it's lacking playfulness yeah very serious mm-hmm. solemn yeah he Shiki's calls her... like wait does Shiki say who are you no he wait okay um right okay so she says she's brinstead right no he does call her name Okay. It's like Arcweed, and she's like, oh, I'm impressed you know my name. I'm Brunstead. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Who she says she? that she's Arc- the Arcoid that he knows, Nightmare. Yeah. That, yeah, that she is the Arcoid who never became human, kind of. Sort of. She gives herself another name, Crimson Moon. <laughs> I did not remember her calling herself that. Yeah. But that's fascinating. Uh-huh. Which um, is, yeah, yeah. A weird, um, weird detail. 
she says something about how uh, with response to whatever's going on in the throne room that something hasn't bit freed itself yet so it's still here yeah uh-huh. which is a little vague i think uh clearly or i took it as referring to the um the thing that is chained up yeah. we didn't get to see it yeah. but there's a lot of chains in there mm-hmm. now she has this little conversation with Shiki, and Shiki's very confused, mm-hmm. and she just starts to walk away. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, now what do I do? Uh, she says that this is that thing's world, the the thing that is chained up. Mm-hmm. Um, your nightmare doesn't exist here. So since this isn't your nightmare, there's only one thing to do. To wake up. To wake up. And Shiki's like, uh, what? how she does a deep sigh and then her eyes turn gold and she says die sick (laughs) you want to know this quote tonoshiki's body disintegrates like a shredded egg into exactly 18 pieces it seems like she's trying to one-up me yeah she like makes a wet like net of light and tears him apart (laughs) Uh uh-huh sick It's such a good detail. One more piece. Uh-huh. 18 perfect pieces. Hey, Ben. I like Arcoid. Uh-huh. This Arcoid's really interesting. Uh-huh. We we know from, like, side stuff that, um, I think I read this on the wiki, that Arcoid's character was originally supposed to be, like, a haughty princess who would warm up, warm up over time. hmm And so this feels like that version of her, right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is how you unlock the Crimson Moon side story. So mm-hmm. in doing that little side like quest in the Twilight Grass Moon. Yeah. So. And yeah. So Shiggy does wake up and he's fine. Mm-hmm. Checks he's, to see that all his limbs are still there. Uh-huh. Uh, not, not 18 pieces of him. Just one. Just one. Big piece. One big piece of <laughs> nothing. Man. <laughs> Um, who's that big man <laughs> scrawny little sh- shiki uh, Arcoid's still sleeping peacefully it's a cute CG of her sleeping. yeah it's really adorable if only there's uh, like Shiki's arm and like a little bit of his torso is in the CG and it would be even cuter if he wasn't around <laughs> but alas alas and he thinks that he's like, okay, if I close my eyes again, can I meet that Arcoid once more? If I do get that lucky, I want to, even though my neck might be on the line for doing it. Try to make that strong princess smile. Cute. Cute. Likes Arcoid, even if she is um, tearing his throat out. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. I also like Arcoid. Part of the reason that we like Arcoid, Ben, uh-huh. is that she might tear your throat out. It's so great. It's such a good dynamic. <sighs> I love Arcweed. CL ending. Arcweed. Bad. Oh, good. Yes. You remember when she just I'm... tore her heart out and kind of played with it and uh-huh. threw it aside and told uh-huh. him he was, she was busy and would get to him in a minute? <laughs> oh, Arcweed's sick. So. Crimson Moon. No, we don't actually. We don't actually get a. A lot of these have late title screens. Like, yeah, yeah. Of like, there's an introduction and then the title screen, mm-hmm. and then I don't think we called it out for either of the first two. Mm-hmm. But it, both of them have it, right? 
story for the evening might start off right away. Might start off right away. Seal Sensei's, or good luck, Seal Sensei, definitely has a like, here's, yeah, opens with you being Seal and then has a title screen and then uh, Mm -hmm. it's Shiki. We're in the land closest to the heavens. Hmm. Not literally, apparently. Uh There are places that are higher altitude than wherever this is, but this is the birthplace of quote-unquote them, and therefore we are closest to the heavens. This one, Ben, this one really suffers from being translated, I think. I yeah. think the, the, the concepts being talked about here are very dense. Uh-huh. And, and there's a lot of, like, not saying the name of stuff. Yeah. And so it's very unclear. Like, does them mean a group of people? Let's just or... say that it's true ancestors. Is it? Yes. Okay. This is where true ancestors were born. Okay. So that's why it's closest to the moon, because true ancestors come from the moon originally. I understand what that means now, and so will you, dear listener, by the yes. time we get to the end of this yes. story. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well... Uh, yeah, as I was going to say, it's unclear whether them refers to a specific person yeah. whose gender we do not know or a group of people. Yeah. And I can't tell if it's being deliberately vague or if uh-huh. it's fine. Like, yeah. but the yeah, the whole this whole story suffers from that because it, fe- it feels like there's a lot of lore crammed into this story. Uh and you know Nasu has lore disease. It just gets I really also dense have all lore of a sudden. Disease. <laughs> it gets really dense all of a sudden, and like the lack of like, you would need to like pull up the original script of this alongside this to like make sense of it in places. Mm-hmm. Even if you can get the gist of it, fine. Mm-hmm. So there's some talk about the moon, mm-hmm. about how it's a sacred symbol, but also how ancient people feared that the moon might fall from the sky on their heads. Which was justified, apparently, uh, because some sort of primal being uh, originated from the moon and uh, were brought forth to cause the end of all humans. Yeah, the crimson moon Uh came down to destroy everything uh, and failed. Yep. Uh, Just all of this writing rules. I think I have like, yeah, I have three pages of screen pages in a row of screenshots that i'm not going to read all of um but it's just like this is where all the good writing was ben Uh uh-huh is in the side stories so fen didn't we just meet someone named crimson moon wait okay i i do want to read this piece because it's great the people of old wondered if the moon was about to fall down on them that is the end of the world The fear was not just an absurdity, because the primal being that appeared in this land was definitely summoned to bring forth the end. Mm -hmm. Sick. You get that late title Uh, card, Crimson Moon. uh Uh-huh. And then we've got a different narrator. It has a different vibe from the opening. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Get a late title card. And then we get some fun playing with visual novel format. Mm Mm-hmm. This, I love this. Uh-huh. You love when words bounce around. I love when words bounce around. I love, uh, I know that blue text and red text are a thing in Umineko. Hmm. And I'm very excited to get there eventually. One day we'll um, play Umineko. But this has 
blue tax and red tax and and it is to distinguish between this is uh yeah so that was all like kind of third party narration no idea who was saying all of that probably just nasu to you the reader um but now we get uh this is roa's and cheeky's dream yeah roa he doesn't exist anymore how are we getting any dream from him it's not really important no all of these stories are kind of exist outside of the timeline Uh uh-huh in many ways like some of them are explicitly like oh it is post this yeah as we said uh akiha's story is oh this is post akiha true ending Uh true yeah Uh uh-huh it's certainly not post her normal end yeah (laughs) um ro is thinking about true ancestors about their origin Mm -hmm. he says that the planet made them to resemble humans but what created them in the first place why are they connected to the moon and if they are supposed to be like perfect elemental beings why do they have flaws and like the desire to drink blood Mm -hmm. what are they well i think we were just i guess yeah we were just told that the crimson moon was made to bring the end we don't know that it is their purpose to return the planet as it was in the past but can a planet which doesn't even have a mirror to reflect itself set its own standards after all wouldn't the only being that could understand the death of a celestial body be another body like it oh oh so the earth is a living being <laughs> uh-huh that's an important concept to get we've kind of gotten that from uh talk about arcweed being like powered by the planet basically Mm -hmm. but in this story we get for the first time that the planet itself has a will of its own is this the first time tsukihime i think so yeah we've gotten some like vague references to what will later be known as the counterforce when it comes to ciel right because there is uh, something keeping her alive because roa is still alive you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but um the planet uh, does have a will of its own. Mm-hmm. 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 Important. Mm-hmm. Throughout this, we get like really pretty moon backgrounds. Oh yeah, and it's sometimes the moon is blue, sometimes it's dyed red. Yeah, sick. So part one. Wait. Okay. Yeah. This and then the end of this is like it is Shiki's dream and Roa's memory. Uh huh. And the two are intermingling, mm-hmm. and it's a fun like. I think I think Shiki's blue and Roa's red. Yes. And there's like a bit where uh I think it's like I or this is my memory and the my is in red. Uh-huh. And then this is my dream and the mm-hmm. my is in blue. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. That's just yeah, a it's fun. fun. Part 1. Roa is in a windowless room in a castle. This has been a while since we've seen this background. Yeah, this is a background from Ciel Route. Route. Yeah. When Shiki was reading that book and getting Roa's memory. So there uh-huh. was like a background with like a masquerade mask on the wall. Yep. We're like, oh, this is cool and weird. Yeah. It's, it's in this castle. Uh-huh. Huh. Which is such a fun... This, this story rules 
for a bunch of reasons. Uh-huh. One, it's like, oh, it makes clear why, like how true ancestors came from the moon. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. A question that we had for literally the entirety of Tsukihime mm-hmm. after we finished the first route. What Our favorite um, one-off line in Tsukihime did you know true ancestors come from the moon, Fen? Which is like... That wizard came from the moon, Fen. I don't... Yeah. I don't want to say that I always need everything to be explained. Uh-huh. But... That's just uh, such a bonkers line. To yeah. stand on its own. Which is like... Yeah. I think it... it Nothing in this story makes that line less make less sense on its own. Or like you could you could hear that and you're like oh that's cool uh-huh. uh that the the moon is a mirror of the earth or is like holding up a mirror to the earth mm-hmm. uh and and therefore was able to create true ancestors uh-huh. is like a fun oh that's what you mean they come from the moon this is like a a reoccurring thing with fate because they do that thing where with like that expansive franchises do where they do feel the need to answer every question, but the way that they do it in fate often creates more way more questions than they could possibly answer with whatever the fuck they just said. Uh-huh. Uh huh. and that's the that's the fun way to do it. If you're going to keep expanding the lore, you have to keep creating holes. Yeah. To uh-huh. be filled later by more holes. Hmm. Okay, when, so... Did we ever learn that Roa was a member of the church? I think we did. We, I think we knew that. Did we know he founded the burial agency? I don't remember that. I don't know exactly what the burial agency is, except for that CL is part of it. Uh, and it's just a really fucking sick name. I think it's the part of the church that deals with Vampires. non-humans. Yeah, uh-huh. Sick yeah. fucking name, though. Ben? Yeah? This castle belongs to the true ancestors and their servants, the dead apostles. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> real I quick. The apostles were bad always. Yeah, that's fascinating. So, we get that. We also get Roa was invited to this castle mm-hmm. to assist the true ancestors in killing 10 fallen true ancestors. Yeah. Which is what I believe. Arcoid was made for. Uh-huh. Is what we've heard before. Yeah. They can't handle it alone, so they got assistance from the church, who is technically which is technically neutral to true ancestors, because they're not monsters unless they uh start killing people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's going to meet a princess. Yeah, the the church doesn't believe that this new perfect true ancestor princess exists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a weird line in here about true ancestors are usually men. Yeah, that's interesting. A weird one-off thing. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, Roa is here to help them with the fallen ancestors, but he's not actually. He's here to do his plan, which is get bitten by that princess and turn into the strongest yeah. possible. Yeah, the, church, the church he's and the true ancestors are. think that he's here to help. Mm-hmm. Roa knows that he's here to become a to, dead apostle <laughs> to cause the fall of their princess. I don't know that he specifically cares about that part. Yeah, but that's that's part of what he is doing. Yes, it is. Awesome. A, it is a side effect of his plan. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the church, uh, Crimson Moon, very powerful. Uh huh. The church doesn't want to admit that there's another threat like Crimson Moon. <laughs> Yeah, which is interesting. Uh, Apparently, after the defeat of Crimson Moon, 
which we we heard in the opening was defeated, this castle, the Millennium Castle, mm-hmm. uh, fell apart, and the true ancestors were scattered. Mm-hmm. And now it's back, six hundred years later, restored and acting as like a a, hot, a protective zone for true ancestors to gather. Millennium Castle also sick now. Uh huh. Uh huh. The castle reflect, reflects the new Bernstead state of mind. Is the castle a marble phantasm? No idea. That would make sense. Yeah. It's like a projection of uh, the will of Crimson Moon on the world. Uh-huh. Uh, but in this memory, things are a little blurry. Uh, yeah. At the, it, it se- this is where it gets like a little fuzzy. It seems that at the time when Roa was actually there, the castle was in great shape. Yes. In this memory, uh, he's like, whoa, it doesn't look like it did. It looks fucked up and rusted. and like a, The castle looks like it went to Silent Hill, uh-huh. basically. Yeah. Yeah, I think we get... This is... It feels like Roa... The beginning of this scene mm-hmm. is Roa the first time. Mm-hmm. And then we get a jump to, oh, no, actually, right. this is after Roa after got bitten... Uh, and all the other true ancestors are dead. Yeah, what killed all the true ancestors? Arcoid, I'm pretty sure. We, this has been disputed in Tsukime, I think. Yeah. Whether Roa or Arcoid did it. They're all dead, either it's way. It's the important thing. <laughs> Roa survived the massacre, which makes it sound like Arcoid did it. <laughs> uh-huh. Um... Yeah, so the castle is rotting because of the true an- the slaughter of the true ancestors and what happened to Arcoid. Mm-hmm. Roa's trying to get to the heart of the castle where the throne is. Uh, it's locked and there's like a bone-deep chill emanating from inside the throne room, which is sick. Mm-hmm. Wonder who that could be. Wonder ben. what's in the throne room. <laughs> he goes up to that balcony to look down at the throne and we get a really cool slow pan down that CG from the dream, uh-huh. the chains, and, and it continues a little farther, and we see uh, that sure looks like Arcoid with a lot of chains yeah, holding her there, bound in this like seated, but her arms are up like a crucifixion pose. You know what I mean, kind of thing going uh-huh. on, and her just heads down. You can't see her face. It was She's more in that dress. It was more of a prison than a throne. That was how it looked. The chair is heavy. The sin is deep. The sin is deep. The tangled chains become a thorned crown, praising the lonely princess. To that extent, the being that had corrupted me so was decaying alive. I pitied her. There's also some sick music playing. It's like, to continue my Silent Hill comparison, which came out this year, by the way, (laughs) Silent Hill 2, it's like this, like, thumping, like, electron, like, kind of electronic, like, scraping thing. You Uh know what I mean? Like, really slow, patient. Mm Mm-hmm. Sick. Roa's like, cool. I don't really care about her. <laughs> I'm not here for her. So being tra- strapped to the throne is going to kill her, it seems. Yeah. Um, Shiki interrupts at this point. It's like, no, I have to save Arcoid. Roa's like, shut the fuck up. Uh-huh. He doesn't have a way to rescue her, even if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is really interesting. So what if this is metaphor and what if this is literal is interesting because... If Roa, if she chained herself to the throne after the events of what happened with Roa, how did she get out? Yeah. Because Roa didn't do it. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah, we don't, yeah, we won't get a, quite an answer to that. 
Anyway, no. Well, which is the the interesting thing of like, yeah, this is Roa's memories, but even when and there is kind of a uh right no I think this is this is a mix of the two but um even yeah this is Roa's memories but it's also Shiki's dream uh-huh. so like not everything is yeah not everything is literal yeah okay. part two two I love that uh each day starts with basically the same text except that there's one there's an additional line here right here roa says something like you know okay the castle where the true ancestors and their servants the dead apostles are um Mm -hmm. it's like it's really quiet as is um their want and i am pleased by this or something Mm -hmm. i didn't actually write down but like he adds a little bit that is like oh no this the the stillness of this castle is good Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Roa starts wandering around talking about how there's no one here and the fountain has gone dry and all this stuff. And then who's here? Uh, Princess Arcoid. The like the cool Eve or less less human one. <laughs> the one who called herself Crimson Moon. Uh-huh. Yeah. The the real Arcoid is still chained to that throne, he knows. Uh-huh. He calls this a being hiding inside of her consciousness, waiting for a time to fuse with her. Mm -hmm. Huh. That's interesting. Arcweed has her own Roa? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Roa calls this Arcweed Brunstead. Mm -hmm. And says something about how the real Arcweed chaining herself up means she won't be able to properly succeed as the next Crimson Moon. Mm-hmm. Huh. Hmm. So Arcoid is an existential threat, huh? Yeah. Crimson Moon tries to talk him into freeing uh Arcoid, and he's like, no, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Brinstead says an interesting thing about him and herself, saying basically, okay, you're a dead apostle. But and Roa says this, I think, to Chaos mm-hmm. in CL's route. Mm-hmm. You're still going to decay. Like, humans, basically everything except for true ancestors, uh, decays. So you should find yourself a successor. Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing. Yeah. But this, yeah, so it seems almost like Roa's... Whether by chance or by design, Roa's method of reincarnation seems to mimic Crimson Moons. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's really interesting. Uh-huh. It's like a flawed version of... Well, flawed is interesting because Roa's is a lot more flexible. Crimson Moon talks about how they, she can't manifest unless there's like a body of a certain scale of power. Yes. You know? Uh-huh. Whereas Roa can jump into anybody, and as long uh-huh. as humans exist, Roa will exist. Yeah, you know, ideally. Uh huh. <laughs> really Except that, and then Shiki shows up. Uh huh. So, um, yeah, Roa says that uh, I do not wish to maintain a world corrosive will, as in your case, Brunstead. Mm-hmm. Sick. Sick. Okay. Now Roa starts to recount what he thinks is happening. Mm-hmm. To Brunstead, who just is, like, kind of nodding along. Yeah. So Crimson Moon is the first true ancestor. 
Yes. The only one? The perfect one. That the moon created? Not true. Okay. The it's very created. unclear. Yeah, okay. So from what I can feel, see. The the moon created Crimson Moon or is Crimson Moon? Yes. Is incarnate uh, the Crimson Moon might be the moon incarnated or something uh-huh. like that into a physical body that's connected to the Oh, okay, yes. Crimson Moon is the only one that the moon created. The rest happened it's, naturally. I'm I think that it is the earth creating true ancestors based on the moon's template. Yes, but the but the moon's trying to make a body later. Remember that. I think it is those true ancestors were trying to made Arkweed. Yes. He uh Crimson Moon made a bunch of flaw- failed ones though. Okay. And was dis- like shocked that the true ancestors succeeded where it right. didn't. Yeah. yeah. But that's still not the moon. That's Crimson Moon as distinct from I guess how closely connected are they? are they? I don't really know. Yeah. I think... Is the will of Crimson Moon different than the moon as a celestial body? I guess it is because it has more of a specific will. Yes. Anyway. Fascinating. So... Okay. Right. And so the ones that the Earth made, or that that is what I'm going to go with. I think uh, that's how it reads. Yeah. The ones that the Earth made were all flawed yeah. in some way. Uh... And so Crimson Moon taught them, those true ancestors, how to make more true ancestors. Uh-huh. Taught them all about sex. Uh, <laughs> trying trying to make another perfect true ancestor. So Crimson Moon was defeated in battle and is dying. Mm-hmm. Like it's like its personality, its will is is fading away. So it's, it's physical. Body. Yeah, its physical body was destroyed. Mm-hmm. It is strong enough that its will can hang around for a good long while. <laughs> Eventually, it would disappear without a proper body to yeah. incarnate into, it seems. But I think it specifically says, like, humans can't do this. Yes. <laughs> they're, 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 like, souls are too weak. Uh-huh. Yeah, which is why it's like, hey, hey, man, you better get a new body. I've, uh-huh. I've got one cooking right now. <laughs> we get some other interesting stuff. True ancestors are, by their very nature, an enemy of humanity. But Mm -hmm. since they are considered part of the world, part of the earth, Mm -hmm. they can't be recognized as a threat by, quote unquote, the beast of Aliyah. Which is Aliyah, for anyone who's curious, is, um, I think it's Sanskrit is where, like, Mm -hmm. is the language that it originates in. But in Buddhism, which my guess is that is the like meaning that nasu is drawing on mm-hmm. i know that he has a fascination and interest with certainly later also is like how did culture migrate from mesopotamia to india to china to japan mm-hmm. like how do those stories change mm-hmm. um but here i yeah we can we can use the buddhist definition of alaya and i think that will give us kind of what we need it is the the like kind of soul the 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 collective soul of everyone everything alive mm-hmm. and you know reincarnation is you you kind of go back and then you get born and you go back and you get born but it is um yeah it's the it's the soul of, of not the world not even humanity mm-hmm. but i mean like here i think it is more humanity yeah. but it's the, it is the soul of all living things uh-huh. 
Yeah, they separate. We won't go into too much detail on this, but this this does come up, and we want this to make any sort of sense. Mm-hmm. Gaia is another thing that is mentioned. Yeah, in like a few lines, uh-huh. or it's talked days, about as but... being uh the 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 Earth itself, as opposed to humanity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or they're intertwined, but apparently don't get along. Yeah. Is the vibe we get. Uh-huh. This will come up a lot. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, it is the... Aliyah is the collective soul, and there's a, a like, entwined principle that is the collective consciousness. Hmm. It's interesting. And in, in Buddhism, at least, is specifically the soul portion. Mm-hmm. Of that. So it's disentangled a little bit because Aliyah is implied to be like the collective will and consciousness of humans. And Gaia is like the existence of plant life and animals and the soul of the earth itself. Yeah. Together, these two things to make up something that will be called the counterforce. Not my uh-huh. favorite Nasu verb or, or Nasu proper noun. Counterforce. Yeah, it takes a while for counterforce to come up. It it won't be mentioned for a long time, but like the word isn't anything big and spoilery. Mm -hmm. Just remember these two; they'll they'll become important. Mm -hmm. So, typically, true ancestors are have a loophole preventing them from being targeted by Elia, despite being an enemy of humans. They're part of the world, so the the Elia doesn't want to attack itself, basically. Mm -hmm. Or attack things that Gaia made. Yeah. But Crimson Moon is such a powerful threat Uh (laughs) that uh, both Gaia and Elia don't recognize it as part of itself, even though it's technically of the Earth. Yeah. Uh, So they're able to target it and fight it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Crimson Moon lost that fight and is fleeing into um, a new body, et cetera, et cetera. Mm Mm-hmm. Crimson Moon was defeated by the Old Man of Jewels, which is interesting. We'll meet we'll meet this old man someday, I'm sure. He will be, yeah. Stay tuned for our coverage of Fate Stay Night. So Crimson Moon completely underestimated magic, like mm-hmm. humans' capacity to use magic, apparently, mm-hmm. and got killed before it had a successor to jump into, which is why it's in such a state right now. Yep. Oh, oh, Crimson Moon left behind a seed, which is a reality marble that spawns true ancestors and keeps its consciousness alive. Right, yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing this is the castle? Yeah. How do you think it works? Are true ancestors just born, or do they just kind of show up at the castle? I think they show up. Because uh-huh. this is the place closest to the heavens. Yeah. So this must be mm-hmm. its reality marble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reality marble great term what does it mean it's a marble reality like it is explained in stay night yeah. we can wait until we well, get there i think we've talked about it a little bit when we talked about marble phantasms for yeah. uh arcoid but we'll get better explanations later so 27 true ancestors were born and not none of them could be crimson moon's new body so mm-hmm. it started experimenting and trying to make its own uh, Alt Rouge Brunstead was the closest to being successful, mm-hmm. but uh, she couldn't handle Crimson Moon's consciousness. She does have something called Gaia's Beast. Yeah. 
Uh, so the fact that Alt Rouge has uh, Gaia's beast means that she might be more dangerous than Crimson Moon, it says. Yeah, but she herself is not uh-huh. powerful enough to, to handle. host. Yeah. As Crimson Moon was experimenting, it, it, they were shocked to find out that the true ancestors had on their had made their own uh-huh. <laughs> perfect uh, true ancestor, mm-hmm. Arkweed Brunstead. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But all of that stuff went down, and now Arkweed has tied herself to that throne uh, and seems unwilling to become Crimson Moon. Yeah, that's it's interesting that like Roa, yeah, I think the implication is Roa like kind of disrupted everyone's plans. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> Probably in some ways good because it seems that Crimson Moon wants to kill all humans on Earth. So, yeah, I don't know if good is the word I would use. Well, but... it ended up working out, I guess. Uh huh. So, w- there's a little bit of a of trickiness around what Crimson Moon is exactly. Mm-hmm. But all true ancestors ha- are technically an incarnation of Crimson Moon at their at their core. Yeah. They are their own person. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Roa bodies. Each person who is declared to be Roa is their own person, but at their core is Roa. Yeah. Right? Each of them can technically inherit Crimson Moon's power, but... If their body can't handle it, their body can't handle it. Mm-hmm. They can't be. Like, they theoretically could be Crimson Moon, but they just, but in practice, they can't. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So, because Arkweed is refusing to become Crimson Moon, this shade is just kind of hanging around, mm-hmm. unable to manifest. And now Arkweed is the last true ancestor known. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's kind of running out of options. Yep. Mm-hmm. As long as Arkweed Brunstead is called Arkweed Brunstead, you cannot be the Crimson Moon, he says. This is all very confusing, Ben. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think what Rev is saying is, like, you can't take physical form. Yeah. You're taking Arkweed's, like, uh, appearance. Yeah. But... Until, yeah, until it gets control of her body and manifests fully it's just the potential to become crimson moon yeah it's not the actual being yeah it can't be classified as like the existential threat crimson moon mm-hmm. sick and Ro is like it's fine this row is like is it still gonna work out for you because all that the chains are gonna do all that throne's gonna do is kill arkweed's like spirit and will to live uh-huh. and she's gonna hollow out and become a perfect vessel for you without fighting uh-huh. so you just gotta wait and then you're gonna be strong enough to break those chains and walk out uh-huh and that's bad <laughs> that seems like not gonna work out for roa either i think it would be fine roa got his right but he stole some of her power uh-huh. Well, the thing is that Roa will, if humanity is extinguished from the face of the earth, Roa is oh, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She's like, hey, so can you undo those chains? Yeah, she's like, but still, will you just open the chains up? He's like, I, I don't have a way to do that. <laughs> and she wanders off. Uh huh. She's not pa- very patient. Roa goes back to his room. Gender. For what for Crimson Moon is uh, we haven't gotten an explicit pronoun for Crimson Moon itself. I think I think it's usually referred to as a he, but uh, they is what the opening uses, right? Yeah, I 
think it's it's Brunstead is masculine in a lot of fate stuff, but I'm not positive. Huh. We'll find out. Yeah. They is fine for now. If they don't like it, they can kill us <laughs> <laughs> along with the rest of humanity. Three. Part three, yeah. We get the same the same like repeated opening. Uh the castle's still uh, and then Shiki pipes in with, I don't like this. Yeah, Ro is like, aha, I'm having a great time. And Shiki's like, no, bad time. Which is important. I think specifically, Ro doesn't pipe up mm. oh, this time. I think oh. Ro last time, or day two, Ro pipes in with like, hey, I like this. Uh-huh. It is important that this time it is Shiki saying, I don't like this. Because uh-huh. this day is more Shiki's dream than Ro's memories. Yes. I mean, like, it's all it's all a mix, but there is definitely, like, who is kind of, who's fronting. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, and today, it's Shiki. Shiki finds uh, Brunstead, uh, who is like, oh, you're persistent, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Also, what, what the fuck are you doing bringing that guy here? <laughs> Talking about Rawa. Uh-huh. Uh, Shiki explains that he doesn't have any actual connection to this place and can't be here except for what he remembers of Rawa's life. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So he had to, like, piggyback on to the scraps of memory of Rawa in order to get into this dream. This is a fascinating, like, I love all of this. I love the setup for this mm-hmm. a lot because it's a really fun, like... Oh, Shiki has a connection to Rawa, which means he has a connection to, like old ancient arcweed mm-hmm. uh which means that he can chat with crimson moon in his dreams <laughs> mm-hmm. just the daisy chain of things that yeah yeah just piggybacking, here. piggybacking. Yeah. yeah he's like i just wanted to see you and she's like you suck <laughs> i don't like you uh she insults him he insults her back playfully and crimson uh, brunstead is like how did Arcoid not kill you yet? Uh-huh. <laughs> Shiki, being the incompetent dumbass that we know and like sometimes, has not realized that she's not the Arcoid that he knows. Or at some point he kind of he gets it, but he refuses to admit it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It seems kind of like a, well, like, I got her to like me, so I can yeah. get you to like me, too. Like you are part of Arcoid, right? Uh-huh. Therefore, you are Arcoid. Seems like she's very, or Brinstead is very much not part of Arcoid right now. Yeah, no. But. um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like, it doesn't matter if you have long hair and an accent. What the fuck is Arcoid's accent? <laughs> oh, what is Arcoid's accent? Is, is this Kansai Ben? <laughs> Did we find him? Did we find Kansai Ben? (laughs) That's a good uh, learning Japanese joke (laughs) for all of y'all who aren't learning Japanese (laughs) along with us. Uh, She's got some kind of European accent, right? She must. I wonder if it's, I wonder if it is phonetic Mm -hmm. or like, or if she's just very polite. Or, um, or if it's, or if this is just saying, oh no, like she speaks as a non-native speaker. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, he, yeah. So Shiki does this thing where he's like, no, you're still Arcoid, and she like, crimson moon blushes. <laughs> it's really cute. It looks kind of like shocked. Uh huh. Um, she's like, one sec. 
my ex- if I exist, you do not. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you trying so hard to like? Did you miss the part where I'm an existential threat to your species? <laughs> uh, Shiki is a dumbass. Is the answer. You are the only one that is shielding her. If you, her only ally, accept me, the enemy, then naturally the Crimson Moon is near. Sick. You are trying to hand her over to me with your own hands. Hell yeah. I uh-huh. I love, yeah, I love the implication here that is like, oh, no, like Arkweed's still holding out, mm-hmm. but it's an ongoing fight. Yeah. If you say you're okay with me, then humanity might be a little doomed. So... Arkweed being chained on the throne is partly this dream, right? Mm-hmm. She has chained herself down so she can't become the monster. Yeah. Right? But it's also, like, metaphorically... hmm Yeah. Mm-hmm. She has metaphorically chained herself to this castle. hmm So that she can't, like, go out and kill the world. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, Shiki's like, oh, if if you take over Arkweed, I'll just bring her back. It's fine. Uh-huh. Fool. Wanting her means fighting me. Do you still speak such words? That you can save Arkweed Brunstead, who has been brown- bound by chains from long past? Shiki's like, yeah. 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 So. And she's like a little flabbergasted. And then it's like, I'm getting out of here. Uh, this is interesting. She says that she hopes his words aren't a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't Crimson Moon want to win? <laughs> yeah. I think... Or is it like a thing where... Yeah, I think Arkoid's connection to Crimson Moon is bi-directional, right? Uh-huh. Like, there is something there, even if they don't inhabit the same body, even if Arkoid hasn't become Crimson Moon, Arkoid has a connection to Crimson Moon. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, like, some of her feelings are being... are changing... Just as Crimson Moon's connection to Arkoid changes her, probably, uh, this is going the other direction of Arkoid's fondness for Shiki and, like, kind of realization that humans are kind of nice mm-hmm. is feeding back into Crimson Moon, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. It could also be a, a case of, like, for your sake, you. I hope your words aren't. Uh-huh. Uh, that you're not just speaking hollow words because I'm going to give you a real fight. Uh-huh. Fascinating. Part four. <laughs> We're back to back Roa. To Roa. Uh, this is a flashback. Uh-huh. This is Roa's last real memory of the castle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is the night that Roa saw Arkweed standing in that field under the moonlight and fell in love with her and then talked her into drinking his blood mm-hmm. and uh, starting her fall. So it is canonical that uh, Arkweed did drink his blood and yet it has not turned into a maniac blood drinking machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which feels like a thing of like, oh, because she's a perfect true ancestor. Like, uh-huh. normal true ancestors, they drink a drop of blood and it's all over well, for them. The According to the Arkweed route, the the whole thing was that they thought she was perfect and thus wouldn't have the desire to drink blood. And that's why no one ever told her that it was wrong to drink blood. Yeah. Which is fascinating. I'm just uh-huh. bringing that up because it's really interesting. Yeah. And then it turns out that, no, she still has that urge. Maybe because Orson Moon is I don't a predator of humans. No, if she even had that urge so much as... She does now. Yeah, I guess she does still want blood. Oh, definitely. But, but yeah, it doesn't seem like originally she did. Yeah. 
or it was so thin that she didn't even notice that it was a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, we get one last look at the princess on the throne. Uh-huh. Farewell, princess. If we ever meet again, may it be in an unfamiliar place, in an unknown time, under an uncomfortable sun. Hmm. That's the end. It's a good line. He does kill her after meeting her under the sun, but... Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that was just the kick in the pants she needed to really turn her life around. Uh-huh. I just love... Yeah, it's such a fun, like, Ro is like, okay, I don't really care about you anymore, but if we do meet again, let me lay out exactly uh, the circumstances under which we are going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's that's, that's uh, Crimson, Moon. Crimson Moon. Some sick, really interesting lore about... Uh, Fascinating lore. I I love the vibes. Else. I don't think any of this is canon in any fate stuff. I think this is Tsukihime specific. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think it is It is canon Wednesday night was written. Yeah, that's true. But then has since been fate and stay night world, or fate and Tsukihime worlds are now separate. Uh-huh. And so are most fate worlds. Like, extra doesn't work with this or stay night, I don't think. Yeah, but those are, those are, uh... Most fate things are variations on Stay Night. Stay Night. Not they. They also are completely. They are closer to Stay Night than they are to Tsukihime universes. Whereas Tsukihime is probably closer to Garden of Sinners than yes, any fate stuff is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Red Demon God. We already talked about this one. Well, we already talked about how to unlock or it. Or how to unlock it, rather. It's, uh, remember Dr. Janan? Fucking Sucks. hate that guy. I don't like him. <laughs> I hope that there's not any Dr. Janan fans out there who maimed him in Melty Blood five, like 20 years ago or whatever. Is he even a character in Melty Blood? I, he who has could to be. Say? He's like an old guy, martial arts master guy. Oh, yeah. Of course he's in Melty Blood. Great first line. Hey, let me tell you an old story. Yeah. Great line. Slash prologue. This is another thing. Like, Nasu loves to write short stories where it's completely unclear what's happening at first, and you're just like, "What? What are you talking about, man? Just tell me. A, <laughs> tell me. You said you were going to tell me a story, not a bunch of nonsense. Come on, get it together." Someone died. Uh huh. And then another guy died. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh Fucking someone's Metal Gear sol- soliding their way through a place. Yep. Second guard is like, wait, right before he dies, he's like, one sec, I could tell if this person wasn't human. I would have sensed them coming after me. Weird that he's just a human. Uh-huh. So that pr- implies the guard isn't human. Uh-huh. Also, he's like, the ki- the human, the killer is just a human carrying a metal chicken leg, dr- metal drumstick. Metal. Yeah, Ben, it's a drumstick. Uh-huh. Like a like a stick you use on drums. Uh, oh. It's later described as a, like an ice pick or something, I think. Yeah. Uh-huh. It is a, a a thin rod of metal. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. I was like, this is the uncoolest weapon ever. No. Drumstick. Like like you play the drums with. <laughs> Listen. 
So my assumption at first was that it was like some kind of metal club almost. And then I was like, oh, no, it's the other way around. He's holding the handle and it's like a thick handle. Oh, this is wild. And it's like a tool. No, he calls it an awl is what he calls it. Yeah. Not an ice pick, which is shaped like a drumstick kind of because it has a thick end. I guess. Uh-huh. So that's why I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like a drumstick. That's weird. Either way, he's killing bitches. Yeah. He, this, Ben, is... Who's this fucking loser? Nanayakire, the uh, the head of the Nanias, who's said to be a demon god. Kiri, not Kire. Kiri. We'll get to Kire later. Kiri. Kiri. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I thought there was knee in there somewhere. This is Shiki's dad, and he's murdering his way through a bunch of uh, non-humans. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a mansion. He's got to assassinate someone. There's more guards than he was warned. He's covered in blood. He's like, oh, no, I have to murder all these people. I'm like, you're, like, stealthy. Why do you have to murder all of them? Why are you Uh complaining about this? This is him when he's young. And then immediately we're going to get a tangent to try and explain what demons are. And, like, this, like, complex power balance thing that is, like, really hard to follow. This is, I think... The translation is rough. The translation's rough. This is also an interesting, like, Crimson Moon is a lot of lore. Uh-huh. But it's also just, like, great vibe. It's lore about one specific thing, where this is like, mm-hmm. okay, here's how the universe... The, Crimson Moon is like, here is some kind of universal truth, and this is like, here's a bunch of factions. Yeah, I think, but Crimson Moon is, like, also... There's not not much happens yeah there's not like oh there's a there's a strong plot it's like here is a mix of shiki's dream and roa's memories Mm -hmm. and like stuff there's no that happened yeah there's uh, there's great explanations of like here's more details on stuff that happened and like Mm -hmm. here's some lore stuff this is trying to be both an action scene and also a lore dump at the same time nasu gets better at that but this isn't this is this isn't it (laughs) This is, this story is decent. It's one of the better ones I've read so far, but yeah, I think it is enjoyable overall. This the prologue in particular is rough. Is rough at like I think Nasu what I when I really like lore dumps in Nasu stuff, it is two characters having a conversation. Yeah. This is Nasu monologuing at you the reader. So, let me see if I can wrap this up. Yes. There are demons. Literal mm-hmm. demons. Yes. Horrible monsters. Yep. Like Oni. Like Oni and Big like, Tommy. Yeah. Carry clubs. I'm just thinking of, of like fate go uh-huh. Oni, honestly. Yeah. There are... Every time demons are mentioned, I'm just like, oh yeah. We haven't seen like a real monster ass monster that's not like a human or a transformed animal, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess chaos, some of chaos's parts were were like divine monsters or whatever yeah but anyway unimportant what were those elephant-sized crabs do you think (laughs) fascinating i i would see an elephant-sized crab we know that the tono blood is mixed with some kind of monster in its past right yes that's what they're talking about when they're talking about demons there's demons and then there's hybrids yes who uh have demon blood in their bloodline Mm -hmm. then there is a group called demon hunters who track down demons and kill them mm-hmm. and will kill hybrids who cross the line. Yes. Mm-hmm. People like the Tonos avoid that fate by killing anyone who inverts. Yes. You know what I mean? 
there is also people with natural magic who are born with a natural magical ability. This this calls them psychics. That won't ever be used again, I don't think. Yeah. They use a different term for this. But they're not mages. They're people mm-hmm. with like an innate ability, from what I can say. Mm-hmm. Mages also have the innate ability of magic, but they have to learn magic and all this stuff. Yeah. So it's different. People like Shiki are Shiki. people with mystic or eyes. The Nanaya in general. Psychics. Mm-hmm. Wait, is it the Nanaya in general? The Nanaya psychics? psychics, yeah. Okay. I think Shiki's mystic eyes are like yet another category because he wasn't born with those. He had the potential, though. Yeah. Um, but he is in another category in that he's just way stronger than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So demon hunters are not the church, but they seem to be like a local organization, like Japan's version of the church is the vibe I get. Yeah. Although I guess the church would fall under that category if it's a Yeah, I think it is, it is capitalized, but I think it is more of a general thing than it is a like... Somebody supporting the Nania is the thing. So there is an organization. Yeah, I just mean like demon hunters as a category uh, include many groups. Yeah, you're right. There is a specific group that is supporting the Nania, mm-hmm. but there are many. Yeah. Yeah, so... Demon hunters kill off demons to prevent them from disrupting the world. Uh, well, demon hunters mostly kill off hybrids, it sounds like. No. Or hybrids who have gone too far. Yeah. It sounded like most of... It sounded like demons mostly keep to themselves. Where? Who could say? Okay, okay. This is the thing. This is the thing. Hybrids are a demon hunter's worst nightmare, is the thing. Okay. Because demon hunters have specific techniques for sealing demons. Okay. But let's say a Kiha inverts. Yes. As she does. Uh And turns into a monster. Yep. A demon hunter cannot seal her because she is still human, technically. Hmm. Their sealing magic doesn't work at all. Okay. So they need someone who can fight her on her her terms, basically. Mm -hmm. A psychic. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. So demon hunters use psychics to stand up to hybrids who have gone too far. Okay. Is kind of what I get got out of this. Um, psychics are not so strong that they can actually stand up to an inverted hybrid. Uh, yeah. They're much, much weaker. Yeah. Like you saw the Akiha fight against Shiki. Shiki had literally the most powerful ability a human could wield without the influence of like demon blood. Mm-hmm. And he was almost, if it was like 10% lighter in that hallway, he would have been dead. Yeah. <laughs> she was basically unstoppable. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So um, they usually use subterfuge to get the drop on demons mm-hmm. and to kill them, or uh, on hybrids and kill them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the Nania are a family with these unusual abilities. They have psychicness in their blood. Mm-hmm. Well... Uh, the Nania, yeah, usually psychics are a, like, one-off. Yeah, you can't predict it. It just sort of happens. It happens, and then next generation, now, nothing. Why are the Nania special in that regard, Fent? Uh, they're hella inbred. They're super inbred. Wicked inbred. Where a lot of the kids don't survive because of, like, genetic defect. Uh-huh. Um, but then the ones that do are, like, are fine guaranteed to have psychic powers basically they have not at all let any other 
DNA mixed with them uh-huh. currently. So, yeah, this is a this is a terrible detail. This sucks. <laughs> Nadia suck. This story did not endear me one iota to any Nadia. I don't no. think it's supposed to. No, but like, yeah, it's a miracle that Cheeky can fucking stand. <laughs> so the Nadia are were a particularly powerful and dangerous clan. Mm-hmm. Um. So they do ha- they do all have magical abilities, uh, which is something that the main Tsukihime kind of implies that they don't. Uh, and I think it's less cool. <laughs> I think they have they have like minor abilities. So like Kiri can sense Kiri the emotions can... of people around him. Or thoughts? Yeah. I don't think he can read minds, but he can tell no, people are but... feeling things. Yeah. Uh and like see it as a color. Mm-hmm. And he can use that to track people. Mm-hmm. Which he used to murder them. <laughs> which is like like kind of useful but also mostly he can't shoot beams no like mostly he's good at killing because he trained him his body a whole lot like since yeah. he was a kid he uses the ability to have an uncanny sense of where people are but he can't he can't kill the earth with his yeah. eyes Oh, yeah. Kiri also has a fighting style that involves skittering around like a little spider guy uh, <laughs> on the ceiling and shit, which is <laughs> fucking awful. There was the bit in the in Twilight Grass Moon where uh, Nania Shiki was crawling around on the ground like a little spider guy and uh-huh. jumped in the air. And Shiki was like, wow, for some reason he looks like my dad. <laughs> and that's such a weird detail because how the fuck would Shiki know that? <laughs> but mm-hmm. But here we are. It's so funny. Whoever's narrating this keeps going back to, yeah, Kiri sucks shit. Uh, no matter how strong he is, he could get flattened by any one of these dudes if they saw him coming, et cetera, et cetera. This is the closest we've seen Nasu get to uh, the weakest man alive, but also the strongest. <laughs> uh-huh. Of like, yeah, his abilities suck, but also he's gotten this far and no one's touched him, uh-huh. so... Kiri's not a fan of murder. Mm-hmm. Apparently he doesn't have emotions. Mm-hmm. Or his, he's emotionally stunted, and all he does is kill because yep. it's his craft, and that's all he does. Yeah, yeah. There's an interesting aside about oh, his older brother likes killing too much, uh-huh. and his sister is timid, uh-huh. or something. Um, so that's why he's the the clan leader. Uh huh. Because there's a bit where they mention the other two kids, and it's like, who's he having kids with then? Uh, let's say Kiri doesn't like blood, etc. Oh yeah, he sees like the worst vibes he's ever seen in his entire life. Yeah, like the most wicked, like fucked up, evil little kid he's ever like imagined. He sees what one might call crimson red vermilion thoughts. <laughs> There's a ten year old boy chained on to the floor, like looking down mm-hmm. that he finds. Kiri starts to walk past him. The boy looks up. Kiri whips around and stabs him in the eye. Uh-huh. Seems like a really great guy. Uh, this is the first time he's ever done anything for personal reasons, apparently. Uh-huh. He was not told to kill this person. Uh-huh. And now he's getting fucking... Getting the zoomies all of a sudden. He's all worked up. And he, like, kicks the door down to the room that the demon that he's here... Or the, the hybrid he's here to kill mm-hmm. is in. Uh, which is... The stupidest thing that he could possibly do, given that anyone who got their hands on him could kill him. Mm-hmm. The man's name is Psyche. 
uh, uh, there's a guy in this room from a different family who's been spying on Psyche. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Now, well, you think that this is from a branch family. That is the way I read it. Well, because... I didn't see the word branch anywhere. Okay. I thought that he was from, like, a subordinate family. That might be the case. You know what I mean? But I think specifically the thing that makes me think that is that the this other person, aside from Psyche wants to inherit like psyche is the head of the family Mm -hmm. this other person wants to become the head of the family i thought he just wanted their business he wanted to take over their business this might be true Uh i could just totally be wrong here's the thing i think this is makihisa tono makihisa uh-huh. I think this is a the the guy in this room with the demon is a craven little man who sold out the this hybrid uh-huh. guy in an attempt to take over his business and doesn't die here even though he gets stabbed in the chest. Uh huh. That sounds like Tono Makihisa to me. Maybe. If there's some other stuff happens that make that makes me think this. It's possible that it's not, but it could um, totally be. It's. It's perfect if it is, is uh-huh. the thing. And I can't, I, it's hard for me to imagine who, why else this guy would be in the story unless it was Makihisa. Yeah. Anyway, Psyche, the hybrid, uh, has taken to eating humans and has eaten over a thousand people. That's so many? That's a lot of people. He's rich, powerful, and his whole family have inverted, apparently. Yeah. That's why Kiri is killing every person he comes across, because mm-hmm. they're all... Their their demon blood has become thicker than the human, is mm-hmm. how it's described. So yeah, the the this man in the room with him so, was the one who told the demon hunters on him, mm-hmm. and uh, now he's looking at Kiri walking into the room, and he's like, "Ah, I'm in danger." <laughs> uh, Kiri, despite being the weakest of them all, is also the strongest of them all, and like does some bullshit where he like slides under the tatami mat somehow and then like drags psyche down and kills him slides under the table under I think there's table, a table right. yeah this is i'm gonna say in addition to the constant asides of like okay narrative voice here's what's happening here's world building uh-huh. uh this is not the best writing nasa has ever done no the, fi- the fights are complicated and uh, not that interesting. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Psyche gets murdered. Uh, the man who betrayed him is just like giggling hysterically. Uh, Kiri tells him to shut up and stabs him and then walks out without checking to see if he's dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Introduction, development, turn. This is part two. Some where We've got a different speaker now, it feels like. They mm-hmm. said they had four dreams. A dream in which I went back to childhood, a dream in which I became a child, a dream in which I thought of a child, and one more. Myself laughing terribly, out of place, and myself and my childhood similarly laughing together in a sunny garden. What the fuck is this? That sounds a lot like Shiki, that last line. Yeah, I guess. We get a scene about a boy in a Japanese-style room who's isolated. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has the power to see the inner side of people. And it took him a long time to learn to talk because he didn't need words to understand things. And also, no one ever says what they're actually thinking. And so he's like, why would you need words? No one says what they mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which, hey. Autistic as, icon. <laughs> yeah. I would not say that Kiri is an autistic icon. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, he sits in his room and practices his special interest, which is killing. <laughs> 
he thought of himself as something other than human. Mm-hmm. It's not just um, Utada Hikaru out there. <laughs> so he thinks about someone that he met who was like himself. Or the time on this is funny. I don't think he didn't meet this person when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. This is the person in the room is Kiri, but he's thinking about someone from another clan that interbred with an ogre. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fun. How do you fuck an ogre? <laughs> this is my problem with like mixed races in everything ever. I've been listening to the Shrieking Shack, and a Hagrid is a half giant. How do you fuck a giant? I Carefully. don't know. Ben is the actual thing. Is like, I those two are humans and giants are biologically different enough. That I don't know how you end up with a child who survives. Mm-hmm. Magic is the answer. Now, do you think this is an ogre in like the ogre sense or an ogre in like the oni sense and they translated it? I don't know. Because an I... oni is different than an ogre. It can look like something like Western people would call an ogre, but they can take on a lot of forms. Mm-hmm. Hence all the sexy oni in Fate Grand Order. <laughs> I'm going to guess oni. Mm-hmm. So... Anyway, mm-hmm. this family has been actively trying to have the most fucked up child they possibly could, apparently. Yeah. And um, that is the Kishima family. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Kishima? Yeah. Big man. Tore off Nanayashiki's head. Yeah, from the nightmare. He's the, the shadow of death. Mm-hmm. The man who killed the Nanaya. Mm-hmm. Oh, Crimson yeah. Red Vermilion. Yeah, that guy. He's got, like, a really, really powerful inversion impulse that he's barely holding back. Mm-hmm. And no one even knows how bad it is because no one talks to him. Mm-hmm. Eventually, someone from his family shot him in the head. Didn't uh, work. Did not work. Did not kill him. Uh, and he, that kid went on to destroy the Kashima house and kill every single person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then apparently he was captured by Psyche. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Right, right, right. Now, we we start getting stuff about Kiri's kid. Mm-hmm. At some point, Kiri had a kid, and he gave up on being the Nania family being the Nania family. Mm-hmm. He didn't want his kid to grow up and be the next head of the family, Yeah, basically. So, he stopped taking assassination jobs, they lost the protection of the demon hunters, and he knows that a lot of families want revenge on him. Mm-hmm. Cut to Nania talking to... Presumably Dr. Janan, who I don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Janan is warning him about an impending attack. Yeah. Janan must be like a doctor for like magic. I think Janan Dino- uh, specifically says that he is like part of the demon hunters. Yeah, yeah. He, he, or still has ties there at least. Yeah. And he's not supposed to tell Kiri that there's an attack coming because mm-hmm. they're supposed to have cut ties. But I guess he, Kiri's still allowed to go to him as a doctor. Yeah. I don't like Dr. Janan. No, he sucks. Just narratively. I don't like what he does. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't like the idea that Shiki knew a guy who knew everything the whole time and just didn't bother to tell him. It's just really boring. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think Dr. J- like, none of what is said about him in Skihime is untrue. Dr. John does not know why Shiki's wound doesn't heal. Doesn't know about his eyes. Or... He does in uh, Kagetsu Toya. Yeah. 
And he knows that he has magic powers. He knows all sorts of stuff. Like, it's not even... I think that Shiki's doctor being a nobody who sucks is is better, but I also just don't like the idea that he knew someone the whole time who knew the whole story and just didn't tell him about it, didn't care to, you know? Yeah. It's just yeah. such a weird vibe. Mm-hmm. It's just way less interesting than the, like, shocking isolation of the far side. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh-huh. Anyway, Kiri is acting basically the same to Dr. John that um, Cheeky does, you know, mm-hmm. calling him a quack and, like, yelling at him, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, pl- playful yelling, eh, my favorite. Uh, he's been bodyguarding for someone, you know, to yeah. make money for the family. <laughs> yeah, so basically what happened was that Kiri had a kid. And caught dad fever. <laughs> dad fever. He was like, I'm going to leave this child to that woman. I'm only going to see him once ever. And then he saw that those little wrinkly fingers and <laughs> caught the dad bug. So Kiri says that a child is like a copy of yourself, which is not true. Mm-hmm. I guess it is if you're so inbred that the DNA is... <laughs> Uh, and basically, he says that he wanted to see if the kid could grow up to be a different kind of person than him by changing the circumstances that he grew up in. Yeah. What's the doctor's name? Janan, J- Dr. Janan in his head is like, that's called loving your kid. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and yeah, Janan's like, you're going to fucking die, dude. And Kiri's like, it's fine. I'll take care of it. Uh-huh. And then some a bunch of time passes, it seems like conclusion before what happens happens mm-hmm. it seems that he sur- the nani has survived a lot longer than he thought six years maybe although i think that this this scene is the attack that is being presented to him is the next bit i think are you sure i i kind of got the feeling that kiri was like oh we've had a we've dealt with a couple of these i'm not positive though yeah i'm not 100 percent sure but that is my read of it. Anyway. So this the attack on the Nania changed a lot over time. I was always under the impression that Makihisa did it. Mm-hmm. Then we learned that uh, the Kishima guy did it. Yep. Then we learned that 50 armed soldiers showed up, <laughs> armed mercenaries with guns. To be fair, none of those armed mercenaries made it to the house where no, Shiki could have seen them. <laughs> and Kiri somehow knows that it's the Tonos doing this. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He's like, why do the Tonos hate me? I don't. I never did anything against them. They mm. were good. On, they on, mm-hmm. they were on good terms with the organization. Uh, they kill all. They deal with their own inversion impulses. Like I don't really get it. Mm-hmm. This is again why I think that that was Makisa. Yeah, you're probably right. Because he would have a personal grudge, a pretty incredible personal grudge against mm-hmm. him and fear of him. Mm-hmm. So Kiri's like, yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, Gonna go kill all those guys. Pretty big waste of time for them, throwing their lives away. Some of the Nania people are like, oh, what do we do with Shiki? And he's like, oh, just let him sleep. They're bringing artillery up the mountain. Uh-huh. <laughs> gonna fucking bomb the place. Kiri's like, come on, just just fly an airplane overhead and bomb the house if you're gonna <laughs> be doing this. Like, Also, yeah, why didn't they just do that then? If they're going to get artillery and like up a mountain in Japan. I feel like a plane is way harder to get than, like, a howitzer. Is that true? I mean, like, a stealth bomb or, like, a bomber. They don't even need a bomber. They just need a plane that they can push something out of. 
You might be right. I have oh. never tried to get either of these things, so I can't speak to the relative difficulty of one over the other. No comment. <laughs> so Kiri like tears the pe- these people apart uh, and like scatters them. There's a bunch of traps set in the woods that he's like setting off to kill them all. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, should I go kill the leader or should I clean up the rest of these guys first? And then uh, a young man with only one eye approaches and he's like, oh shit, <laughs> runs away. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He sets off a bunch of traps and the kid just like walks through them unaffected. Mm-hmm. And then just is like, hey, you Nanayakiri? Yeah, that boy he stabbed in the eye did not die and he wasn't trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. And he, this is uh, Koma, uh, Kishima Koma. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that guy, the, the, the ogre one. He says... The descendants of the ones who mixed not only the blood, but the flesh as well. What the fuck does that mean? No idea. Were they like, are most hybrids only like, oh, we we took in demon blood into our body and they were like, no, we're going to fuck the ogre. <laughs> I was about to say, is that the is that the implication of this sentence that most hybrids, it's like, oh, yeah, like your parents injected demon blood and that like mixed with their blood to the extent that you inherited it Mm -hmm. and then these guys fucked an ogre (laughs) i guess really interesting Mm -hmm. so coma still technically counts as human here he Mm -hmm. he is not inverted yet yeah which is interesting but he's got a lot of power Mm -hmm. and is uh basically unkillable kiri like stabs him in the neck and it doesn't even scratch him Yep. Mm-hmm. And Kiri's like, oh, I'm going to lose. <laughs> uh, if there was anyone, anything who could fight against him equally, then it would be just like this demon god, a thing that was born broken. Huh. Who? Shiki? Shiki. Was Shiki born broken? I thought he got broken. Yeah. I still think Shiki, like... Also, Shiki also... Shiki easily defeated the, the dream coma, but... You say easily, but he did get his insides torn out and died. Right, that's fair. Shiki defeated the dream coma. I think that Shiki could still take on... Shiki defeated the dream coma and the dream Kishima coma. I think Shiki could... Move. I think Shiki <laughs> could still <laughs> defeat... Uh, real coma. Yeah, that's the thing. He fought coma without using his mystic eyes until the very end. Yeah, but I mean, like, even then, part of that was, oh, this is an illusion I've constructed in my mind mm-hmm. of how scary this dude is. And, like, yeah. the real one's probably really scary, but this illusion isn't isn't yeah. all that. Well, yeah, and that's the thing about Shiki is, like, it doesn't matter if your, like, skin is as hard as steel. He could just cut you in half anyway. Yeah. It really doesn't uh-huh. give you that much of an advantage. <sighs> So, let's see. Why did Kiri stab this kid in the eye? To give himself a chance next time he saw him. Uh-huh. He, like, dodges around and manages to drive his, like, um, his drumstick into the kid's neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty deep, but not quite deep enough to kill him. Almost mm-hmm. deep enough to snap his neck, though. Yeah, I think he he had been, like, repeatedly hammering on one side of the neck mm-hmm. and then dodged to the to coma's blind spot and like tried to get the other side enough that it almost did snap. it yeah um 
Uh, but he gets his tummy scooped out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same exact wound that Shiki gets in that dream. Hmm. If there was a reason Nani Akiri lost, then it must have been his life itself. Nani Akiri was an assassin, not a murderer. That's why he only poked the eye out that time. Even if he sensed it would eventually become a powerful threat, he couldn't kill a child. Hmm. Oh, so he was so nice that he just gouged one of the kid's eyes out. Uh Uh-huh. So, Kiri's dead. And Koma is feeling pain for the first time in his life. Uh Uh-huh. And he's like, whoa, this is sick. Whoa. And like, yeah, feels pain for the first time and then feels alive for the first time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's like... I killed someone and Uh felt alive. What if I kept doing that? Yeah, so presumably this is what counts as his inversion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're pretty pretty much met up with the Tsukihime opening movie. Mm -hmm. Shiki meets Koma in a black field soaked with blood and asks where his father is. And Koma says, you'll see him eventually. (laughs) And uh, it ends. ends. So the, the person that Shiki had a weird philosophical conversation with was Koma then? Yeah, must have been. Weird. I did not hate this one as much as I was expecting going in. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, fine. It's not my favorite. interesting to get some more stuff about Kiri, Mm -hmm. even though I don't like him. It's still better than Good Luck, Seal Sensei. Oh, yeah. Leagues better than that. Uh, It's just lore that I don't necessarily know I needed. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I think it was, like, for me, it was, like, oh, yeah, I'm... I didn't regret the time that I spent reading this, which is a really low bar. Perhaps a better way to put it is like, that was, that was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I had fun. I don't know. I feel like lots of Kigatsu Toya doesn't pass that, te- that simple test of, did I not regret reading this? Yeah. Uh-huh. Again, the side stories have been better so far. Mm-hmm. Nanako-chan SOS. Yeah, we're done. We're done with Red Demon God. Let's talk about Nanako-chan SOS. But first, we have to talk about going out to dinner with Arihiko. Oh, Ben. Let's talk about unlocking Nanako-chan SOS because we have to talk about who Nanako-chan is. So yeah. let's go over the the stuff that leads up to this. Uh huh. I think, how did it start for you, Fen? Because for me, it started with Arihiko uh, wandering down the street carrying a big bag of carrots. And Shiki being like, are you going to make a carrot cake with that? And he said, oh no, these will be eaten as is. Uh, I think it started with uh, Arihiko saying he was having trouble at home. Mm-hmm. It's a it's like a weird mixed scene where Arihiko talks about, he's like, <sighs> saw another one of you in the town, or my sister saw another one of you in the town over. Uh-huh. That's weird. To the to Nani Ashiki. Anyway, I have supernatural troubles at home. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, Arihiko starts hinting that he's having some sort of domestic supernatural problem. Uh huh. Which is very fun. Uh huh. And he keeps trying to like ask Shiki for advice, but Shiki, uh keeps dodging it because he's too close to the supernatural and he doesn't want to tip his hand uh-huh uh there's a few points that uh hint about this uh and then there is a one of the options for what to do to, uh, for dinner mm-hmm. uh brings you to the mobile chinese restaurant mark ii <laughs> 
uh-huh. which is a uh, illicit ramen stand on a bike. Yeah. That uh, Shiki and Arihiko used to, since it moves around and doesn't have a license, find, presumably, <laughs> and eat at a lot when he lived with the Arimas. Mm-hmm. Ramen? Shiki was known as, I don't know if I brought this up, but Shiki was known as Arima Shiki for a long time. I didn't know that they changed his name when he was adopted oh, by Arimas. Huh. But yeah, a, a, a few people call him Arima. Oh, that's interesting. And in the the quiz show, if you there, there's no option for what was the the option for what was he called before Tonoshiki was Adima or something like that. Huh. His, his name before coming back to the mansion was Adima, not Nania. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, just weird. Mm-hmm. Okay, Shiki and Adihiko, we get a great sprite of them eating together. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. I would like to say, real quick, Shiki's like, if you go here, Shiki's like, I could go for some ramen. Kawaka's ramen's too fancy, though. Uh-huh. I want that, like, greasy, you know, greasy stall ramen. Uh, Shiki is wearing his sex pajamas under his school uniform, confirming <laughs> that it's not his school uniform. They really are pajamas. Uh-huh. He wears them under his clothes like he's fucking Spider-Man. <laughs> he's going to burst uh-huh. out of them. Arihiko wanted to try something new, so instead of uh, pork with his ramen, he got eight eggs. And there's <laughs> so many eggs that you can't see the noodles or the soup. Uh-huh. Uh, so now the whole thing just tastes like egg, he says. <laughs> this whole stall is just some guy's hobby, apparently, which is a very weird detail. The Yeah, it is a brother of one of their classmates. Yeah, uh-huh. We don't ever see him, but... Yeah. Shiki asks if Arihiko shouldn't be eating at home with Ichigo, his sister. And Arihiko's like, there's something complicated in my house that I'm avoiding before <laughs> it drives me to madness. Shiki's like, is it girl trouble? And Arihiko's like, no. And he's like, it is a female. <laughs> uh-huh. That's a hell of a way to phrase that. Yeah, uh-huh. Arihiko's been, like, shoveling down eggs this whole time, and Shiki's like... I still don't see any noodles. Was that really just eight eggs in there? Or is there more? (laughs) He keeps asking Arihiko about this girl in his house. And Arihiko's like, do you believe in spirits and or ghosts? And Shiki's like, if I tell the truth, then I'm going to sound like I'm lying. And if I lie, I'm going to (laughs) sound like I'm telling the truth. Uh, He's like stuck in a double bind. So he's like, oh, you know, the supernatural. It sounds so romantic. (laughs) Ha ha. And, uh... Arihiko is like, it's really funny that you would call that stupid horse romantic. <laughs> what are you talking about, Arihiko? And Shiki's like, oh, do you mean this girl has a ponytail? And he's like, no, she does have a tail, you know, like this. And he like wags his hand <laughs> behind him like a tail. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, that's a funny little bit. Mm-hmm. There is some good Arihiko stuff here, though. Yeah. Not just jokes. Uh-huh. Time passes. And uh, Shiki starts to talk about how yesterday's dream feels like today, etc. You know, mm-hmm. he's talking about, like, not being able to remember yesterday. This is Twilight Grass Moon stuff. Mm-hmm. Arihiko is apparently really good at telling when things are getting serious and to stop. He stops doing, like, the joke strip yep. thing. And they, he starts talking about their past together, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's apparently been dreaming about their past. Uh, apparently they used to fight a lot. They would like 
like seek each other out and get into big fights. Mm-hmm. They hated each other, I think. Arahiko talks about how he used to think he was very mature for his age. And he he was like, I understood death in a way that other kids didn't. So I always thought I was like a grown up. And then I met you. I met Shiki. Or mm-hmm. he met that. He said he met that kid, but he's talking yeah. about Shiki. Mm-hmm. And uh, understood that he really didn't get it in the way yeah. that Shiki did. He was like, oh, this is a person who just, this is a person who just has a completely different understanding of like what life is. Uh huh. You know? But meeting this kid, although he pissed him off at first, ended up making him into a better person. And Shiki starts to, like, think about how lonely he would have been if he had grown up without Arihiko around. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Arihiko says something cryptic about if he's changed his answer to a question he asked him on the last day that they hated each other. And he's like, oh, no, I, I didn't change my answer. And they're like, oh, we're both going to be stuck together forever, mm-hmm. even after we die. Mm-hmm. It's really sweet. Uh-huh. Yeah, just dudes being dudes and being friends and like yeah. a casual moment of intimacy, of like male intimacy, without it being like a joke or bonding over like gross jokes about a girl or something like that. Yeah. yeah it's just nice. I really like Arihiko. He's a great friend. Yeah, this is, this, this rules. Arihiko truly is just like the best uh, male friend uh-huh. that... But yeah, it's so it's so fun seeing the two of them just like hanging out, yeah. and talking, yeah, Ari and not around like CL or or Akiha. There's so much of Tsukihime that's about like men and women and how they're different and how they understand each other. You know, it's like uh-huh. it's like bad gender at times. So it's really nice to just see these two guys just like having a moment together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a little more to the scene. They're still fucking eating. <laughs> uh, and Shiki's like, life is just like this ramen. Good while it's hot, but trash when it's cold. So you got to eat it up fast. Mm-hmm. And that's I'm like, Shiki, are you drinking? <laughs> I mean, Shiki's with Arahiko, so I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. This is an illegal ramen stand, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if they served alcohol. Then Shiki's in bed. He ate four bowls of ramen over the course of four hours. This is a man... Who can barely eat breakfast. Uh-huh. He's not supposed to eat very much, period. Uh-huh. Anyway, it's a dream, so it's fine. He says that uh, the guy who runs the stand must have enjoyed their conversation because he only charged him for half of the meal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is not what unlocks a story for the evening like I thought it was. Yeah. But uh, seeing enough of these scenes is what unlocks Nanako-chan SOS. Because once you've heard about this mysterious intruder in Arihiko's house, you can have a special scene uh, by visiting Arihiko's house. Yeah, you visit Arihiko's house, and Arihiko's not. Did we talk about the mahjong? Did we talk about the mahjong? I think we did. I remember talking. I can't remember out loud about mahjong. I. One other, there's one other scene that sets this up is when Adi, uh, Shiki goes over to Adihiko's to play mahjong with him and like yes. practice, and uh, Adihiko gets into a fight with someone in his room. <laughs> while Shiki is waiting outside, oh, while Shiki's waiting outside, he like hears some like yelling and like whoever this is, like Adihiko's like throwing things at them, mm-hmm. and she's like laughing in a way that makes uh, Shiki's like ha- the hairs on his arm stand on end. <laughs> Um, 
<laughs> and Adi goes like, you licked me in my sleep, didn't you? And <laughs> this person's like, haha, I took a little taste. Yes. <laughs> oh, and then by the time Shiki gets into the room, there's like something locked in the closet thumping on the door uh-huh. with... With a, or you uh, go put a chair in or no, a whole couch, dresser. dresser in front of the closet. Like, There's a dresser in front of your closet. He's like, yeah, I was redecorating just now. And Shiki's like, it seems pretty inconvenient. And he's like, there's nothing of use in the closet. <laughs> the, the only other good thing about that scene is we get the detail that um, uh, Akiha is sick at Mahjong. Yeah. Uh, because her dorm plays Mahjong like fiends. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, this scene... Shiki returns to Arihiko's house to yes. visit. No one's home. Mm-hmm. But what's that, Fan? He hears something in Arihiko's room. Or no, he hears something. And he's like, burglar, better go check yeah, that no out. answering the door, but the door is unlocked. Yeah. And so he like comes in. And it's coming from the second floor. Uh-huh. It's coming from Arihiko's room. Uh-huh. He starts to approach. And he hears something big moving in there mm-hmm. it's like it's like a two meter cockroach or something it's what it sounds like it's horrible it's like crawling on the ground and like chewing on something and also is it talking <laughs> Fen? yep he bursts the door open and what the fuck do we see are we looking at we see a flash of maybe my favorite cg the wildest cg in this game there is a human there's a creature. There's a creature with a horse tail. Horse tail. Four dots on her forehead. Uh-huh. Uh pointed elf ears. Pointed elf pointed elf ears with like four piercings each. Uh-huh. Uh a collar. Blonde hair. Blonde hair. Uh like a blue jumpsuit. What's the the hair thing? Uh, the hair swoop? A hoge. A like protagonist hair like flip. It's less protagonist, more airhead. Airhead, yeah. You're... And uh, critically, what's the last thing? She's eating a carrot. Oh, with you her hooves. That she has hooves. Her hands and feet are hooves. She is on the ground on her hands and knees, stuffing a carrot into her mouth with her hoof from a box. She's with her big, big eyes like open, like, whoa, you surprised me while I was on the floor eating carrots in Onikiko's uh-huh. room. We see a flash of this, and then Shiki closes the door. <laughs> Shiki screams and runs away. Oh, does he run away? He slams okay. the door and runs out of the house and bumps into Ichigo. Uh-huh. And Ichigo's like, you saw it too, huh? <laughs> and Shiki's like, did Arihiko like, run over a horse or something like that? Is he being haunted? She's like, I asked him that too, but he said no. And she starts to go in the house, and Shiki's like, you're going in there? She's like live there <laughs> nothing i can do i like ichigo uh-huh yeah i had to like go and find this sprite and like look at it uh in the menu later because mm-hmm. it's the, just the funniest thing in the whole world it's an incredible cg or the cg yeah not sprite what the fuck was that thing it was a horse it was well we're about to find out ben that is nanako-chan and we'll find out how yeah nanako importantly being like i th- I assume the kanji for seven and child uh-huh it's a dark and stormy day arahika's running home in the rain uh-huh. and sees something interesting drifting down the river he is apparently a collector of drunk yeah that sounds very arahiko he goes on vacation he collects junk from the river 
Uh, he like drags it home. It's very heavy. Mm-hmm. And uh, he falls asleep. Dreams about the past. Uh-huh. A lot of this game is thinking or dreaming about the past. Mm-hmm. He's, he thinks about how he met Shiki by declaring himself his rival. And Shiki was like, whatever, man. And then he stole Shiki's <laughs> pudding. And then Shiki, without saying anything, beat the shit out of him. <laughs> What an incredible first interaction. Uh-huh. One. Part one. Arihiko and Shiki are fighting in a field. Arihiko's like, I, it's not that I hate Shiki. I just, he's like me and I want to train against him. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They fight until they both collapse. And then Arihiko is like, well, that doesn't, didn't change the fact that I kind of hate myself. Mm-hmm. But I am feeling a little, it's a cathartic at least. He's just happy to know that there's another kid who feels the way he feels, right? Mm-hmm. Which is weird. Why is Shiki such a weird kid and gives off such weird vibes? Why does Arihiko? Well, we'll find out. We will find out at some point. They talk about nothing, and then uh, eventually they start talking about death mm-hmm. for some reason. They talk about what they think their final words and their, their final thoughts would be. I've already chosen that, this is starting with Arihiko. I've already chosen that. When I die, I definitely have to apologize. I have to politely lower my head and say, Everyone, I'm sorry for everything up until now. Yes, he said and nodded. Uh, looking at the riverbank with a face that seemed to say, This kid understands. Maybe I'll say thank you. Everyone, I'm thankful for everything up until now. Like that, he said with such a happy expression. Arihiko in that moment is like, Shiki. He seems like such a dark person, but he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> How could someone who's like in as much pain as he is, clearly, be thankful in their moment of death? Mm-hmm. I will never defeat him. <laughs> <laughs> this to be, this is two nine-year-olds. <laughs> uh huh. They're they're grown up for their age because of their circumstances. Yeah, but they I are just two like nine-year-olds. The listen. Shiki was already talking about what the meaning of life is with coma when he was six or whatever. Or eight. Yeah. It's just an interesting, like, the first 30 seconds are, like, pretty serious. Mm-hmm. And we get, like, a bit of goofiness. And then we get back to, oh, no, it's two nine-year-olds laying on a riverbank after beating the heck out of one another. Talking uh, about, talking the about what they're going to say when they die. It's, it's, like, something that kids would definitely talk about. <laughs> you know what I mean? If... That's like something you would like see in a, they just watched a show where someone died and they're being like, what do you think you're going to say? Oh, yeah. You know, Uh totally getting it. Except for these two, for whatever reason, kind of do get it. Mm -hmm. So it takes on a much more serious tone Mm -hmm. all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. But then Arico's like, ha, he's such an idiot. Ha ha. Because he's a dumb little kid. Mm -hmm. Cut forward. Arico's in his house. Uh, or Arahiko is talking about how his house is an annoying spot. He's been living there for eight years. Inui is an uncommon name, apparently. Mm-hmm. So he's like, we really stand out in the neighborhood. There's a lot of stuff about the names and kanji. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, their last name is one kanji that could mean drought, desiccate, drink up, heaven, or emperor. That's a lot of meanings. This is a an actual last name. Mm-hmm. Jisho like shows it as a possible last name, but it's not super common. Probably mm-hmm. because half of it, the the first half of its meanings are listed as bad things. Yeah. Uh huh. Now 
Arihiko's name is the kanji for exist and the kanji for boy. Uh-huh. Or exist or have. So <laughs> have lad <laughs> is a valid understanding of his name, which is such a... He's like, yeah, it's a real simple name. That's a really simple name. Yeah. Boy who exists. <laughs> now, Ichigo's name sounds like strawberry, but it's spelled with a kanji for one and child. So first child. <laughs> <laughs> really uncreative parents on those two. Uh-huh. Arihiko's parents are dead. Mm-hmm. They passed away in an accident, we get, mm-hmm. when he was young. And Ichigo did not rise to the occasion. <laughs> Ichigo was like... Yeah, yeah, I gotta take care of my brother. I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I feel like, and he's gonna end up doing the same. <laughs> and that's why Arihiko's a big delinquent, is because she wasn't, well, he'd been through a lot, and she wasn't exactly in a position to give him, like, the structure and care that he needed to grow up to a, be a, like, s- semi-normal kid. So he's yeah. like, he doesn't really get the reason to act like a normal kid either. Mm-hmm. So... He's Arihiko, you yep. know. You only need to go to school about two-thirds of the time, and you can skip out early, <laughs> you know? Uh, speaking of, Arihiko left school early today. Shiki has been in Wife City lately, and Arihiko's a little jealous. Yeah, he's like, ah, I should have tried to talk a girl into skipping with me. Ah, damn. Oh, well. Uh, his hand hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cut himself carrying that junk home uh, and bled a little. That's probably nothing. That's probably nothing. Ichigo is home and locked up in her room. Uh, so Arihiko's like, oh, I'll, I'll make something. I know how to make fried rice. Fried rice with kimchi. And fried rice with every ingredient in it. What the fuck that means? Food content. Food content. Food <laughs> There's content. There's not a lot of food. <laughs> Scraps, Ben. Uh-huh. You know how some people look at a Disney movie and they're like, oh. That character was on screen for five seconds is gay. Mm-hmm. That's me, but with food content in this game. <laughs> now, at least I know that we're getting good food representation soon. Uh-huh. What What's up with the fridge? There's nothing in it. It's very empty. All the veggies are gone. That's really weird. Uh-huh. Uh, so he heads back to his room, and not ben? sure what to do, and he has ben? the same experience that Shiki has, where he's going down the hallway hearing something chewing in his room, and he's like, must be a thief, bursts in with a smile, and sees that exact same CG. This is where I thought that Shiki closed the door and opened it again, because that is exactly what Arihiko does, is closes the door, and then he's like, hmm, uh... That was probably just a hallucination. Yeah, he's like, I haven't slept in two days. Another fascinating Arihiko thing is that he just doesn't sleep for days at a time. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, you hallucinate sometimes when you do that. Uh, I definitely didn't see anything. And then the chewing starts again. <laughs> slams the door open. He's like, don't just fucking start doing it again. I'm trying to convince myself you don't exist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, he yells... Um, what are you doing, punk, at her? And she says, oh, would you like to come in? <laughs> and she tilts her head like a pigeon, he says. And Arihiko is like, who is this girl? Why is she so calm? And in my room, he goes to grab her collar and his hand passes right through her. Uh-huh. Huh. She's a ghost. And she's calling him master. <laughs> or a spirit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Fan... You asked me what character in this game who doesn't have an Ahoge should have an Ahoge at this point in time when I was playing. He's sweet. You think he's sweet should have an Ahoge? 
I think the obvious one is Arcoid, right? But yeah. it should be two Saber. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think he sweeps head empty enough for an Ahoge. Uh-huh, uh-huh. CL can't support one, I don't think. She's, she's not, too serious she's all the time. She's not fun enough. Yeah. Uh, Kohaku can't have an Ahoge. No. Uh, Akiha, no way in hell. No. So that leaves Hisui or the obvious one, which is Arcoid. I think like it would look good on Arcoid, but again, we're really straying into Saber territory uh-huh, at that uh-huh. point. I just think Hisui would look cute with him. Or Shiki. He is a dumbass. Yeah. It would be very funny if just on a bunch of screens there was like the tip of oh, a hoge. Akira. Oh yeah, Akira. Akira, Akira could do an okay. Yeah. We cut a little bit later. Adhiko is sitting down. I think. <laughs> I I just want to say I brought this up because, as we said, Adhiko has an hoge, and she's the first one. Mm-hmm. She's dumb as a brick. Dumb as a. Ben, that yeah. girl has zero brain cells. Zero, not even the one. Adhiko later. Not even lending one to someone. <laughs> Anahiko is struggling to make sense of this. <laughs> this creature in front of him is a spirit. She's got hooves and a tail, but she's mostly girl-shaped. And Anahiko is like, this is a talking horse. And she's like, I'm not a horse. And he throws an alarm clock at her and it goes right through her, which is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, whoa, dangerous. <laughs> That's such a funny thing to say. Uh-huh. Um, He's like, you got to get out of here. Uh, She's got great sprites. Yeah. She doesn't have many of them, but they're all great. I think she has it's so three. funny that she doesn't have hands, Fen. She has hooves. Yep. She has so funny got hooves. every time that you see her little hooves. How does she open a bag of carrots? It was a box of carrots. Okay. I think it was originally a shopping bag of carrots. I assume that something in the fridge <laughs> was in a bag. Uh, She goes to town on them with her little horse teeth. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay. So, Arihiko can touch her, he can touch her, like, physically with his left hand, the hand he cut. He, like, he, like, tries to do, like, a noogie, like, grind the sides Uh of her head's thing. It doesn't expect it to work, but one side of his hand actually, like, hits her, and she's like, oh, that hurt. And then she punches him in the head (laughs) with her horseshoe, and he almost faints. Uh Uh-huh. He's like, please stop calling me master. And she's like, whoa, are you not my master? I'm pretty sure you're my master. (laughs) Yeah. He's (laughs) like, whatever contract you think we have is broken. You need to get out of here. And she's like, well, if you throw me out, you'll probably suffer a fatal accident as divine retribution. Just so you know. She phrases it a little nicer than that. Uh She's like, you'll probably get in a car accident or something if (laughs) I'm not around to protect you. Uh Uh-huh. She's the mafia, Ben. <laughs> this is her... She's paid in carrots, her protection fee. Uh-huh. Uh, her name is Seven. Uh-huh. He goes like, that's too cool a name for you. Uh, I'm going to call you Nanako. And she gets really excited because she thinks it's cute. Yeah. Uh, now we get into the rape joke section of the story. This is the part where my my note is character assassination of Arihiko complete. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, Arihiko makes a joke about sexually assaulting her and grabs her with his hand. Uh, she, like, like squeals and whatever. Uh-huh. And then uh, 
The only bit of this that is almost funny is that Ichigo bursts in, apparently knows Nanako-chan is there already and has uh-huh. been talking to her, and is like, oh, I see, you're a pervert. I'm calling the police, and like goes and he has to physically stop her from calling the cops on him. This section sucks. Uh-huh. It's not a good joke. No. I, I say that it's almost funny. Not for like a second, like, but like the premise of it is so rotten. Yeah. I think he's like, oh, I'm making a joke about sexually assaulting her to chase her out of my house, but also she's kind of cute. Yeah. It's like, ugh, Arihiko. This is not the Arihiko that I love. No. We will get some good Arihiko content in this story, but just this is a real stumbling block. Mm-hmm. Two. He does not do this again. No. This is the only moment that he does it. Yeah. So, hey, Ben. Yeah. Second day. Mm-hmm. Or second section, I guess. It's interesting that all of these stories are, like, broken up into sections. Yeah. Or mm, all of the ones that are long enough to warrant that. Uh-huh. Arhiko's talking about how childhood trauma can rot your spirit from the inside. <laughs> um, Which is, it's such a tonal shift to go from ha-ha rape joke to, like, Arhiko thinking about being broken as a human. Yeah, yeah he's like... You need, it's like having a broken bone. If you don't have the right kind of doctor to set it, it can just fuck you up for life and you become someone like me. Uh-huh. It's such like a, like, whoa, Arihiko. Uh-huh. Drama queen all of a sudden. Yeah. Arihiko saw his parents die. Oh. Which is rough. Oh. Um. Uh, apparently, young Arihiko, after that point, suffered from paranoia about sudden death accidents. Mm-hmm. And to make up for that fear, he pretended to understand death and not to fear anything. This and is this is children to me. Uh-huh. Is like this is real. Like I'm a kid who had brush with death, and like I'm trying to be an adult, right? Yeah. Uh huh. As opposed to when he meets Shiki, who died. Yeah. <laughs> and like really gets it in a way that no one, that, like no kid should. I think he. I I think it's here where he says like only me and Yumizuka saw shiki for what he was yeah like he mentions yumizuka without without the context that arihiko has he wouldn't have looked at shiki and been like oh there's someone who understands death yeah but like because he does have that context he's like oh i thought i got it i did not in fact have it at all i'm so curious about what is up with yumizuka that made her capable of recognizing that in him yeah I mean, it could be that he's referring to post. Like, she kind of imprinted on him. She knew something in was a up way from the very beginning, though. Did she? She said she was watching him even before that. You know. Okay. She just yeah. Had, maybe it was just the fact that she had something in her that was uh, destined to be a monster. Right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like her destined, her like magical ability to be a vampire. Now I really want the Yumizuka route. Yeah, like, I right. want to know what so curious. what is up with her that made her like predisposed to vampirism. Mm-hmm. So during a class trip into the mountains, mm-hmm. there was a big rainstorm, very sudden, and it triggered a mudslide and brought some trees down on the building they were in. All the kids are freaking out and screaming, except Adihiko and Shiki. Yep. Uh, Shiki's like kind of, like looking out the window, and Adihiko wanders into a corner away from the crying kids, and part of the roof caves in on him. Mm-hmm. And a heavy branch falls right in front of his face. And he, he, Arihiko is like, I'm always ready to react in a situation like this. Whiffs it. Yep. Panics. Like, freezes in place. 
And little Shiki crawls out from under part of the wreckage that fell on him and is like, hey, it's dangerous, and like takes him back towards the rest of the class. Uh-huh. Un- unaffected. And Adahiko's like, oh, wow. Yeah. I love, I think that this is in the text and not just in your notes, but I love the, 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 what you get out of this is that Arihiko and Shiki both understand that death comes at any time to anyone. Kind of, it doesn't, doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Shiki is at peace with this fact. Mm-hmm. Arihiko is trying desperately to be at peace with this fact uh-huh. and is not. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's one thing to know, like, oh, I can, I could die at any moment. A, a car could hit me or whatever, uh-huh. like Arihiko does. That's another thing to be like Shiki, who's like, ah, the sky could fall at any second, and I can see it fall. Uh huh. You know what I mean? That's think, always been the thing with Shiki. Yeah, is his proximity to death not only makes him like predisposed to mm-hmm. uh, being being in dangerous situations, but also is like yeah, like the the epilogue is such a great uh, what is it, eclipse? Mm-hmm. It's such a great like yeah, I've lived, I had a good life. Mm-hmm. Like whenever death comes for me, that's fine. It's like um, you know that anecdote about the guy who discovered that atoms are mostly empty space. No. He, like, figured it out that atoms are, like, almost not there, right? Mm-hmm. And then had like wouldn't get out of bed for days because he was afraid he would fall through. Huh. That's what Shiki is, right? Uh-huh. When he first gets his mystic eyes, he's like, anything could crumple at any second. Uh, and it's terrifying. Uh-huh. And he couldn't move. I feel like it's, yeah, I feel like that's more Arahiko. Mm-hmm. Well, that was Shiki at the very beginning, before he gets his right, glasses, right, before yeah, he talks yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Right. So Shiki's gone through this arc. Yeah. Where he's like, oh no, I can't, I can hardly breathe. I'm, I can't live like this. Uh-huh. And then Aoko, great mentor, fixed him in seven days. Uh huh. And he was able to be at peace. Wait, is Aoko God? <laughs> seven days. Mm hmm. Arihiko is awakened from his dream by Nanako slapping her, him with her big hooves. Uh huh. This. I would not like to be... I would love to be awakened by a Hisui. Mm-hmm. Especially if she was just going to stand there and gaze lovingly at me for I a while. I'd be a little unnerved if I woke up and I realized someone had been staring at me for 20 minutes. I do this all the time with you, Ben. I don't stare at you, I guess. I exist in the same space as. Yeah, that's different. It's different um, to be like around and waiting for me to wake up. That's another thing to be three inches from my face. <laughs> uh... I would never in a million years want to be woken up by hard metallic hooves. <laughs> Horseshoes slapping you. Do you think they're cold? Probably, because I think that she has hooves in there, but the horseshoes are metal. Okay. Maybe they're a little warmer than would. Yeah. <laughs> Still uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Uh, Arihiko's going to go to school to escape her and says, don't touch the fridge. I will bring you more carrots. She's like, yay. Uh, he's not actually going to school. He's going to fuck around. Mm-hmm. He talks about how he tried to ask Shiki for help and Shiki didn't help. Uh-huh. But Arihiko's figured out a few things. Nanako can't leave his house. Cool. If she's left alone, she'll disappear. Uh-huh. So she needs veggies to stay alive. And if he doesn't, tra- if he tries not to feed her, she'll feed herself off of their food. Uh-huh. Uh, she would rather have blood or cum, presumably. Uh, but Arihiko hates the idea and buys her food with his own money. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Ichigo says... <laughs> Ichigo rules. Um, Ichigo's just like, it's yours. 
not my problem. Uh-huh. He's like, at this point, I'm going to need to get a job to pay for this thing for my pet horse. Uh, he's like, I shouldn't have given her a name. Now I'm like attached to her. This sucks. I should never have named her Nanako. And Nanako immediately appears like, yes, what do you need? Uh-huh. <laughs> the battle music starts playing. Oh, and he goes screams and people are like, well, what's going on with that guy? None of them can see Nanako. Uh-huh. Uh, it's so funny that she shows herself to Ichigo, given that she can apparently make herself invisible. Uh-huh. Ben? Yes? Well, yeah. I wonder if she can make herself invisible inside the home. Yeah. Um, Ben? Mm-hmm. Murder alley time. He drags her to murder alley to punish her for uh, uh, appearing is... by bopping her on the head. There's, yeah. There's only one rape joke. There's a lot of Arihiko just being like... Whacking her. Physically not super nice to her. Uh-huh. You could call it physically abusive. Yeah, don't treat your pet horse this way. No. He's like, I thought you couldn't leave the house. And she's like, well, our bond, our blood bond is getting stronger, so I can exist anywhere that you are now. Mm-hmm. And uh, she she keeps doing this great sprite where she like has like wisps around her and she's pretending <laughs> to be a vengeful spirit to scare him, you know? It's a great sprite. Uh, he's like, just tell me what you really are. And she's like... No, you are an unofficial master, and I don't have to. <laughs> and he's like, you have another master. I'm just going to bring the junk that you're attached to to them. And she's like, whoa, you figured all that out? I thought you were, like, rock stupid, man. <laughs> <laughs> she starts throwing a tantrum. She's apparently terrified of her real master. Mm-hmm. If I go back to my master, I can't even guess how I'll be remodeled. That's a scary interesting. Sense. Uh, apparently she's gotten a make several makeovers to make her look more industrial, uh-huh. including I think the piercings and the tattoos on her forehead. Uh huh. She. We also get that her master has a terribly unbalanced diet. Mm-hmm. And Arigo's like, I don't care. I want to know where your master lives, and she's like, not gonna tell you that. Yeah, she's like, if I tell you that, you're gonna take me home. No. Uh huh. So uh, he's like, go home, teleport back to our house or whatever. Uh-huh. And then uh, he's like, it's fine. Her master's going to come looking for her. And I'll just hand her over when the time comes. Uh-huh. Part three. Slash. Oh, yeah. There's like a, a, a like part 2.5 where Shiki and Arihiko talk about ghosts for a minute. Yeah. Really short, I think. I think the one the one interesting thing is here from here is that they make a distinction between being scared of ghosts and not wanting to see the dead come back. Mm-hmm. Which is a like you could not be scared of ghosts and still not want to see the dead come back. Yeah. Which is an interesting I don't know what the distinction is. Feels like a piece of the translation that is like, I, mm-hmm. hard to parse, mm-hmm. but. I guess like there's, are you afraid of like, ooh, spooky ghost yeah. that appears? Or are you afraid of the concept of like the afterlife and being trapped on earth and like all that? Yeah, I think that that is the distinction that is like, are you afraid of your past coming back? Uh-huh. Or are you afraid of the concept of a dead person mm-hmm. still here. Part three. It's fifth or sixth grade. Uh-huh. Uh, during an exercise break, Shiki is running ahead of Arihiko and collapses. Arihiko it, like, catches up to him and is like, oh, this kid is like 
going through something. He might die. Uh-huh. And Shiki's rushed, rushed to the hospital. This mm-hmm. is one of his anemia attacks where his body mm-hmm. just completely shuts down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shiki come back, comes back the next day like nothing is wrong. And Arihiko is like, I just haven't noticed, but this is happening constantly. I think, does Arihiko talk to a teacher? Yeah, here? yeah. Okay. Is that later? No, no, no. That, that was there. Okay. It, a teacher is like, oh, you're friends with him. So I'll tell you, yeah, this just happens all the time. He mm-hmm. has some kind of disease where he could die at any moment, basically. Yeah. And Arihiko's shocked. Uh-huh. Because for Shiki, it's not just like, oh, an accident could kill me. It's like, ah, my day could kill, could be my last. Uh-huh. Realizing that Shiki is dancing on the line of death, uh, he jumped him after school. Uh-huh. Uh, this is the fight where they both collapse and talk about death together. Which, this is the question mm-hmm. that was referenced in the the uh, dinner scene, mm-hmm. is what is your what are your last words going to be? Right, 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 right. I, and it's like... I hadn't quite put that together, but yeah, that's the thing. Have they changed? No. No. Shiki's still going to say thank you, and Arhiko's still going to say I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I wonder why. We'll get there. Uh-huh. So... After that fight, Arihiko's like, I'm going to be friends forever with this guy. Uh-huh. Love that guy. These two, these two are, this is the, the, um, sometimes you need, like, strong arms and stronger bonds of friendship. <laughs> like, if you just need two guys to help move stuff. Yeah, Arihiko and Shiki. <laughs> oh, One of them might die at any point, but. <laughs> that should be, that should actually be our meme for this episode. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. faces on it. That would be perfect. Oh. Ben? What? Shiki's here and he needs training in video games. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We're back in the present. Shiki's coming over to practice games because there's a certain maid he wants to defeat. <laughs> he will never beat Kohaku at anything. No. Uh Arihiko has noticed that the fridge is completely empty. Uh, so he goes up to yell at um, <laughs> yell at Nanako and pull her out of her sleeping spot, which is the closet. Mm-hmm. He's like, go hang out in Ichigo's room. And uh, she's like, no, I'll just hide myself when the guest arrives. Which I don't know if that means like scamper around behind the counter or if it means like turn invisible. Uh-huh. But I don't think she can turn invisible to Shiki's eyes. So no. it's also Ichigo smokes. And yeah, she doesn't want to go any. Nanako is like, it's like it's nasty in there. Too smoky. Ew. Ew. Uh, she she calls herself a girl of the shadows, which is a really distinct line that Kohaku also uses while complaining about how no one thinks of her as a heroine. Huh. Uh huh. When she's like bitching during the quiz show. That's interesting. So Arihiko ends up trapping her in the closet. This is the same setup as what happens on the Mahjong day, but they're, mm-hmm. they're presumably playing video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he traps her in the closet for a while and then lets her out and she's crying. Uh-huh. Shiki, Why? Shiki is like her master. Not, like, physically similar at all. Just vibes. Uh-huh. Scary. And he goes like, yeah, Shiki is a little scary. Um, but what exactly is it about, is it about him that reminds you of your master? They're the same in that they've both died. Huh. She starts warning him. She's like, Shiki should not exist. He should not be alive. Uh-huh. Being around him is dangerous. Tono himself had no problems, but the kids sitting near him... This is about, like, middle, sc- middle school, right? 
Uh-huh. Tono himself had no problems, but the kids sitting near him asked to have their seats changed without exception. That's because, with a child's mind, they were afraid of the tension surrounding him. To put it into words, some kind of kid sitting next to him might have said, I don't get the feeling that he's alive. Growing up, that disappeared, but as a kid, he had given off a feeling of danger for no reason. So yeah, Shiki, young Shiki gave off a serial killer vibe. Uh-huh. He managed to suppress that, but so that only people who knew what to look for knew it about yeah okay this is where we got the to children who had never once thought about life and death tono who made them feel true death must have looked scary well the only people who clearly understood it were myself and a girl named yumizuka really can't wait for the for red garden i really want to know more about yumizuka's deal it's so it's so cool that after 20 sorry after 75 years <laughs> Yumizuka is going to get her own route. Yumizuka, I haven't heard that name spoken in 75 years. She died in Tsukihime and only got cameo appearances since. <laughs> Wait, it's been what? Tsukihime was 2000, right? Yeah. So it has been well, it will be 22 years this yep. year. Uh-huh. Probably at least three more. Mm-hmm. 25 years that she's been waiting for her out eight years until we can play it it's so it's so fascinating to me that the the first half of that remake uh-huh is two routes and the uh-huh. next half is four routes that's twice as many i think it's gonna be long like i bet i'd bet that those routes are closer in length to original skihime because mm-hmm. there are four of them mm-hmm as opposed to Arcoid and CLs, which are, I think, about twice as long as... Um, than they were originally. Yeah. We'll see. Or combined... I think the thing was combined, they are about the length of Tsukihime mm-hmm. original. Can't believe So maybe there's room for like a little bit extra yeah. in the three remake routes, but not that much if they're going to keep to the same... Like, all four routes are about the same length as... The five routes of the original. There's too many girls. I bet you it's going to be longer than the first half. Maybe. Maybe not significantly, significantly, but even just like the Yumizuka route's like a whole new thing, like ground up. Yeah. Based on like some scraps of notes they took 20 years ago. Uh-huh. I'm ready. I want it now. I'm so... This... Yeah, reading, rereading, like going over this story has made me a Yumizuka fan from fucking 10, 15 years ago being like, oh, she's so interesting. I wonder when we're going to find out more about her. And then finally (laughs) hearing like, oh, no, 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 this is real and it's happening and it's coming out. Wild. Wild. Yeah. She's really interesting because she is the most normal person in the story. You know? Yeah, but also like not at all normal. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. So anyway, this literally we're having this conversation because her name gets dropped once in this. But I mean, like between the stuff that she has in in Akiha's route Mm -hmm. and here, it's like, oh, you could do an interesting route with her. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. There's definitely like, yeah. There. I don't. I don't know that Tsukihime era Nasu would have done super interesting stuff with her. 
I think I trust more current Nasu to well, like. Based on the plus disc, it seemed like her being a, a vampire dead apostle type thing was going to be the plot. I was worried that they, that like the plan yeah, was I guess. she was going to be a human. Uh-huh. And she was going to have to protect her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But no, it's something. It was always something different. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Nanako warns him that uh, if he hangs out with, if Arahiko hangs out with Shiki, he'll probably die in a strange and inexplicable way. Uh-huh. Inexplicable way. And Arahiko's like, if I die, I die. And she's like, why aren't you afraid to die? And Arahiko went through uh, something scarier than anything. We finally get some information on mm-hmm. that accident. His parents had money, apparently. Yeah. They lived in a really high-class apartment building. Uh, well, high-class, except that there was some kind of catastrophic failure that caused the entire building to collapse. Seemed like it. Uh, Just, like, he got lucky. Yeah, the the wreckage fell into like a triangle around him and barely mm-hmm. got held up, and he was just trapped in this tiny little pocket, mm-hmm. uh, not crushed, but with the feeling that if he moved too much, he would shift something and get crushed instantly. Uh-huh. For three days, terrifying. Yeah, fucking. He was the only survivor uh, from the third floor. Mm-hmm. He's on. His mother, father, and grandma all died. Ichigo was at school when it happened. Mm -hmm. Now, so he spent those three days just staring straight ahead, not moving. Mm -hmm. And you know what he was staring at? Uh, His grandma. Because I think mother and father died somewhere else in the apartment. Uh His grandma, she was right in front of him. He, like, saw her with, like, bloodshot eyes, like, staring at him with something that looks like hatred. Uh-huh. <laughs> because she, her whole body was torn apart. Uh-huh. Like, she was not going to survive this, no matter what. I think he says, like, he says something like, oh, yeah, I saw her torso and then realized that it was no longer connected to her legs. She seems, she survives, this makes it sound like she survived way longer than that, than would be possible with that kind of injury. But, yeah. um... It's anime. She's though. not going to live. Time is fungible. So she just stares at him and he tries to stay still enough that she won't know that he's alive because he's worried that she's going to like crawl towards him mm-hmm. and uh, collapse the building. And so he's stuck in this position where he's like, she sees that I, she like thinks I'm unharmed. She thinks that I'm uh, going to survive this and she hates me for it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fucked up. So he's just sitting there like, I hope she dies soon so she doesn't bring the house down on mm-hmm. me. Uh-huh. He was just a normal little kid. Yeah. He's just so scared that that had to be the thought in his head. Uh-huh. But he realized at the end that uh, it wasn't quite right. She starts coughing, like, really badly. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, the building could come down from this. And she looks over to him with, like, an apologetic look and then bites her tongue. Mm-hmm. So that she bleeds out quickly so she doesn't cause any more trouble. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she wasn't angry or jealous. She was just in pain and worried about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. She was trying to figure out how to help him and then gave up because anything she think, did was going to make it worse. Yeah. I think she like raises an arm or something. Reaches towards him. Yeah. Something like that. And like she was 
that was a like oh i'm gonna help you slash stay where you are uh-huh. and he took it as a like please come help me mm-hmm. um yeah i have never experienced a terror that surpassed that time and i realized that death wasn't an <sighs> and i realized that death wasn't as ugly a thing as everyone thought everyone dies at some point me too i'll definitely die sometime that's just what a that's what that story is it's just a trivial little tale about how i learned what i should do when i die right she mouthed i'm sorry to him mm-hmm. as she died mm-hmm. <laughs> poor arahiko that's a rough one uh-huh that's a rough thing to go through so he was rescued by rescue workers uh-huh three days after the collapse happened yeah uh, yeah no wonder <laughs> No wonder he's a fucked up kid. Aside from the apology part. I also wouldn't part. care about school that much if that happened to me when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Aside from the apology part, I I vibe with Arhiko's approach to death. <laughs> Arhiko and Shiki, I guess. Well, you don't cause trouble for people like Arhiko does. No. Closer to Shiki then, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's like, ever since then, I've made a nuisance of myself. You know, and mm-hmm. like my grandma was worried that she made it worse and didn't make it didn't help. So she apologized when she died. I'm going to apologize for all the trouble I've caused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Nanako feels uh, close enough to him now that she wants to tell a little story, too. Well, he told her something important, so she's going to she's going to reciprocate. Yeah. She's a familiar. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. She died a thousand years ago. That's a long time ago. She's older than Arcoid. Uh-huh. So she is the other kind of familiar. Len is was a dead uh, was a corpse that used a, a mage used a human spirit to turn into a new life form, basically. Yes. A, a new familiar. Mm-hmm. Arcoid mentioned that some people don't like doing that. They prefer to turn natural spirits into familiars. Mm-hmm. She's that kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, nature spirits are not on the same side as humans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they need to be fused with a human soul in order to make them hum- like on the side of humans. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Interesting. So I don't... it's so funny, like being like, oh, the ethics of it are a little fucked. I'd rather just like make a familiar out of something that's already living uh, by sacrificing a human soul. Uh huh. It didn't seem like the mage who made Len killed someone. No. It seems like he plucked like a soul out of the life for- stream and uh-huh. like used it. Anyway, she was just a normal human. Mm-hmm. She was the most beautiful girl in her beautiful little town, but her she had a poor family. She mm-hmm. Can't win them all. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that town had a nature spirit, a unicorn, living in the forest nearby. It had died. And its horn had become a new kind of spirit. Uh So it was originally like a divine animal, basically. Mm -hmm. And when it died, its spirit attached itself to the horn and became like a ghost. Divine in the lowercase d. Divine. Not a like... Because the Catholic Church does show up. So it's Uh not a like... Not a godly creature with a capital G, but a like, yeah. Yeah, there's other religions besides Christianity in this world. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, so the unicorn wanted to continue to protect the area, so it lived on as a spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the Catholics showed up to take it and turn it into a holy scripture. Hmm. Whatever that means. I think that Nasu has a different understanding of what scripture means than we do. (laughs) uh, Scripture is writing. Yep. Not a ghost. No. Now, you can probably at this point guess where this is going. Nope. You you can't, Fen? Nope. You I finished know? the story and I don't know where the, I'm joking. I know where this is going now, okay. but I had zero idea at the time. Okay. Well, when did you figure it out? Tell me when you figured it out. Oh, is it when CL shows up, Fun? Yeah. Wow! <laughs> you can cut that bit. So yeah, they wanted to make a holy scripture out of this ghost. Mm-hmm. But nature spirits don't like the church. They don't like uh, like working with them. Well, it feels like it's not like, oh, nature spirits dislike the church. It's, it's more like they have their own agenda. They're fundamentally not part of humanity and have no yeah. reason to directly protect them. Yeah. Right. It's protective of the area, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean it like, wants to work for humans. Yeah. So, uh, which I think is, yeah, just to, to back a little bit, it's like, there is, yeah, it, uh, put them on the side of humans is a phrase that is uttered, um, but it feels more like it's like, uh, make them human enough to understand why they would want to help us. Uh-huh. Like, they are fundamentally unhuman creatures. Yeah. And, yeah, they need a, human souls, make them human enough for us to use them is basically the... great. That sounds like a great thing to do to a natural protector of a land. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so they wanted to feed it a human soul uh-huh. <laughs> to give it the experience of being human, and it would develop in an, a direction that would eventually become an ally to them. Mm-hmm. So they managed to get their hands on one poor human girl and mm-hmm. fed her to the spirit, and that's how Seven was born. Mm-hmm. And then a thousand years later, she's in the form she is now, able to control herself. Took her a while. I offered my body by myself. There wasn't much I could do while alive anyway, and I thought this would make me happier. (laughs) Plus, you know, my funeral was amazing. Oh, I was already dead by then, so I was the spirit of Unicorn Son, but it really was amazing. It was such a clear day, and from the entrance of the town to the top of the tower, everything was covered in white flowers. Townspeople I hadn't even talked to participated, and several bishops came to see me off. Yeah, it was so beautiful. I thought for the first time that I had led a good life, and I was overjoyed. Hmm. What a sad, sad thing to say. Uh-huh. She doesn't, un- like, get why it's sad. Uh-huh. She, that's a theme for the rest of the story. Uh-huh. She's like, yeah, I'm not a ghost because I don't have any regrets for my life. I, I was happy. The only th- regret that I have comes from after I died. Her mother. Mm-hmm. Well, you know... Her father was exiled from wherever this was, and her family had no money. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nanako thinks, says that she chose to do this. But you know what? Her mom got a lot of money uh-huh. in exchange for this child's life. Yeah. Really, uh, really puts that in a different picture, huh? She couldn't have been that old. How old do you think Nanako is, like, appearance-wise? Like, 9, 10, 12? Yeah. She's small. Young. Naive. Naive. Uh, After my funeral, my mother became weaker and weaker, and though she could buy whatever she wanted, she just stayed inside her home and kept saying, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh 
And she kept trying to tell her mother that it was okay, that she was happy, and that it was the best thing for her. Mm-hmm. But uh, her mother couldn't see her or hear her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she died. And Nanako, the, the, the spirit that we call Nanako, the person, disappeared. Mm-hmm. She sealed herself up away and became a, like, a nature spirit that was obedient to the church. Uh-huh. Like, with no personality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Arihiko's like, this is exactly kind the kind of person that I'm weak against. Someone who, like, could die and be thankful. Uh-huh. Bullshit. I hate it. I can't, I can't hate them, you know? So, now, the scary master. Uh-huh. That remodeled her and did all these awful things is also the only reason Nanako is a person any- at all. Mm-hmm. She like drew out that part of Nanako that had a personality by being mean to her. Uh-huh. So Nanako is able to do things like run away from home and be lazy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mean. <laughs> mean to her. But also, I'm glad Nanako has a life again. Uh-huh. Uh, try, leave it to Nasu to make the joke horse girl have a like touching backstory. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Arihiko's like, do you hate your master? Do you want her dead? She's like, no, 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 no. That that woman doesn't even die when killed. Mm-hmm. And did you figure it out then? No. Holy shit. Uh, and he's like, are you sure? It sounds like she gives you a lot of trouble. And she's like, no, no, no. My master is good. She's scary, but I can't leave her alone. Mm. <laughs> Except she did run away. Four. Part four. One day, a mysterious figure shows up. It wearing a suit with a cross on the tie. Ben, this they is not a mysterious hair. figure. <laughs> and they're here for seven. Who is this, Fen? This is Butch Ciel. <laughs> Fen, did you figure it out now? Yes. Okay. Arihiko. No, I didn't know what the piece of junk that Arihiko picked up was, but I was like, why? Real Ciel's quick. part of the church, so it makes sense she would be here. I did not at all put together... I... I glossed over the bit where it's like, oh, the church came and the Catholic church, the ones that CL works for. I I love you so much. I'm dumb, dumb. (laughs) You're Goomba. Anyway, Arihiko's like, I'll I'll go get the thing. And he drags the junk from the river out of his closet, Mm -hmm. which is a massive gun with a bayonet. I... Oh, is, is it the seventh holy scripture? Seventh holy scripture. CL's gun. Uh-huh. The the gun that denies reincarnation uh is powered by a divine <laughs> divine horse, Nako. Uh-huh. He's like, "Oh, I got some blood on it. One sec, I'll just scrape this off." And he like wipes the blood off and Nako screams and disappears because oh. his blood on that thing was the only thing keeping her in contact with him uh-huh. through that bond. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She's permanently sealed to this gun. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he like drags it downstairs and uh, mysterious agent X <laughs> uh, starts to say something. He doesn't, he, he doesn't know who this is, right? He's just like, oh, she looks familiar, but I can't quite place her. Oh, does he? Uh-huh. That's, it's so clearly CL. Uh-huh. I mean, she's got mind-fucky powers, so maybe... Yeah. Uh-huh. Arihiko has enough magical energy to power Nanako, though, so... Why, Ben? Why, why is CL being so mean to Nanako? Because <laughs> she's a troublemaker. 
Admit Nanako is a thousand-year-old uh, spirit who is a pain in the ass. I guess. Just give her carrots. That seems like all she wants. That is all she wants. But CL makes her work. I guess that's true. So Agent CL says, like, starts to talk to him about the gun. He's like, oh, yeah, this I found this weird model gun in the river. Um, mm-hmm. I'm glad I can return it. And she's like, she just nods at him and takes it and starts to walk off with the, a gun in public, which is uh-huh. very funny. It's a huge fucking gun, too. Yep. Uh, she's, like, muttering to it. And uh, as she goes, Arahiko thinks he sees Nanako for a second, uh, saying goodbye. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, he's like, oh, I wonder if she'll be okay. And he's like, ah, she'll be fine. He tries to act cool, even though he is going to miss her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Surprisingly affecting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cute. Weird little creature. Yeah. Strange. <laughs> it's really stupid that Ciel's gun... It makes the whole scene where Ciel has her gun pressed to, like, Shiki's chest and Shiki has the knife to her throat as they prepare to kill each other in unison in, like, a weird, like, sexual death pact. Uh, way, way less sexy <laughs> that Nanako was there, too. Uh-huh. Ciel being like, I'm trying to... I'm trying to kill myself in a sexy way. Uh-huh. Nako just standing there over her shoulder. Hottest nun outfit on for this. Uh-huh. Nanako galloping on all fours. I don't know. This one, I think we... I feel like we cut out some of the more jokey stuff. Because... Mm-hmm. A lot of the jokes is Adahiko being mean to Nanako. Yeah. And her being like, oh, no. Ha, 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 ha. Or... I'm an evil little bastard. Yeah. And or, like, some of it just doesn't come through in the mm-hmm. in the medium that we're... We're an audio medium, not... A lot of the humor is also, look at her fucking sprites. She looks ridiculous. Yeah. Look at her big old eyes. But, so this is, like, a... This is a fascinating one, because it is constantly shifting tone between, mm-hmm. like, somber mm-hmm. and, like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> uh-huh. And yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah it's Nanako is a really interesting character because she's she's a joke and a child, and also is like a deeply tragic figure created by the church. Uh huh. Uh huh. Created by the church for a purpose that she never fulfilled. Do you know that? I don't think they knew Roa at the time, but like the thing that she was was most useful for was killing Roa, and she didn't even do it. Are we sure that that's the case? Hmm? Uh, they may have had her for something else, but yeah, I just mean my I... assumption was that a CL like tuned her for that purpose. Hmm. But I don't know how true that is. Yeah. Well, Imagurisu. Yeah. Uh, goodbye, Nanako John. The final story that we're going to cover today. Imagurisu. This is a play on. Or parody of, let's see, Otogiriso. Which is, that's St. John's is, wort, right? Yes, St. So, John's wort. Imogirisu is not a real flower. No. Uh-huh. I googled um, around to make sure. I was like, no, this isn't. And also, St. John's wort doesn't look like the flower described in this. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, Otogiriso is uh, a horror horror sound novel i think is sound novel is how it was um because it's it's not there aren't choices Hmm. i don't believe um 
I could be wrong about that, but I think it's just um like straight through um and is like like an early early visual novel. Hmm. Uh inspired by or influenced by Sweet Home. It was uh let's see. Um Koichi Nakamura uh was working on Dragon Quest. Showed it to his girlfriend. She's like, I don't understand <laughs> this. Like, game's too complicated. And he's like, I want to make something that people who don't play games can play. And also, I want to make it uh, scary enough that no one wants to continue playing. <laughs> That's fascinating. Uh, That's really funny to be, like, the inception of visual novels. Like, oh, games for people who... Um don't necessarily play video games and uh-huh. then in america it's like the nichest video game form possible uh-huh. that no one wants to play or for people who haven't played games before uh-huh. is i think the quote uh he thought of like text adventures and was like too complicated and so uh yeah and it was um marketed as a sound novel interesting sound novel Oh, yeah. The thing that was really interesting about Sweet Home, this is a quote from uh, Nakamura. The thing that was really interesting about Sweet Home was that it was so scary you didn't want to continue playing. I wanted to create an experience where the user would be too afraid to press the button to continue the story, too. Great. <laughs> That's a really fun. I think all of these quotes are from a... I'm reading the Wikipedia page, but I think they're from a Polygon piece mm. that is like an oral history of Dragon Quest. Oh, interesting. He's primarily known for working on Dragon Quest. Huh. But but again, the the impetus was, oh, I made a Dragon Quest game. Oh, the, the person I'm seeing doesn't want to play it. So uh, I made something terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to unlock the story is very simple. Uh-huh. You like Shiki has to take a nap and then take another nap. And yep. he's like, if I take another nap, I feel like I'm going to have a real fucked up dream. He has a real weird dream. Yeah, it's like it's played as a like a preview of Imogiresu, but it has nothing to do with what actually happens in it. Yeah, I think it is. It is a trailer that is closer to uh, Otogiriso. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Imogiriso. Mm-hmm. It is a trailer that is like actually basically a trailer for that game, but with uh mm-hmm. and or kagetsu toya sprites mm-hmm. and then imogurisu is distinct <laughs> from that yeah uh, i'm glad that the thing in the trailer is not what we got for the short yeah. story given that it features uh akiha's ex-fiance saying i'll massage your chest you little child to kohaku uh-huh <laughs> Sorry, he it dies is a, in it is a trailer, it is a spoof trailer mm-hmm. for yeah that game. <laughs> I doubt that happens Not. in that game. Yes, yeah. Um, that guy's bit is just that he's a pedophile. Yeah, he sucks. What was the, his family name? I do not remember. Oh, uh, Kugamine, mm. the Kugamine family. It's summer. It's dusk. New background. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is a great background. There's, like, driving in the mountains, kind of blurry, mm-hmm. like, nighttime sprites. This backgrounds. reminds me a lot of Trauma. I don't know if we've talked about that game on mic. Oh, I played a little bit, but, but never finished it. It's a, like, I don't know. It's, like, one of those early, like, indie games about yeah. feelings, right? Kind of an adventure game. Like, it's about a car crash. Uh-huh. I don't think that's... 
I think that's the case. That's like, a, isn't that like an early Humble Bundle game too? Yeah, probably. That's probably where I got it. But I think it's pretty short. But the like, the specifically the pictures that we see of like they're blurry. Um, they're blurry. Uh, the the specific locations really gave me vibes. Interesting. Of that. Um. So Shiki can drive. Shiki can drive. Shiki is driving Akiha, his fiance, mm-hmm. back from the beach. Uh, they're just don't worry, everyone. They're just first cousins in this one. Uh huh. <laughs> Which is I've heard not a not a like taboo thing at all in Japan. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's escorting her back from the beach. She wanted to go to the beach. He drove her and two maids to the beach. They're not. They are the Tono family. They're not the same tono family in this mm-hmm. they i think they're like it kind of sounds like they're mobsters mm-hmm. which makes sense uh and rich enough that they have two maids with them Chiki mm-hmm. is from the nania branch family uh-huh <laughs> serves the main family the tonos uh and like he and akiha have always been close so their parents like pushed them together mm-hmm. engaged them uh it says that Hisui is navigating, but Kohaku has the map. Oh, remember paper maps? Yeah. Navigating by paper map. Uh-huh. I remember that. I would have to, like, sit in the front seat sometimes and help my parents get around. Uh-huh. You know, like, printing out directions from from Google Maps, being like, okay, you have to turn here, I think. Uh-huh. Akiha is complaining, uh, he, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, and don't worry if you if you thought that they weren't raised very closely together. Don't worry, Shiki and Akiha were raised so closely that she still calls him Nissan. Uh huh. In case you were worried, she's the boss's daughter. Also, uh, Shiki is not horny for her. Mm-hmm. She is Akiha, so she is horny for him still. Mm-hmm. They make a turn. Akiha th- thinks she saw a weird flower and like a, a like kind of. Spooky musical spike plays. Is there two mu- spooky spikes in this? Because there's one that sounds like a Scooby Doo sound effect, and I can't remember if the first one I heard sounded like Scooby Doo. I think like, that they're the same. <laughs> I could be wrong. The flower is an emogirisu, girisu, which um, looks kind of like a poppy. Yeah, 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 it's bright red. It's as red as a pomegranate. Uh huh. Uh, let's see. After seeing the flower, the car breaks down and shudders to a stop. Shiki grabs a flashlight and hops out to find out what's wrong. Uh, there's no cars. It's mm-hmm. deep in the mountains. No one's going to come get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have cell phones. That's important. They have cell phones. Uh-huh. But no reception. Yep. Uh, he opens the hood, can't figure out what's wrong, and I got jump scared by this zombie appearing. So did I. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. This is stupid. There's a zombie here. Yeah, the the guy, who, uh, the the like generic dead that we see. Is it that sprite? It's that same guy. Okay. Uh, usually we see it with death lines on. Yeah. But uh-huh. that's what he looks like. Yeah. Uh, Shiki yells and falls over. Everyone comes and there's no one there. No zombie. Mm-hmm. There is, however, uh, a trail of leaking gasoline. Hmm. Uh, they're out of gas. There's no chance of fixing it. Hmm. Uh. Yeah, the gas meter still said full, but it was punctured somehow. Yeah. Akiha's mad, and Hisui's like, I'm so sorry for renting this particular car. But also, Hisui's, like, really, like, a little aggro lately. She's, like, not quite picking fights with Akiha, but almost picking fights with Uh Akiha. 
Shiki's like, okay, we, we should probably be fine to sleep in the car. It is summer, but it might be dangerous around here. And he's like, we get a bunch of fake choices. Yeah. It's uh-huh. really interesting. Like, it's like, oh, one, in cases like this, the man is to die first. Uh-huh. Two, something else I that I don't the, remember. I this one. Um, I thought this was the funny one because uh, Shiki was like, if this is a horror movie, I'm about to die. Uh-huh. Uh... And yeah, but then you like click and it's like in, yeah, it's like one it repeats. in cases like this, the man is to die first and then continues as if that is the choice you had, yeah, play, yeah, yeah. which is interesting. It's cute. Uh, he, we see something out in the woods, the shadow of a house and a light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're like, oh yeah, we'll go check it out and ask for help. And Shiki's walking ahead of everyone, like hungry and also like thinking, was that a fucking zombie I saw? Did I see a zombie? He warns Kohaku about a mushy bit of ground and then is like, oh my god, it's an ocean of blood. No, it's just those flowers. It's the More flowers. Uh, Kohaku loves flowers. Mm-hmm. She picks a bunch of these flowers. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, this is very funny. Um, Kohaku is like, do you know the fable about the Imigirisu? Uh, and he Shiki thinks there are three bad things about this person and one of them is that she really likes ghost stories. What are the other two? <laughs> Tell me, Shiki. Because I think she's flawless, and one of the reasons that she's flawless is the ghost stories thing. So she tells a like weird story about some orphan twins. A feudal lord saw the older twin and was like, I'm going to come take you away from here to like the, my castle in seven days. And apparently that's enviable to be uh-huh. kidnapped by a lord. Because her younger sister like ties her up and like pretends to be the older sister because they're twins. Mm-hmm. Um and gets taken by the lord and she paid some bandits to kill her sister while she was gone but the older sister breaks out and like befriends the bandits and then leads an attack on that castle through by gaining a bunch of power through subterfuge which is a very kohaku thing to do uh-huh. uh and the bandits kill the younger sister but this younger sister built a machine <laughs> that destroys the castle and kills the bandits in the process and she's like no their sisters are known as like the girls who brought down Japan or something like that, uh-huh. according to this completely fake fable. And Shiki's like, one one sec, what does that have to do with these flowers? He's like, first of all, that's a really stupid story. Second of all, the flowers? And uh, Kog is like, <laughs> doesn't answer. Uh-huh. She laughs knowingly and then doesn't say a word. I think uh, a lot about that David Lynch interview mm-hmm. with just the laughs does not answer uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> responds to a question you know the film is the talking uh-huh. they reach the not tono mansion in the woods it's the tono man it's the tono mansion but it's not in this yeah akiha is nervous the house has rancid vibes mm-hmm. the lights are on no one answers the door akiha's like oh maybe it's a vacation home and no one's home they just have the lights on mm-hmm. we should leave shiki opens the door and goes in mm-hmm. They make a joke about it being as nice as Akiha's house as the real Tono Mansion. <laughs> and she's pouting at them. Kohaku makes a weird... Someone someone makes a weird comment. I thought it was Kohaku. But is it Akiha? Who makes the comment that uh, it doesn't feel like they're in someone else's home. It feels really familiar. Maybe. Someone says that. Yeah. Hisui's like, yeah, breaking into this house to find a phone is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Akiha's like, no, it's not. And uh, Kohaku already found a phone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Kohaku's bouncing on the couch, and Akiha's like, cut it out. Um, but again, 
they make another comment about how familiar the house feels and how it doesn't feel like they're intruding. It feels like as much a meta joke about mm-hmm. we have one set of backgrounds for a house uh-huh. and it's the Tono Mansion. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I'm going to say, right, like, yeah, it's been pretty, pretty tense up until here. Yeah, it starts to get a little goofier as we go. Yeah, so we hear about uh, the decor here is very similar to Makihisa's taste. Uh-huh. Uh, the phone has no cord and no mm-hmm. dial tone. And Kawaku's like, oh, it must be wireless. And Shiki's like, this is an ancient phone. It is not wireless. And then the phone starts ringing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He answers it, hears weird breathing, and then they, a voice says, there's no going back. And then the lights shut off and the girl starts screaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shiki's like, hold each other's hands, and he grabs someone ha- someone's hand. And eventually they get adjusted to the dark, and he's holding Akiha's hand, and she gets all shy. And Hisui's like, I was holding Kohaku's hand a second ago, but she's gone now. Uh-oh. Oh, no. I'm scared for them that Kohaku isn't here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shiki's like, we gotta find her. And then, like, they hear someone being dragged, something being dragged on the second floor, right above uh-huh. them. Uh, they run upstairs, they find the room they think the noise came from, and what's in it? It's Shiki's room. No, it's not. Well, okay, it looks like Shiki's room. It's Shiki's room background. But what's up with it? Uh, there are scattered red flower petals on the floor. Like, covering the whole floor. And what else is there? Hisui finds a calendar from 10 years ago on the wall, open to the correct month, with an X over the 10th, which is today. What is today? Uh, well, okay. It's not actually the 10th of this month. Um, the X is Comic at 60s, mm-hmm. uh, opening day, which uh-huh. is, this is where it goes from all of that up until here has been like actually tense and like <laughs> it's been little goofy bits but mostly it's been like oh mm-hmm. uh and this is the first like really just fourth wall breaking joke uh-huh the actual thing on the calendar says akiha shiki welcome yeah mm-hmm. and uh he's like do you know the, the story about the Imogirisu? <laughs> and shiki's like yeah call kutoba she's like no 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 that's wrong there's this is a different story uh-huh Shen, you want to tell this story? Uh, so two sisters lived in the mountains um, and protected a, a drug of eternal youth. Uh-huh. And Shiki's immediately like, what does this have to do with our situation? She scolds him and keeps going. <laughs> the older sister let slip what they were doing uh, at some point in town, and people started begging them for the drug. The older sister admitted that the drug came from their blood, and the little sister was killed for it. Yeah. Is basically the gist. Bad story. Um, and Shiki once again asks, what does the Imogiriso do? To have to do with this and he's who just smiles smiles furtively yeah uh and she's like do you know the saying associated with the imogirisu it's you can't beat me <laughs> and she's like that's a dumb flower saying uh-huh uh yeah he's like we gotta find kohaku what does he say when he says that we need we throw nissan away and run for it how about that he's i'm begging you please stop telling jokes that are hard to understand <laughs> She apologizes. She was just trying to lighten the mood. They split up to search the mansion for Kohaku. Shiki going off on his own. Mm-hmm. He's like, you think Kohaku's dead? And then he hears something outside the window and some unintelligible shape play- goes across the screen. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that was? I no. did not get the joke. No. 
he can't find Kohaku, but he does find a locked door. And then he is attacked by the zombie from before carrying an axe. Uh-huh. This will never be explained. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, he finds Hisui in the lobby, and she is apparently possessed mm-hmm. uh, by the ghost of this house. And, uh, yeah, they're, like, flipping through Hisui sprites really quickly to give her, like, a juddering motion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's It looks goofy, but I get what they're going for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Akiha does something and knocks the ghost out of Hisui. Mm-hmm. She it says that she she explodes the Rimon Chuchu Chouchu. No idea what that means. No. Uh is Rimon lemon? Maybe. Uh but what what? I can't I can't figure it out. It knocks the ghost out of Hisui. She's fine. Mm-hmm. Akiha's like, oh, this house feels so familiar, I can picture it in my mind. And Hisui's like, well, then where would Kohaku be? And she's like, right here, this storage room. Mm-hmm. So they go there, and it's actually an outdoor hot spring mm-hmm. for some reason. And I was immediately like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, Kohaku is there, though. She faint- She's fainted on the ground. Shiki carries her back to the living room. And uh, Hisui made dinner. Uh-huh. <laughs> Apparently the lights in the kitchen still work and there's plenty of food. So Hisui made dinner. But in the time between her making it and getting them, there's a new, there's a silver tray that didn't appear. Yeah. Uh, notably, Hisui making dinner in this case means she took out some stuff like bread and meat uh-huh. uh, that they can eat for themselves. Uh-huh. <laughs> what's, under, what's in the tray? Shiki opens it. Uh, there's a, a dead cat with a slit throat. Yeah, um, he does. The choice there is something about how he'd rather he either open the thing or I'd rather eat the sleeping Kohaku-san, which is uh-huh. another not great joke. <sighs> uh, anyway, the cat is dead, but gets up and jumps at Akiha and explodes, covering her in guts. <laughs> yep, and she's like, mm, "You should go wash off. We found that hot springs." Yeah, yeah, you should go take a bath. And she's like, "Come with me and protect me." So, yeah, Shiki guards the door, and then she's like, take a bath with me. And he's like, no, but I will come in and watch you take a bath. Mm-hmm. And, like, starts to get horny, and they're about to have sex in this bath. Uh, immediately after, she's coated in cat guts, uh, mm-hmm. which is hell of a time. There's yeah. new Akiha sprites of her in a pink towel, like uh-huh. she was in the in the roommate's CG. Yeah. Oh, there's, you have a written down that um, Akiha says something about how the scenario hasn't even turned pink yet. What does that mean? Which, uh, if you turn on the skip uh, sex scenes option, mm-hmm. uh, the screen flashes pink when when it skips a sex scene. Oh. To, like, indicate that it skipped something. Was that part of the original Kagetsu Toya? No. Huh. It's part of the re-release. Uh, or, translation? sorry, translation. So this is a joke from the translators? Yes, I believe so. Hmm. Weird. Weird to think of them inserting their own jokes into the game. There are like a handful of screens and also some other Easter eggs apparently huh. in the game. Weird. That are entirely them. They they managed to put a bunch of that stuff in, but not make a second pass on that uh, translation, huh? Uh-huh. So, anyway, Kohaku screams. Shiki goes running. Uh, Kohaku's dead. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, Hisui is missing. Uh, and Akiha's like, I have a twin older sister. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. 
Shiki, Shiki is like, oh, um, yeah, this is too much. Like, you have to, like, at least lay the groundwork for these things if it's, it's going to make any sense when you pull a twist like that. Yeah, she's like, oh, my sister's trying to kill me and runs off. Shiki, like, goes to the locked room and cuts his way in with his mystic eyes of death perception, I guess he still has. <laughs> uh-huh. Did Nasu write him doing that so many times that he forgot that you can't <laughs> open a door with a knife? You can open a door with a knife if you try hard enough. <laughs> yeah, but not that easily. Anyway, uh, he finds the diary of Tono Akiba. <laughs> and a picture of uh, him with red hair. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a joke diary uh, narrated by Monster Mushroom Artahiko. Uh-huh. And then, um, yeah, this, like, kind of hard-to-follow journal from a uh, from the Asagami Insane Asylum, mm-hmm. uh, wherein Akiba writes about how she hates her sister because her sister gets to be out in the, in the real world, and she wants to kill everyone around her and take her place, or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, it really is a horror story. Just atrocious mental health stuff going on yep. here. So this house is the asylum. Yep. Um, Hisui arrives and says something about how Miss Akiha's orders are absolute and does possibly the funniest joke <laughs> in this. Oh, it's by far the funniest joke in this. She starts to do some kind of martial arts move where she wiggles her hands around so fast... <laughs> Uh, there's just there's a series of sprites of her with her hands just in different places with uh-huh. like uh, ghostly after effects of the other ones, and she it just like flips really fast, so she's like waving her arms around really goofy. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And my favorite part of it is that these sprites do not match up perfectly, so her actual body kind of wi- wibbles a little, uh-huh. because, like it's off by a pixel. <laughs> anyway, she punches him. <laughs> Uh, he's laughing about how dumb she looks doing this and then he gets beat unconscious <laughs> and wakes up in a coffin tied up uh, red haired Akiha is here and is like oh you're gonna die now uh, so mm-hmm. I can take real Akiha's place yeah and he's she's like oh Akiha's gonna die with you there's a second coffin mm-hmm. uh, and she like sets fire to the place and runs away and he's like oh she didn't actually tie me up very well so i could get out easily and finds an unconscious hisui in the other coffin instead of a kiha yeah anyway he runs out of the house uh leaves behind kohaku's body because she's pretty dead Mm -hmm. and he sees a dazed looking uh a kiha in the living room on when the roof collapses on her and she dies Mm -hmm. and he gets out and he's like, Hisui, you can stop pretending to be unconscious now. So, there was only one Akiha. She had multiple personalities. Uh-huh. Asu writes a lot of characters who are plural. Uh, and usually they have, they may not be perfect depictions, but they're like an interesting character, typically. Yeah. Or their plurality is not something demonized and inherently bad about them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, no, she's just a crazy girl with multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she apparently got cured of this, but Hisui's been trying to bring it out and, like, drive her crazy and kill her, because why does Hisui want to do this? Oh, right. Because uh, she wanted to be Kohaku for once. Yeah, yeah. Kohaku always gets to have the fun being the Shadow Master. Uh-huh. Uh, and she's like, you see, Imogirisu is a portmanteau of, what's the flower name? Uh, I think it's Girisou. 
Oto. Otogoriso. Otogoriso. And Imoto, little sister. Mm-hmm. Like Akiha, but also like Hisui, who is a little sister. Uh-huh. And Shiki's like, you killed Akiha and Kohaku just for this joke? Uh, the trailer was better than this. And she starts to do her like <laughs> her martial arts move again. He tells her it looks really uncool and she stops. Uh-huh. And she's like, oh, it's just a joke. And Akiha appears and is like, the production values were so high, I thought I was actually going to die there. <laughs> and then Kohaku shows up. Uh, yeah, so apparently Shiki's trapped in some kind of hell dream where the two girls subject him to every bad like horror movie they can think of uh-huh. uh, until they run out of ideas and he can wake up. It's Akiha's turn next, and apparently she's been doing preparation. <laughs> this is really funny, because like, Akiha's is going to be good, because the haunted house, right? Uh-huh. Uh, but Kohaku's is going to be terrifying, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. Uh, it makes sense that Hisui's would suck shit. Yep. She doesn't have a sense of horror. The only, the closest thing Hisui has to a sense of horror is her sense of taste. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, anyway, a new mansion pops out of the ground like a mushroom. And, I think it's like uh, the, it's the first time I've seen an animated background uh scene change uh-huh. of like or not even scene because it's the same text uh-huh. but it's just like oh yeah a new a new fresh mansion just kind of like pops up <laughs> so the the interesting things about this story is that one it makes me imagine a world in which the uh t- the mansion crew actually like made <laughs> started making indie movies in their big house together because uh-huh. that would be sick uh-huh. So thing too, a horror story with them as the cast, but not being the characters they are, but keeping the same qualities. That sounds great. It could the, have been really good. Yeah. My note for this was like I it was like fun enough, aside yeah, from a couple fun. of moments. But I honestly wish that even if you had to have the reveal that like, oh ha ha ha, it's all been like a setup. Uh-huh. I kind of wish that ninety seven percent of it had been serious, straightforward, like it's tense. Uh, like, like, what if they were shooting a, a film together and it doesn't reveal that till the uh-huh. very end? Right? Yeah, sure. That would be, Just like, that'd be great framing. Something that isn't, oh, from minute three, we're making fourth wall breaking jokes. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it was fine. Mm-hmm. We're part of the Abnormal Mapping Network. Yeah, we're wrapping this up now. This is a... Fen, give me, hit me with the hour count. Six. <laughs> Six what? Six oh three. Wow. It's going to be shorter than that when we edit it down yep. and everything. We're going to have to cut some bits just yep. to make this not a million hours. Uh-huh. You know what, folks? I gotta be done with Kagetsu Toya. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm enjoying it a lot more than I was at first, but I'm ready to go. I'm ready to move on with my life. Yep um listen to other abnormal mapping podcasts uh-huh we got a shout out shout out on oops all anime which, uh-huh because uh, of uh they watched the tsukihime anime yeah uh the, do they watch the first couple episodes they watched the first three episodes incredible uh, they beat us to it i'm so proud of them i hope they had fun it's bad anime but there might be enough like apparently the first three episodes are pretty good based on what they said fascinating i have not listened to this episode um i'm not planning on because i want to be unspoiled for the anime mm -hmm. thanks thanks to oops or jen specifically for calling us out um Uh. if you're here because of that i'm so sorry uh 
if you're if you ha- I don't know if you made it here. <laughs> if you're here because of that. Um if you you'd have to catch up and that will take you 30 years. <laughs> um if you let's see. Yeah, listen to other abnormal mapping podcasts. Mm-hmm. What else do we say? Uh Fen, where can people find you on the internet? Oh. Fennec.moe. Uh-huh. You can find us at moonarchive.art. Um, oh, right. You got us a vanity URL, huh? That redirects to our, our like, show page. Our on, normal mapping page. Yeah. Uh, you can you can also find us at Crying Rules on Twitter or cryingrulesactually at gmail.com for okay. questions, comments, concerns. Uh-huh. We're, we're, our next, like, dedicated questions episode is probably a while away, but... Here's, here's a question for you, listener. This is a prompt for you to write in. What do you? What short story would you like to have seen in Kagetsu Toy that is not covered? That's a great question. Uh huh. What else? Anything else? Where do people find you, Ben? Oh right, me. I'm Ben Ends, and you can find me on Twitter at Ben Ends, and you can find my not safe for work writing, and eventually stuff about the visual novel I'm working on at Doom Gender. One day, let's meet in the digital sea. Okay, you know what? I'm wrong. I had way more notes for the Arcweed route than I thought I did. Okay, that's encouraging. Just for the chance of us getting through this today. Who do I have the least notes for? CL. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, that checks out. Um, Dear listeners, I am currently uh, finishing a 
Fate Grand Order challenge quest for some reason. I chose to do that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have the... <laughs> we have to write the intro so we can do an intro. I was going to wing it, but... You were just going to wing it? Yeah, maybe. Well, it is Kiketsu Toya. There's a lot of just winging it going on. Uh-huh, there sure is. Uh, Dear listener, I have won. Nice. I don't know if any of this is going to make it in. Mm-hmm. But, of course, saying that uh, requires that it do, do in fact, make it in. Then. Uh-huh. I mean, like, whatever. This is... Yuri Tea Time is our common room, is is our VoIP life, like... What's common room? The Shrieking Shacks. Oh, um, right, right, right. Because they're, they're... They have a... House... I don't... House Hurtwood, I think, is their, like, made-up Hogwarts house. Uh-huh. That is, like, their Hogwarts house, and so it's their... It's the Hurtwood common room. This is, I know I've heard a lot of people talk about Shrieking Shack. It must be fascinating for people to listen to it. You know what I mean? What do you Given mean? How much everyone hates Harry Potter now? I assume that it's a very critical read. Yeah, I think the the interesting thing is that it started like I think their first episode was it's like episode three or something is when uh. Okay. Episode three or something is when J.K. Rowling liked a transphobic tweet. And then... The I'm, first time? One of the the first time. Yeah. That, that, that was excused as like, a, oh, she didn't really understand. Like, the tweet was perfectly... Uh, not, like, perfectly fine, but like... Plausibly deniable. Plausibly deniable. And then... Um, halfway through book six it's like book six or book five where um where she actually like tweets something transphobic and then now at the beginning of book seven is where she's fully like on a recruitment drive at the beginning of the pandemic shockingly evil person yeah she sucks Mm -hmm. i had a signed copy of the seventh book my parents got for me as a birthday present. I never read. I thought I'd read six. Listening to them talk about it, uh, I apparently didn't read six, or it just completely like washed over me. But like, it's the kind of thing that was like, oh, I don't remember any of this. Not even like vaguely, like, oh yeah, I guess I did read that. It was like a, oh, I guess I didn't read six. So I read up through five, and then watched the movie. Mm-hmm. The Seven Movie Part Two, and that is my entire like Harry Potter experience, which left a huge hole in my knowledge about what happened. And like, uh-huh. I understood what Horcruxes were like secondhand of like, oh, okay, they're like you know pieces of your soul that you put in stuff. Spoilers for Harry Potter. <laughs> uh but yeah, it was, it's been an interesting time. Mm-hmm. listening to it my journey with harry potter started with the third book uh i was a really cocky kid who had a high like reading comprehension level and that was pretty much the only thing i had going for me mm-hmm. so 
I wanted to read the biggest book they had at the school book fair <laughs> for us in elementary school. And it was a, the third Harry Potter book. Mm-hmm. And uh, the teacher was like, no, 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 you can't. It's too advanced for you. And I was like, I'm going to read it anyway. And so I picked that book and read it and didn't really understand what was going on because it's the third book in a series. But uh, I under I understood it well enough that I was like, yeah, I can read this. I like this. I can pronounce the names of these characters. My brother, who didn't believe I was actually reading it and was just showing off. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, I think So I kind of became a Harry Potter kid by default almost. I wasn't huh. really super into it, but I was so excited to be able to read such big books and impress people with that, mm-hmm. that uh, it kind of became part of my brand. I I think it was it must have it was second or third grade. I wanted to read a Redwall book because mm-hmm. we'd been listening to them on tape and I loved Redwall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh we'd been listening to them on tape and I was like, oh cool, it's like a like a free reading period. I'm gonna read Redwall. And then the teacher pulled me aside and was like, I'm gonna need you to read the first page of that. Mm-hmm. And I stumbled through it so much that they're like you can come back to this later and took it away from me. (laughs) So, yeah, I wasn't good at tests or, like, anything like that, but I was good at reading comprehension. I think I... That was the thing. I have minor dyslexia, Mm -hmm. which means that I read very slowly. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have, like, trouble reading. Uh, Oh, wait, one sec. Let me just... Um, I don't have trouble reading in the, like uh oh i yeah i don't have trouble in the sense that like i can't read Uh it's just or even don't enjoy it i just read very slowly Uh um but yeah that was a real bummer of like a i am how old are you in second grade it might have been third grade like seven Uh um i was like but i wanted to read that one With with the cute little animals on it yeah no, I I knew what Redwall was. Like, yeah, the animals die, and like it's sad. And cute little animals. I'm just saying. Yeah, a brand even back then, fan. I think it's cute. I did want to be a mouse real bad. <laughs> that's really cute. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that sounds that seems cool. Like, I know that it's like dangerous and all, but like mm-hmm. being a little mouse, you can make cheese. Yeah. Uh, my, my like relationship with Harry Potter is best summed up for the time that I, I forget which book it is. And that's important to the story. There was a midnight launch for it though, at some bookstore, hmm. which is very funny. So we ended up like staying overnight, me and a couple friends and my mom at this bookstore, like wandering around reading for hours until they finally like let us take the fucking books. Hmm. Um, and it was my birthday. That's right. It was a midnight launch on my birthday. Hmm. And I got home with my two big presents was that book and Pokemon Ruby. Ooh. And you know what? I, I sat there trading off between reading chapters of that book and playing Pokemon Ruby. Uh-huh. And I remember playing Pokemon Ruby, and I don't remember which book it was. <laughs> I don't remember anything that happened. I, I know the gist of Harry Potter, but I don't remember reading it in that moment. Okay, the my other Harry Potter memory uh-huh. uh is I think it was we were like my sister and I are a year and a half apart, but um I think we we're like six and eight or five and seven. 
mm-hmm. at Christmas, and uh, one of my parents brought home wands. <laughs> this is such an embarrassing story to tell, but my sister and I were young enough that we were like, oh, magic is real. Uh, <laughs> so cute, Ben. <laughs> um, and we were both heartbroken to we were both like but you didn't get real ones yeah so that's that's uh-huh. my that's my like honestly that's my primary harry potter memory now is like oh yeah harry potter taught us the magic was real <laughs> and then we found out that it wasn't heartbreaking. Uh, my last thought on Harry Potter is that J.K. Rowling in a hole. That, yeah, go ahead uh-huh. and mute me when I said die with the meowing sound, so we don't get fucking sued by the British government or whatever. J.K. Rowling sucks. What is J.K. Rowling doing in that hole? Who knows? Just a meowing. Being noise. a turf. Yeah, <laughs> definitely being a turf. Welcome to Fate Moon Archive. <laughs> so. Oh, right. I should boot up Discord. I'm trying a fun new editing thing called inserting markers when we get there real time. So that I. Sick. It would be wonderful, Ben, if I didn't have to, like, listen through the episodes to edit them and just kind of. I will probably still have to listen through the episodes. I just got really jealous when um m we say uh, too much spicy shit fan yeah no i know and also you insist on bleeping every swear word that you say i don't swear that often is the thing uh-huh um all i'm saying is that i got a little jealous when m was like oh yeah to edit episodes i just kind of like i made notes of bits i have to cut uh when we're recording and then i just go and delete those sections and then export and i was like that sounds great that works great if your podcast isn't four and a half hours long weekly no that's what i mean is <laughs> I'm just that... that we have too much to like <sighs> i don't know our podcasts are impossible and unmanageable Ben. yeah you know what would make them way more manageable ben I just couldn't bear to not listen to it, not have one of us listen to it at least. Yeah. Because I wouldn't feel safe. I was going to do a bit about like start recording and then immediately say the name of the next thing. And but I didn't have any of my notes or anything up. <laughs> Damn. Another bit foiled by lack of preparation. Mm hmm. Okay. Crimson Moon. Okay, that was too quiet. That might have... Crimson Moon. You're so funny. That, I, that never doesn't amuse me, how quiet you get when you're trying to do, the like, read something. You don't do it when quoting people, but whenever you're reading, like, a title or something, you go... I'm not that quiet. You ASMR. You're barely showing up on the waveform. At least when I say Crimson Moon. 
See, you said it louder that time. Don't you're fucking with me. Crimson Moon. Mm-hmm. Listen, Fen, we'll just get you one of those mics with the ears on it. What? You can do ASMR with your whispery little voice. What? Have you not seen the mics with the ears on it? What are you talking about? Okay, there's like a bar with ears on the end. And then there's a whole head. But that one costs like $10,000. What? These are ASMR mics, fan. Hmm. You think I'm kidding? No. No, I'm telling you the truth. Just weird. Yeah. Well, they got ears so you can touch the ear. And it sounds like someone's touching your ear. Oh. Uh Weird. Uh Uh-huh. Is Alco God? (laughs) (laughs) Seven days. Mm Mm-hmm. I... I think a lot about how I had to have you explain to me that, like, oh, yeah, because God created the world in seven days. That's why seven is a special number. Seven is a special number for a lot of reasons, but that's the big one in, like, Christianity. Uh-huh. One of It was specifically me commenting on, like, oh, CL said there's something special about seven, and you're like, hey, Fen, <laughs> you dumbass. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's a reason. Uh, I am, like... I haven't even read the Bible, folks. I should actually finish reading the Bible. Just mm-hmm. as like a, a, not because I'm religious, but because it's an influential work of, I don't want to say fiction. That's mean. It's an influential <laughs> work of fiction. Of Yeah, of literature. Yeah. I, if anything is going to get me to read the Bible, it's reading Shemeji Simulation, <laughs> which as <laughs> of chapter like, the Bible, like 20... Like- uh, has name dropped three books. One of them I am currently reading. Mm-hmm. Um, the other is the Bible, and the third is Nietzsche's uh, "Thus Thus Spoke Zarathustra." Uh-huh. Uh huh. Talk about. You want to mention the the other book? Oh, um, yeah. The first one is um, "No Longer Human." Who's it by? You don't. Uh, yeah, Os- Os- Osamu Dan- Dazai. Osamu Dazai, "No Longer Human." Uh huh. I think there's only one translation from... It's a Japanese novel mm-hmm. about... Japanese nihilist novel. It's about post-war Japan and, mm-hmm. like, a, a person who doesn't consider himself human. Mm-hmm. 